This podcast is brought to you by Chateau Lebert, and that is C H A T E A U L E B E R T C O F F E E. Again, this podcast is brought to you by Chateau Lebert. You can find them on Facebook for all your needs. Welcome back, Link Up Podcast. We're here with John and Juice and Raul. Hey, hey, hey. So, why don't you one of y'all introduce yourselves to us and tell us about y'all? I'm Juice, and I've been in law enforcement for 13 years, and I live in Memphis, Tennessee. All right. I'm John. Uh, everybody calls me Stick. I've been in law enforcement for 15 years now, and uh, I live down in a suburb of Memphis. Nice, nice. So let's just get it right in the middle of this. You know, I'm kind of pumped that I got two police officers from two different departments here. Uh, what do y'all think about everything that's going on? Right now with, you know, you got with with the way the world is, the riots, protests, peaceful with the riots, then the pro- peaceful protests and all that kind of stuff. Like, give me y'all's input, like, because my buddy that works on Beale, he said that 95 percent of the time or 98 percent of the time, it's so peaceful. People are just <clears throat> out there like, you know, all holding hands and stuff like that and and doing that. And then you have like. Some little, some kids or something way, way, way away from the protests that are causing a little trouble. So the news all of a sudden ties it in with that. Like, what's what's y'all's take on all this stuff that's going on? Um, I really don't follow, you know, a whole lot of everything. If it doesn't directly affect me, I just kind of, you know, stay in my lane. But uh, most that I've seen in my area, it's all been peaceful. Um, you know, watching some of the news. Just like everything else that Juice will probably agree with in uh, law enforcement, you've got a lot of good people, and then you've got those predators that will prey on any situation. So the news and the mainstream media, uh, mostly what I'm seeing, they just they focus in on that. They feed on it. It's like a, a shark feeding frenzy, if you will, that you know they're just highlighting all those things. But across the nation, I mean, <clears throat> most of the protests that are going on are for a good cause. But just like in everything else, you know, those bad seeds and those bad apples are making everything just look, you know, more than what it actually is. Right. Yeah, just I'd say 2020 is just a dumpster fire. Big time. Agreed. It's it's just crazy. I can't even fathom what's going on in America. It's sickening, you know, and it all boils down to politics. You got a left and you got a right and there's no in between. There's no conversation at all. You can solve Half the world's problems with just sitting down and having a conversation about it. That's just I agree with my that. My feeling on it, you know. So, I don't know. What do you think about the stuff that's going on, Tony? I agree with Juice. I think it's just uh, it's a it's a shitty situation. I think it's um, shitty on all sides. It's not just the protesters; <clears throat> it's the police also. <clears throat> like, uh, like you guys have to go into a situation not knowing what somebody's going to be like and then expected to deal with it in a calm situation when somebody's maybe coming at you in a hostile way or I don't know. It's just, it's, it's iffy, man. I just don't know. Um, I just don't know what the answer is. It's so like I, a, I was actually in the riots downtown Memphis yeah. and all that cracked off and you know, I had the riot shield and all that stuff. The majority of the protests were actually peaceful. And yeah. so what we did is when they wanted to march, 
You just let them march. And we blocked off streets so they could continue marching so they'd mm-hmm. never confront a car. Right. And they just walked around and walked around until <laughs> they got tired. And we had hardly any incidents here in yeah. Memphis. Right. But Memphis is another – it's a different city. And I think culturally – Everybody here kind of gets along, you know? Yeah. For the most part. I, I agree with that. Because if we didn't, like, you know, if people didn't get along as well as they did here in Memphis, the city would have torn itself apart long before all this started coming, you know, the way it's going right now. It's just like, you know, everyone does their thing and, you know, you get in the way, you get in the way. If you don't, everyone's just going to sync up and let's go get that money, you know? It's fucking <laughs> Memphis. We're going to make money. Let's make the money. Where, however you make it, that's fine. But... Everyone is just here together, and Memphis is definitely a different city than, say, like Portland or something like that, where right. everything is just fucking crazy up there. Crazy. Or, I just don't know, man. Like, what I think it boils down to, to simplify everything, mm-hmm. is there's a lot of shitty people out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of good people. Like, I've known Raul for forever. I'm a shitty mm-hmm. person. No. <laughs> But, uh, you know, looking around the room, you got a black guy, a Mexican guy, an Indian guy, and a dude from the SIP. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a joke in itself right there. Right. And but I, do, I do have shoes on, by the way. Well, there you go. Well, the best is, the best is when you send me a picture of myself when I was in the police database, or my photos in there, just like, aren't you Indian? I'm like, yeah. Like, Why does it say white? He sent me, the fucking said I was white. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was funny. I was like, damn. I think I was doing a photo lineup or something. I was like, oh shit, there's Raul. <laughs> and I took a picture and sent it to him. Yeah, that's exactly what you were doing. <clears throat> so, if you weren't a police officer, is there any other job you guys would be doing? Because you both of you guys seem to love it. Well, I... I used to. Right. But now it's just, it's a bad time to be the police. And that's the problem is, you know, you got a lot of good people out there, a lot of good officers, and they do amazing things. Because at the end of the day, the there's a battle between good and evil, and there's a lot of monsters out there. And it takes hard men with guns to accomplish and, you know, get rid of those monsters and put them in jail. You know, it's it's not easy. It's not an easy job at all. No, I mean, I wouldn't honestly, I don't think I could pass the physical part to get out of the academy, first of all, but I don't think I could do it. Like, because I don't know if somebody's reaching for something, how I'm going to react if I'm the police officer that's has the person pulled over or whatever. It's like, wait, I might, I might fix and get shot. You know, I might actually die from this. So what do I, what am I going to do? You know? But I guess it's just, if you're ever put in that situation, then you have to decide, right? Like the thing with Jacob Blake, you know, they try to tase him. He didn't go down. Then he um, was going walking to his car, and we don't know what was in his car. You know, I, I just still don't know because I haven't followed up on it. But like, I just don't know. I'm not that police officer that shot him. I don't know what's going on right now with that police officer. Like, what's going through his head and everything else, you know? But like, we weren't in that situation. So, what are we going to do? Right, he felt that he was in imminent danger, so he did what he decided was right. So, right. So I don't know. At, I don't think it's of, at the end of the day, you have to be, you know, Graham versus Connor. It's a Supreme Court ruling of what we're judged on when there's a use of force incident. So, with the Graham versus Connor, is you are judged off of what's going on through your eyes, the way the courts look at it. So, when it, it can't be Monday morning quarterback. So, you know, how he felt, what was going on at that exact 
exact moment and how another officer would have acted at that time. That's that's how things like that are judged. But back to your original question, man, uh, it's being in law enforcement is really a calling. Like you said, it's it's one of those things that it takes hard, rough men, you know, ready to do violence in the night on your behalf. And it says a old quote. I can't remember who said it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll look that up later. I think it's like a military quote. Yeah. Because it applies to, you know. Right. But you got soldiers <clears throat> that go and die for us. But it's it, it's that calling. You know, I, I got out of the military. And when I got out of the military, I looked at my life and said, I don't want to go to college. I don't really have any life skills other than what I've been taught with the military. What am I going to do? And so I had a friend that was like, he was a canine officer, and he said, come do a ride-along with me. And I was hooked. But uh, in today's climate, I'm with Juice, man. Uh, if a you know, 19, 20-year-old kid came to me today and said, I want to be a cop, I want to be a cop, man, I'd, I would do everything in my power to push him probably somewhere else other than law enforcement because, man, I've got six years left until I retire, and I will never again, never again put a badge on. I'm just it, – it turns you. Uh, because all you really see and all you really deal with is criminals, drug addicts, yeah. uh, you know, the low life and the scum of the earth, you know. Um, and when you get done, it's just you just don't want to do that anymore. You know, like all of my friends, mostly, you know, other than I've gotten out, um, you know, my wife decided that uh, I had to go out and make friends and do something besides law enforcement you know, and do, you know, things with law enforcement buddies. And so I started doing MMA and jujitsu, how I met you guys. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and that, that was just a hobby for me starting out. But other than that, I had zero law enforcement, you know, other than, excuse me, I had zero friends other than law enforcement because I hated people. You know, I was so envious of walking through the grocery store and seeing the lady pushing her buggy down the aisle and going, oh, I forgot something. Let me walk back here and leaving her purse sitting there because I know the people that prey on her, but she's inside of her bubble, right? She's living. Yeah. She it makes you hypervigilant. Yes. It, it, you're hypervigilant toward everything, you know, everything. And you just can't ever relax. You know, I don't leave home without a gun on me. I came here today. I've got a gun on me. I see Juice has his weapon with him, you know. I mean, it's part of it, right? It, it's like, just, it's just it, it becomes habit. it becomes a part of you because I'm not going to die, you know, out here with somebody trying to carjack me that happens every single day in this area. You know, all the criminal activity that happens, I don't want to die at least without a fighting chance. But most people walking, you know, going to work every day, living their lives every day, never even have those thoughts. Yeah. So if I could do anything besides law enforcement, I would do anything other than law enforcement. So what are you going to do when you retire? Because you're young as fuck. Bro. You- so I've got it laid out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the, the wife and I, should I say, have it laid out. So uh, her family has a big farm out in Hot Springs. That's what I'm doing. So, weed? Y'all growing remember, weed? Remember, <laughs> no, remember I was just talking to you the other day about farming? Yeah, you did. I'm going to do cattle. So they they have a, uh, a pretty big farm right outside of Lake Washita and Hot Springs. Uh, nice. it's, a, it's in Mountain Pine. It's the county area <clears throat> out there. Very rural. And uh, he gave us 10 acres. Just Holy shit. Here, here you go. I, you know, I love you guys. This is yours to do what with it what you will. So uh, all I'm going to do is we're retiring her job has a satellite office in Little Rock. She's hoping to work there and get transferred. We're going to put like one of those little 
you see them like the little tiny homes or barn dominiums or yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah. And we're just going to satellite out of that, man, and just travel. Oh, Dude, yeah. that's, that's fucking awesome. That's so, but uh, it, if I have to go to work somewhere, I'll probably be like a door greeter at Home Depot or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my dream job is? Is to be the old person at Walmart. Wiping the carts down now with this Lysol. Yeah, that's a job. Do you now. have a receipt? I mean, do you need a return? Do you have a return? You know, like, <laughs> you know, Raul would be such a dick at that job. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> what? What? Well, you're. I see that you use the shit. You cannot return it. That's not. Uh, you know, I, I would be a dick. Walmart would take anything back. <laughs> they really will. <laughs> anything. When I was younger, I used to go buy a digital camera for like a, like when I went on trips and stuff like that, and then I would use the shit out of it and then put it back in the box. And oh, I didn't want to keep it. I didn't like it. You know, and return it. Like. <laughs> That's funny. So funny. This lady the other day said, you're not allowed to sample grapes. And Tony always gets on me. He's like, you can't eat the fucking grape and then and then buy it. You just buy it. Yeah. She goes, she goes, are you buying those grapes? I was like, actually, no, I'm working. I'm not, I'm not want to sit in my car. I was like, well, then you just stole that grape. I was like, oh, my God. This well, is Especially during this time, people don't want you touching their. Well, shit. see, I didn't even think about that. But she was like, well, you need to buy these grapes or I'm going to go say something. I was like. And the guy I'm riding, working with, she's training me, you know, he's like, dude, fuck that. Let's go. I'm like, no, I'm just going to buy the grapes. <laughs> was she an employee or a customer? She was a, she was like a, a customer that she was just ready to complain, you know, like mm. she was a Karen. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. So, you know, back in the day, like when you guys probably first started, like if you guys had, um, did something wrong. You just said, I'm a cop and you know, oh, okay, well fuck it and let him go, you know, kind of thing. When other cops show up, you know, is that still the mentality today with that? Like be having a badge is like a get out of jail free card. No, I mean, it helps in like speeding tickets, but I mean, if I'm drinking and driving, I'm going to get locked up just like every other Joe blow, you know? Okay. And that's, you know, we, we try to most police officers. That's why they're more, homebodies and don't get out much because you know you don't want to get in trouble you don't want to deal with the public you don't want to get into a problem because we get in a lot of trouble as i say if you guys do something wrong like that your face is on All channel five the three yeah, yeah. Like you're, you're and they're constantly looking for <clears throat> really small stuff like that you know yeah. it's you're held to that higher standard period right i mean so and so where professional courtesy comes in is maybe that you know that occasional speeding ticket but uh at the end of the day, man, you know, we're, we are people just like everybody else. So, uh, we're expected to, you know, act correctly. And how they say in Memphis, I've been flat before by a game warden and those dudes don't give a fuck. They don't <laughs> really care who you are. Damn. Yeah. You, you go shoot a deer out of deer season or something, you know, and then they have a lot of power too. Yeah, so absolutely. You got to watch those dudes. Those, those dudes are legit. It's like a state trooper. You don't give a fuck. But yeah. Like on land. This is on the land, obviously. I, not too long ago, uh, I got a ticket in Arkansas by a state trooper. Fuck. I was like, hey, man, I'm a That's police That's one of the perks of being a cop. You I get know, out of right? Fucking I, going 140. Like. I said, hey, man, I'm a police officer in Memphis. He's like, oh, okay. You got your license? I said, here you go. Oh, fuck. And he came back, handed me a ticket. I said, thanks, sir. And that's it. Wow. So it comes I, with the game. You can't I, get mad. I'm not exactly sure how it works uh, in Memphis, but, uh, you know, at my job, I have to report that. If I get a speeding ticket, I have to report it to my supervisors immediately. Yeah, and, we do, too. And you you can face even repercussions on the job. Why? So, like, yeah. you, get, you get suspended. You can stuff. get suspended. So 
Whereas you're going to work and you get a speeding ticket, your boss doesn't care. He just wants you there on time. Right. right. Yeah. With us, it it's a it's a trail of just continual it's a paper trail. Yeah. Wow. That just seems way. It's, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure, especially now. Like you got to be on your p's and q's. People are constantly testing you. Just imagine going to work every day, and you're going to deal with drama. <laughs> Every day, you're going to go see crazy shit. And another thing, too, that you see as a law enforcement is what makes you not trust people is because you'll see you get a like a back seat or I'm sorry, you get a front row seat into people's fucked up lives, you know, and right. you're like, what the hell's going on here? And then this dude's sleeping with this chick. So she came over and shot him and they got kids together. You're like, what the hell's that, that kind of chaos? Every day, daily basis. And not only that, but they want you to fix all of their lifelong problems in the five <laughs> while minutes you're that there. you're there. Yeah. And, you know, they're yelling at you. It's, it's wild. Domestics are the worst, though. Relationship type. Yeah. Drama. You know, you, you show up. Chick's got a black eye. Yeah, you beat my ass. And then you're like, hey, what happened? He's like, yeah, I punched her, man. I got mad. So you put him in handcuffs, and then she freaks out and just starts beating your ass. What? That's, it happens a Every lot. Day. And really? then she doesn't press charges, right? Yeah. And, and then, it's like you have to uncuff him. He's mad. He just got cuffed, you know, even though he did something fucked up. And then everyone's just like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. We didn't call you. We don't need y'all anymore. Get out of here kind of shit, right? It's just fucked up, man. Yeah. And the domestic laws are like really strict. <clears throat> so I'll give you this scenario in Tennessee. If you're dating a chick and then she just cuts it off with you, and she says, stop texting me, don't text me anymore, and you send two more text messages after that, you're getting locked the fuck up. Done. Really? Yes, sir. You didn't know that, did you? No. Yep. Oh, man. Wow. I I worked in domestic violence for a lot. I mean, I I saw a lot of true victims. There's a lot of women that got beat with extension cords and stuff like that, and it's just, you know, no bueno, but you're able to lock those guys up and, you know, get them out of the picture. Now, on those dispensing violence calls, where you just spoke like the extension court, like would you have beat him with that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, how many times did you have to go back to that same fucking house for the same issue? Like, you know, because it happens once, he gets locked up, then he's out in, what, three days because he gets bonded out by her or, you know, he goes see a judge or whatever. Like, how many times have y'all have to double that with the same people over and over? To put that in perspective, we all have a lot of mutual friends downtown. Right. Mm-hmm. How many of them are in shitty relationships that just keep freaking going yeah. back and forth? Same thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, 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 it's a never-ending cycle of craziness. So you just got to, you know, pick the right one and, you know, make sure y'all aren't toxic and, you know, pray for the best. Damn. So I don't know if you can talk about this or not, but, like, what is one of the most fucked up things y'all have ever seen when you showed up to a scene or anything like that? I know mine. Uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you take that one. There was a girl named Layla Washington. She got murdered over there in Hickory Hill. Mm-hmm. She was, I want to say six or whatever. Oh, wow. Over a road rage incident. Yeah. And so anyway, the case kind of goes cold. So I was put on a task force of investigators to assist in that homicide. So we... Me and another detective were going to re-examine the crime scene, which is the car. And when we get the car into the crime scene tunnel, we start examining it. And 
I'm pretty morbid and I don't feel a lot of stuff. Like I see dead bodies all the time. Oh. But the only thing that really fucked me up was I'm scanning the car from the front to the back. And when I get to that back seat, I see the pool of blood and these little Dora the Explorer Crocs, right? These little Dora the Explorer mm-hmm. Crocs and that are covered in blood. And I don't know why that fucked me up. Yeah. Damn. It's man. It's weird. Like I was just like, Holy shit. It just, it's like a weird feeling. You know, you're like, man, I don't know. I got like butterflies in my stomach. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's something dealing with children, mm, you know. It, absolutely. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, that's got to be tough. John, what's yours? So I've got a couple. Uh, Tell us. The first one was I was still a, uh, you know, on the road and uh, got called to a accident. Happened to be a DUI accident. And um, the guy was in handcuffs. He was in custody or whatever. And the one of the victims, it was a horrific car car crash, uh, involved a eighteen wheeler and two or three other cars. And uh one of the victims that were there was screaming that she couldn't find her child. So we're starting, you know, to shut the this was on the interstate, on Interstate fifty five, and we were starting to shut the interstate down completely to try to find this child. Um so the way the wreck happened the car was sandwiched between an 18 wheeler and the concrete barrier of the bridge. And, uh, so the concrete barrier basically opened up this vehicle like a tin can and, uh, Jesus, where the, where the baby in the car seat was sitting and pulled the baby out of the car. And when we found the child deceased, of course, uh, the car seat was upside down in the Creek. Wow. And, so from that point, after we found the child, I had to go sit with this motherfucker that caused this entire crash at the hospital. And so he's just telling me the reason he was so drunk and messed up was because he got into a freaking fight with his girlfriend. Oh, and she There's always to, an excuse. She wanted always to leave him and all of this and that. So he tore an entire family apart and took a beautiful little girl, you know, away from their family. Yeah. And... The worst part of that, it, it and it wasn't it wasn't seeing it, it wasn't you know dealing with that, it wasn't having to sit with him. It was hearing that mother come into the hospital when they brought her in because she was also injured, and for them to have to give that notification to her and to hear the amount of pain yeah. in her screams, and uh, that was the first one. Uh, the second one, I was uh, involved in an. Uh, officer-involved shooting, my first officer-involved shooting of many. And um, the after effects. So they tell you, you know, that the counselors and, the you know, your supervisors and all your friends are like, hey, man, when you go home tonight, don't turn on the news. Don't get on Facebook. Right. What's what's the That's very the first thing you're going to do? Thing you're probably going to look at Facebook because you're driving home. Right. Yeah. I, I, want, I want to find out as much about this person <clears throat> as I possibly can, because that's what we are as investigators and cops, you know, like I want to know what, who, you know, where, why all of that. So I go to his Facebook profile and notice that he has two young kids that were roughly the same age at the time as my daughter. Mm -hmm. And all I kept thinking was I just took this dude away from his kid. And while, you know, and this was my, my mental mental hiccup at the time was, this guy will never have an opportunity to 
get get himself straight, to be a father to his kid, to do all of these things. And it took someone sitting me down and going, dude, he just tried to take you away from your kid. Mm-hmm. He didn't give a shit about you or what, you, you know, your family. Yeah. So, you know, he played a stupid game. He got a stupid prize. Yeah. But it still, it was that one moment that just, it messed me up knowing that, you know, I just killed this man mm-hmm. and his kids are going to have to suffer, you know, the rest of their lives because of that. Yeah. So those were my two. Do they, um, what do they do for you guys? Like when you guys go through that kind of stuff? Not really shit. Really? Well, they, what they did for me was, you know, immediately on the scene, they, they separate you from the scene. Um, and I was taken to, you know, our headquarters and, uh, they set me in a room mm-hmm. for the next several hours with a couple of guys sitting there with me that were, uh, they call them leaps counselors. It's law enforcement peer support. Okay. And, uh, so these leaps counselors sat there and they talked to me and they were like, look, whatever you're feeling, it's totally okay. You know, this, that, and the other. And, uh, kind of, kind of counseled me there for a few minutes, which I was fine at the time. You know, I, I signed up for this, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- this could, I knew this could happen. So, uh, you know, the, and the biggest part that really bothered me that day was I was supposed to be going home for my daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. And so I was stuck there because I had to give statements, you know, and stuff. And, uh, they were waiting on, you know, lawyers to come in and do the, the lawyer thing and everything. And they wouldn't let me go home. Mm-hmm. And so the family was all mad because, you know, I'm missing my, da- my daughter's birthday. And I'm, I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm, yeah, I'm right. stuck. I, I, I can't help that I had to go to work today and that this happened. So, you know, it was a lot of pressure there as well. But after that, the only other thing that really happened for me, um, other than them saying, you know, anything you need, anything, you know, whatever, we're here for you, um, was they actually sent me to be a LEAPS counselor. And it was... And no offense to the leaps program, you know, they, they're great at what they do. It wasn't for me. It was a lot of sitting around crying, holding hands, kumbaya and, you know, getting your feelings out there. That's not me. I'd rather just crack a beer, you know, internalize just, just it. Staying and, busy. Right. Staying busy for me is therapy. Yeah. Really. And that's, you know, and I, I just kind of dealt with it on my own, but uh, they wanted to make me a leaps counselor. And I'm like, bro, that's not me. Yeah. You know, like at all. Did you have um did you have hesitation hesitations after that to use your weapon? No. Um that was a few years back and from that point forward I've been involved in five officer involved shootings since then. Um if anything I'll tell you what it did. Uh it made me realize, you know, cuz I I had been in my career for I don't know, 10, 12 years, you know, looking back. And I thought at that point, I was like, I'm going to go my whole career and never even, you know, we work in police in a really safe community. There's nothing that really happens here. And then that year it was just bang, 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 you know, officer involved shooting after the next. And then for the several years following that, it was just again and again and again, I was involved and I was like, Holy shit. But what it wound up doing is after that first one, I was out at the range religiously. I was, 
making sure that, you know, if that situation came up again, that I, I'm an even better shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm even better on the range. I'm, I'm making sure that I'm, I'm taking care of those perishable skills. Yeah. But I can ask y'all a question. Okay. Do you remember not having guns and shit when we grew up? We fought. Fist yeah. fought. Yeah, absolutely. And I got my ass beat plenty of times. That's why I had to learn how to talk. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like when I had my store over in Tillman. Um, yeah. I'm just like, where do these fucking kids get these guns from? I'm just sitting there thinking, of, well, I know where they get them from. They get from the older kids, right? Or yeah, the grown-ups. Right, they're breaking, you're breaking the cars, cars and stuff. And I'm just like, this fucking kid <clears throat> is like 14. He's got two guns in his hip right now. I mean, what is going on? Like, And then we know what the kind of community that is. You know, there's a... The, you know, you, no, I'm not saying that all the people that live out there don't give a fuck, but they, you know, a lot of people out that live out there don't give a fuck what don't their kids are doing. Binghampton, that's my area. Dude. Yeah, you know, but like, I just, I just don't get it, man. And you know, you should show up to my job with like pictures of people, like you know, looking for people. Yeah, and right. I swear to God, if you guys, I mean, this happened quite a bit. It's like they knew when you guys were coming, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how, but like. Oh, they know you would. You would Absolutely. walk. You would walk in. Oh, hey, have you seen this guy today? I was like, Juice. The guy just literally left like five. My mom was like, Oh yeah, he just left. Yeah, he bought a pack of cigarettes and some food, and he just left five minutes ago. He's such a good kid, you know. My mom, mom. That's why we didn't sell the just busted paper because my mom did not want to see the kid she pretty much raised in there for all that shit. Dude, you know I was in there to get that soul food. Too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was always in there to get the soul food, dude. But like, you know, it'd be like literally minutes and then you guys will show up and they just left. I'm just like, God, what is this? What, are the, what that, is the timing of this? They man? always got locked up, dude. Memphis hood dudes are like, what this is another crazy thing. They've never been outside of Shelby County. There's so many people. There's a lot of people that have never been outside of Shelby County. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we know people that don't travel that much, but at least they go to fucking like, you know, they go somewhere, you know, not maybe not very far, maybe, but they at least go somewhere. <laughs> There's there's a whole so part of my route that I was training on I had uh, tailors at a couple stores in Big Hampton and when I walked in there I would see some of the people and I'm like y'all motherfuckers are literally doing the exact same thing we used to kick you off the lot for at eight o'clock you know at my store and then I saw some of them they look they look just as fine healthy money falling out of their pockets they got so much fucking money you know guns everywhere I'm like god damn and the kid that I'm with that's training me. He's scared as fuck to be in these stores, you know. Oh, yeah. like, you know, he's scared as fuck. They're all walking up to me. You know, I don't have no mask on, you know, or anything. They're all walking up. Hey, what's up, man? It's Samsung. Blah, blah, blah. Like, Dude, hey, what's going on? Ain't guys? nobody fucking with you if you <laughs> if you're walking in Binghampton. Ain't nobody gonna fuck with you. Nah, they're gonna take you to police or just one of the somebody off the green line. But, That's, but yeah, I can say some names and that would resonate with Raul. Like you know, Running Man, don't you? Yeah. Do you know who Running Man is? Remember who that guy, the crackhead? My mom used to always run off the lot. He always like come in there, grab beer. He always had this shirt unbuttoned and stuff, or something. Like he didn't have a shirt. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he had he got some cool glasses yeah. too. He's what just, about him? Tell me about him. Anyway, well, one time I had to arrest him because I got a call on him, and I was like, "Running man, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Super drunk." So he tries to swing at me, but he's swinging so slow. <laughs> you know him. He's yeah. swinging so slow. I was like, "What the?" F-? I just moved out of the way, and he fell down. I was like, "Man, you know, you know how jail. he got fucked up like that, right?" How his his dad. Used to force beer down him when he was a child. Yeah, mm. that's a lot of these people have really fucked up issues. Because I'm cool of, with a lot yeah, of them. Yeah. Like he he got fucked up because you remember Taffy Tony? Mm-hmm. 
Taffy told me that, you know, she grew up with all these people. She's from Beehampton, you know. She would tell us one of my old employees. She told me that her, because her, her and him used to, like, play together and stuff. And then, like, after a certain time, him and his father, his father would make, make him drink with him. Like, he would be making, making him, forcing him to drink these beers with him and stuff. So he just got hooked on alcohol, like, at, like, 12 or 13. You know, now he's, like, That's 50. Yeah. But like, because he's a good guy when yeah. he's sober. When he's sober, he's a real cool, respectful guy. But he gets real drunk and he just turns into like a weird person. Really? Yeah. What about Boogadoo? You remember Boogadoo? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that dude, I quit arresting him for drugs. <laughs> I just stopped. <laughs> I took him to jail so many times. I was just like, I'm not just, I'm not messing with it anymore. I yeah. pull up on him. I was like, Boogadoo, you got dope in your nuts? He dropped his head. He said, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, get, the, get the fuck out of here, dude. It's just, yeah, it's just so many people. I mean, it's just one of those things like it it just we know everyone knows what y'all are doing. You know, it's not a secret. You know, it's like, but you know, sometimes you just like fuck it, man, because how many times can you take them downtown for the same fucking offense? Oh, you know, like, this is it's crazy. Like, I don't know, I, I think they should legalize marijuana at some point. I was about to ask that. What do y'all thoughts on marijuana? Like it ties up a lot of law enforcement resources, and we don't need to do it. That's just my no. That's true. You know, that's you know. I think like drugs like that, like marijuana, mushrooms, um, what what else was stuff like that? You know, stuff like that. You know, that's not. It's from the ground. You know, it's, it's a waste natural. Of time. Let's focus on the bigger issues. Yeah, you know, like you're never gonna get the. You're never gonna. Well, maybe you will one day, but you're never gonna. The war on drugs was lost a long time ago. That's you know, like, agreed. Hundred percent. When did that come out? In the eighties with Reagan, right? They were trying to get the yeah, all the cartel people and the people in Mexico and people in America. Like it was just seemed like man. You guys, like, they're they're giving you these setup loads that are coming from like Florida and Miami, where they bust like forty kilos of coke or something like that. Like, how much just sailed by that you didn't even know oh, about? Like, you know, it's tons. just like, it's just, yeah, like tons. literally tons. Drive down two forty. Yeah. How many cars <laughs> from here to the other side going downtown? Do you see? Yeah. You know, all, coming, meeting you, going. It's, man, it's, it's if it's, you picked out every tenth car. To say, okay, that has a load of dope in it, which would probably be semi-accurate, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's unfathomable how much you miss, you know, out yeah. there. But the, the weed question, I mean, while it's still technically against the law, you know, finger quotes, um, if you're not a cop, you're probably smoking weed, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I just had this conversation with a, uh, a girl the other night. I, I went out with a buddy of mine. um, and he brought a date along, and she was freaking the fuck out. <laughs> She's like, "You didn't tell me he was a cop. Oh my god! Oh yeah, you know, you're, you're a cop." And I'm like, "Like what? What? What's the issue?" <laughs> and she's like, "But I smoke weed." And I'm like, "Who cares?" Number one, I'm way out of my jurisdiction, and number two, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't care, yeah. you know. Like you develop I, spidey senses. I yeah. swear to God, that's the true. Like I can stop somebody and within 30 seconds of talking to them, know if they're fucked up or not. Like oh, yeah. I have like have something in the car or oh, you yeah. can just based off kinesics because you feed off of people's right. like, energy and the way they, they act. And yeah. like if somebody's handing you their license and they're trembling, like something's not right. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. It's like, how does it work when you pull somebody? I don't, I don't know if you guys saw part of, have that part of your jobs, but like when you pull somebody over, like that's your job, nine to five as a cop, you know, a street cop, or it's called. And when to say probable cause, can I search your car because I smell weed or whatever? Like what, 
Do they really want to sm- search the car for weed or are they just trying to bust these kids' balls or something like that? No, so you use small stuff to pull stuff over to get bigger things. Like, say <clears throat> some dude's got a busted tail light. Or, right. It's so small, right? You pull him over and he's got a first-degree murder warrant. Yeah. That happens a lot every day. Or he's got an AK-47 and he's just about to go kill his girlfriend. That is true. That. Small stuff. That's why people are like, Oh, he pulled me over for this. If he writes you a ticket for it, it's like fifteen to thirty dollar. Right, get your tail light fixed, move on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, just do back to that. Just bust the paper. I haven't seen them. Are they still around? I don't think so. Because they like some like lawsuit against it, right, or something. Yeah, like but that. I love that, dude. It was so funny though. And they'd always put the white chicks up front. <laughs> <laughs> it was you were so, a smoke show. You're getting yeah. put on that. Sunday. It was so funny though. Like I would get them from the store, from Chickasaw Express, right yeah. there on the corner. I would get them there every, like when they came out on Tuesdays or whatever. And I would, I would, I would read it when I got home. I was looking at it. I was like, one for rape, one for, oh, he was just in my store this morning. Hey, what's up? You know, it's oh, like, yeah. it's like, dude, it's like, it's like, it's, I swear, when they walked in my store, they were kind, peaceful, respectful of my mom and dad and myself and everyone that worked there, you know? But as soon as they walked out into their car, there's like, like two, two separate lives, you know? Like they walk into Switzerland and then they're not neutral and then they walk back to the car. They, you know, it was just crazy, man, dealing with that. And that's when it rained me. My mom could not stand when she, people were talking about, like, oh, yeah, so-and-so got a, a felony warrant, this and that. And she's like, look, take it outside. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear about yeah. this little child because it hurt her. You know, it hurt her feelings and shit. But, Rel, some of those people, man, are, like, doomed <clears throat> from the get-go. Yeah. Like, mom's on crack, daddy's alcoholic, gone, they don't work. You know, I walked in the one kid's room. He's like, yeah, man, I, I broke in the house and stole a PlayStation. It's in my bedroom. So we go over there. Walking his house, he's got a freaking dirt floor. Yeah. He's living on a dirt floor in a hell. I'd be breaking in houses too. Yeah, it's get, like they say: not everyone is born at the same. Not everyone has the same starting line. And and I know for a fact because when we used to give food to people and stuff like that at Tillman Cove and all that stuff, yeah. like it, it's not not everybody has the same starting line. And that is one hundred percent true. Unless you see it, you don't know. Man, people don't and, know. And, and all this bullshit you see these people trying to revitalize Tillman and all that shit. They're just there to get that fucking land because it's going to be worth money eventually. You know what so, I'm saying? So, yeah, all that stuff <clears throat> is they're trying to buy out all those low-income people yep. to make it an extension of High Point, which is like that's the, that's the, the goal. square footage, whatever. That's the goal. Oh, that's that's the end goal with the, with that middle part right there. 100%. Because you saw that Save-A-Lot, or what is it called? Save-A-Lot. It's closed. Closed. Dollar yeah. Tree's next. You know, and then uh, they shut down the store. Yeah, up there on Tillman, but is, they were selling uh, drugs and shit. Out which of one? the The main one across the street from Tillman, Tillman Cove. Oh, uh, J and H, two forty five Tillman. Yeah, yeah, that was my parents' original store. Then and we he, sold it to that guy. I remember he got wrapped up, you know, thinking that everyone was his friend, so that he would let him do all those drugs, yeah. sell, do, you know, make drugs and shit like, and sell drugs out of the store. And then next thing you know. We see, I see him one day and I'm like, Hey, what's up, man? I see him at Sam's. He's like, Oh man, I got all this, all this shit going on. Cause they think it's me. I'm like, well, motherfucker, we know you. And it was you, anyway, you know, I was, like, what, I, was, I was like, what'd you think? You think, you think they were going to not turn on you when it's, when it should hit the fan? You're yeah, not, yeah. you're not, you're not. Who do you go after the hood dudes or the dude that's got the money? You go after the guy that has the money. Hell yeah. And you know, and he's like, and my mom saw him not too long ago and he's telling my mom, yeah, I'm still fucking dealing with that shit. She's mom's like, we told you a long time ago not to get involved with that stuff. And they just don't listen, you know, because they see all this money all of a sudden, and then boom, yeah, juice is kicking your door in. It's not you worth know? it. He it's can't. 
And that store made money because we had it. Yeah. That store made money before we bought, before we built the store in, in South Memphis. And that's when we sold it. I mean, it was a gold mine. It was making so much money that I don't know why he thought he had to do this to make more money. It's nah. quick, tax-free, easy, easy money. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's a lot of people that prey on the hood, you know. Yeah. A lot of hood stuff going on, you know. But like like the EBT cash flow to mm. those businesses, crazy. You know, that's another thing we told we told him not to do was that you will eventually get caught because all it takes is one person to get mad that you're charging them ten dollars for that pack of cigarettes on EBT. Oh yeah, to go to to call and they're gonna watch your ass like a motherfucker after and that. That's what happened. Ultimately, the hood turned on that. <laughs> yeah, dude. that's exactly what happened because he was doing some roguish stuff and yeah. treating people bad. And well, you know, me and my mom in there talking to him and you know and. We're sitting there just talking to him, and all these people are buying beer. And she goes, "You know, it's not our business. It's literally not our business. But you know, he can do whatever he wants. It's his, literally his business." And I was just like, "I was like, dude, you're going up a man. You're 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 doing this the wrong way. You're gonna get busted doing this." I was like, "Mom, let's go. I don't, you know, because when you do that, you can't stop because you're seeing that you're making ten dollars on one pack of cigarettes, or you know, ten dollars on a couple beers, or whatever it is. It, It it never stops. And then you're like. It's like this guy back in the day, he was buying stolen Enfamilk, um, the cans of Enfamilk, yeah. right? They're like ten, twelve dollars, you know, a little jug or whatever it's called. And so then the the cops were like, I don't know what department it was, wherever they were like, this guy made his store was one of the busiest stores in Memphis. They go to him, he's like, you know, the guy, undercover guy, was like, hey man, we just stole, a tra- we just stole a trailer of Enfamilk. Do you want it? He's like, bring me the trailer. <laughs> This motherfucker thought that somebody literally hijacked a fucking trailer of Infamilk and he was just gonna buy every case of it for like five dollars a case. Because he, what, he, what he have made out of? Exactly, because you sell each bu- you sell each thing for like what fourteen, fifteen bucks, and you're paying five bucks only, you know. And they took his store away. They took all his money, his cars, everything. His he his wife left him. She stayed in America. He had to go back to China or something like that. And my mom mm. knew him. And I was like, you're a fucking fool, dude. You had the, one of the best stores in Memphis. This is one thing that I can tell you. Do not mess with the IRS. They're going oh, to get their money. They're going to get their money. Tony, do you concur? You mean you worked there for a while? I agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, man, I don't know. It's just there's so many ways to make good money, and then it's just so many ways that, you know, you, you, no matter what you do, you're going to make money. But if you do it the right way, you don't have to worry about your door getting kicked in. You don't have to worry about shit. Exactly. Right? But if, you, if you're if you one of those guys that is going to make money the fast way, do you really even get good sleep? You probably don't, right? Uh, me? No. No. <laughs> if, you're, if you're always worried about your door getting kicked yeah, in. Yeah. You know, like. You're, you're not sleeping very much. Or you're not sleeping in the same spot. That's <laughs> right. Very often. Yeah. But it's uh, it's funny the way those dudes live. I was like, I could not live that lifestyle. It's too much pressure. Yeah. What do you think about, um, what do you think about, um, what do you call it? I don't know what, it, I don't know how to phrase this, but it's like, there's, you know, there's a bad cop doing something bad and then you guys witness it or whatever. Like the buddy system, cop buddy system. Do you guys like, if it's really bad, do y'all say something or you're just like, man, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Or is there no snitch system? Like, you know. No, that's, that's not true. <clears throat> like the bad officers get weaned out. 
Like nobody right. fucks with them. They'll eventually go away. Like, because you know they're doing bad shit. So y'all kind of just cut, cut talk, conversation yeah, with them and shit. Yeah. And then they get indicted. Like Memphis is really good about weeding out the really bad ones mm-hmm. and they start investigations and you'll see them on the news. Like that person got locked the fuck up. What was it? Jerry Tate's son or was his name Jerry? Oh, um, uh, shit. Yeah. He's still in jail. I think. Um, the news guy, right? Yeah. The weatherman from Channel 3 back in the day, Jerry Tate, or yeah, something like son, that. His son got, did some dirty shit. His son, well, I didn't know this, okay? So I'm hanging out with him all the time. We're going to the go club together, you know, him and his cop friends and all this shit. And come out to find out, I'm, I'm, sitting, at the, I'm sitting at the house of the owner of Highland Q back in the day, and we turn on the news, and we see his picture, and, you know, we've gone, go, we got all these clubs together and all this, you know, dumb shit together. And I'm like, I'm with the fucking police. I'm good, you know. And he gets a phone call. He's getting, you know, he's been arrested for all these charges. He was, and, I see, and the thing that saved me on this, he was running girls from the gold club to Tunica. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you guy. remember that guy? Yeah, he got he, locked. Yeah, up. he was running girls back and forth. And he asked me to go with him a couple of times. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking Tunica. Fuck no. that. And the guy, good thing I didn't because I probably would have got in trouble too, right? Yeah, you were smart enough to be like, no. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go to Tunica. I'm, I'm, I'm going home. My mom's waiting on me, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm good. But like, and then... I get a letter from the FBI in the mail. My mom was like, what the fuck? You know, she's, <laughs> Bro, sitting, there, you she's sitting there waiting on me. She's like, what the fuck is this? I was like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, I just got indicted. What the fuck? Or whatever, you know? And she's like, well, open it. And I was like, I open it. And it's like, yeah, we're just letting you know that so-and-so date to so-and-so, it was like four months. They had recorded all our conversations, you know? And they they said, you know, at the end of the letter, they were like, oh, yeah, well, we, you know, obviously you're getting this letter and not a knock on the door because you didn't do anything wrong. You were just hanging out with him. And because I remember one thing, he told me to go to tar- Kmart with him when they shut the one on Austin P down. I mean, uh, oh, they're off the Covenant Pike, remember, by yeah. the Home Depot and stuff. He's like, yeah, I got the key. Just go in there, take anything you want. I'm like, man, I, the fuck? Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. And that was one of the transcripts they had on this letter thing that came in the mail. I was like, oh, my fucking God. Imagine if I just did one of those things with this guy. I would be in jail with him probably right yeah, now, too. It's, it's so easy to get hemmed up, man. That's why you just got to live a straight life and stay to yourself and be around good people. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. Like, there's to me, there's like three keys to success. Get a job. Keep mm-hmm. your hands to yourself. And don't do drugs. And you, you won't have any problems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because wasn't one of his things on the thing, he was talking about how he was a cop and he there were, he couldn't be touched. Yeah, that that's what he was saying. See, that's that's bullshit. Those dudes need to go to jail. Absolutely. And it was good officers that put him in jail. That's why he's there. Right. Uh, I, I wonder if he's still in jail. What do y'all think? That was like 2002. So that's I, what. I think he still is in jail. Because I think he got I don't like, know. I mean, I mean, his dad obviously didn't have any money because his dad was a fucking weatherman. I don't know what they make a year, but like, you know, he's that local celebrity, I guess, how far is that going to get him, you know? And weathermen right. suck because they always get it wrong. <laughs> it was supposed to be 105 or 107 heat index today. It's kind of, it's super humid right now and hot because yeah. the sun came out. But this morning, me and my friends were walking and, you know, and I was like, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. And then five miles into the walk, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so ready to go back to the house, you know, yeah. but it was fucking miserable. All right. Have y'all ever had to arrest one of y'all's friends? Like, you know, doing dumb shit or just won't listen to your common sense advice from to them. Yes. Yes. A lot of my friends. Really? Uh, first of all, when you graduate the police academy, you lose half of your friends. Absolutely. It's because you became a cop or you're just, not, you're not becomes, allowed to hang out with them just anymore. Because, just because you became a cop. They're just people that don't fuck with you. Yeah. There's 
there's no other career like it. Like, you know, you become a banker and you still have all your friends. You become a cop and it's like, oh, Ooh, can't hang out with you anymore. It's like, yeah, why not? I would, if I was doing some dumb shit, I would want as many cop friends as I could get because, hey man, they're about to roll up on you, dude. You may want to, you know, like, I'm not saying you guys will like tip up, sip somebody off or anything like that, but like, you know, it's like, you need to slow your roll. You need to slow bro. your roll because yeah. they look, they're watching you or something like that. You know, they know what you're doing to stop and, I, you know, I'll try to help you out with what I can kind of thing so I don't get in trouble, you know. So like, from like volume of dealing with such shitty people, I can evaluate people in like five minutes just really? with a simple conversation. Hey, what's going on? Here? And I can find out like everything about them and evaluate them if they're a good person or not in like five minutes. You can just. You get like, like I said, yeah. like six cents, yeah. spidey senses that you can just evaluate people. Like, oh, that's a good person. He's mm-hmm. cool. Have yeah. you ever had to arrest any of your friends? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, my friends. <laughs> it's, it's never fun, but it's you know, at, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, yeah, I did mess up. So you're just doing your job, right? Yeah. Do not do any of them hold it like personally against you. Fuck you, man. You could have let me out of that shit. You fucked no. my life up. Blah 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 blah. No. They they got whatever they got themselves in whatever situation, right? And a lot of times it ends up you know getting dismissed in court or whatever. But like I had a buddy, man, I was like, oh shit, that dude's got a warrant. I called him. I was like, hey man, you got a warrant? I'm finna come pick you up. You cool with that? He's like, yeah man. Just let me get yeah. that, you know whatever done. And I went and picked him up, took him straight to jail. You know, he got out a day later. I was gonna say, how long was he no in there hard for? feelings? Yeah, it was just some misdemeanor shit. I've, oh okay, you know. But yeah, yeah I guess it would be like if you're the one doing the, the crime, it is your fault that you're getting arrested either yeah. way. But I'm saying like you never think like you're a fucking cop. You have all the inside information. You could have told me this was going to happen. No, motherfucker. Your common sense should have told you you're going to get caught doing whatever no. the fuck you're doing. You know, that's what I would think. And then why you know? would you want to fuck up your life right. or career over something they fucked exactly. up? Did? Because you tip somebody, you tip somebody off and they're watching you because you're friends with them, you're going to get in trouble or possibly arrested too, right? If, yeah. if, saying that you guys did something like so, that. Like, so like one thing, and I'm sure you get it all the time, they're like, hey man, whose tag is this? Can you run this tag? You're like, no. I can't run that tag for you, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> did you run this tag? People will try you. I mean, you're like, no. What happens if you run a tag for them? Well, just I'll give you a scenario. Say you don't like Anthony, yeah, right? And you know his tag because you know what he drives, right? So you write his tag number down. And then you go over there and beat his ass because you found out where he lives. Oh, How'd you get that information then, from then, an officer? And then that's where I'm in trouble. So I'm not doing that shit. No, you know? yeah, I see right. where you're coming from. That's very clear. That's taught to you like day one. We don't give out personal information and stuff like right. that because we go to jail for it. Oh, wow. To so jail. Yeah, I, I get that one a lot, but uh, the one that I don't mind helping people with, I have people call me all the time. They're like, can you check and see if I've got a warrant? And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, but Damn. if you got a warrant and I'm working, I'm coming to freaking pick you up. Yeah, you know? yeah. But like, are you need to turn yourself in? I I always just think I had warrants and stuff like that. So I always just call one of my buddies, like, "Hey man, can you run my info? Can you run my?" This is when I'm just gonna say to remember um, he used to hang out with John and Sarah and all of them. Uh, what was his name? Billy. Oh yeah, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, yeah. He. I would call Billy. I'm like, hey Billy, I think I have a warrant, man. He's like. God damn, dude. You've called me like th- three times in the past two months with this shit. I was like, hey, I'm just, you know, I don't know what's going on, man. He's like, God damn, give me five minutes, man. And he would run it. And he's like, no, you're clear. You're good. You're clear. You know, I was like, Billy, would you tell me if I did have one, though? He's like, yeah, because you probably get a knock on your door. And probably what a precinct was you, you're close to arresting you. I was like, damn. 
Yeah, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, people do make mistakes. But, you know, I'm always cool with everybody. And, you know, it's better to get that situation handled and move forward. Yeah. You know? Now, I have, so if you, okay, so two people are murdered, okay? One's the neighborhood lovable drug dealer, and one's like just a house mom. Right? The house mom is going to get more priority. That's exactly where my question was going. That's a fact. Well, if a drug dealer is killed or a housewife is killed, who gets more priority and is the same effort put into the uh, in the investigation? Well, there's a lot more pressure depending on demographics. Mm-hmm. You go shoot a white lady in East Memphis at Poplar and Highland or right. wherever, there's going to be a lot more attention on that than – another shooting in the hood. Unfortunately, we've gotten to that point and it's a lot of media stuff, you know, but it's all media driven, pressure driven. Cause you're going to get a lot of, you know, people asking questions and hire people. And, you know, that's what it boils down to. Both of them are going to get the equal investigation, but one's going to be a lot more priority. So the, the house mom gets, the house mom gets bumped to the top of the list and, the drug dealer guy is going to be kind of like when you can get to the, that case or whatever, I guess is what I'm asking. No, no, they, no that's, it's still going to be investigated immediately. Okay. 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 That's what, that, that's what saying, my question was. My what bad. I, what I, the point I'm trying to make is one's more high profile than the other. You know, right. it, so like a Columbine shooting compared to one kid shot at school is, is kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or to put it in perspective, you know, one's got more notoriety. Because of where it was at. You know right. what I mean? Like I, Bill that, Street. That makes sense. Somebody gets shot on Bill Street, big deal. Yeah. Because everybody, it's, it's, people are getting shot on Bill Street. Yeah, What's going the news on? picks it up and runs it nonstop. And if you're like, oh, somebody got shot off Chelsea. Like, oh, that's not news. People yeah. don't report that. It happens every day. Right. It's, it's like, we only we only care about crime when it happens in our area. Exactly. We don't care about obviously we don't care about crime that's happening right probably right now or wherever in Germantown or South Memphis or one, you know one of the hoods you know or projects. It, it's like oh that doesn't that doesn't affect me so why do I care? But like you said, oh man, I can't believe the lady got murdered on Poplar and Highland. Damn, that's so close to our house. Our house is like five miles from there only. You know, like I guess people only care. What am I trying to say? Tony? people only care when it affects them. When it's close to when home. When it's close to yeah. home, yeah. And they want everything done right away, you yeah. know. It, and it's 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 pretty stressful. It's always stressful. Yeah, you know. It's like when that thing happened at that Kroger and those kids were beating up the people. Oh yeah, the, we handled that. Everybody was all upset about that. Talk about the Papa Plaza one. Yeah, but yeah. If it happened somewhere else, they wouldn't give a fuck. If it was huh. if it was Cleveland Kroger, who cares? Yeah, nobody would have cared. Yeah, fuck those kids. You know, they get in. You know, People need to realize, like, we need to take a step back, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. and say, hey, what really just happened? Yeah. Did my car just get broken into? Insurance is going to pay for that. Not a big deal. Like, that stuff can be replaced. The problem is, like, the violent crime. That's what I can't. Yeah. Did we are having Fallujah-style shootings here in Memphis. Really? That's a fact. Absolutely. Every single day. Wow. Well, my friend... My friend that uh, he's he's in um, he does Delta's overnight right yeah Delta he's he's always telling me Delta shift he's on the Delta shift he said that he they we they went to some they went somewhere and literally the the people they were trying to get to 
had AK-47s just pointed at them, and they were like, hmm. And they two two there were three of them. Two of them shot their thing in the air to get you know. You don't want to come this way. You come this way, we're gonna fucking probably you're probably gonna die. And that's exactly what you just said, man. That that's the craziest thing. So have you seen all those officers on the interstate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know why they're there? Isn't it from the highway shootings or something yeah. like that? Or we have at shootings? least one a week. Yeah, really? it, it went Road away. It went instance. away. The, it went away oh. there for a minute. But now it's now it's back. I, I'm seeing, yeah. I hear it on the radio. Oh, someone got shot. It's becoming so normal for someone to get murdered or shot here in Memphis. It's like, oh, it's, who cares? What's 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 going on seven point five or whatever? You know, like what's what's really going on? Like it's just it's we, we're becoming immune to violent crimes. You know, because it's been years since we were kids. And that's a problem. You know, it's like, oh, it's and like when national when we make national news, oh, that's just Memphis. That's how they are. You know, like, you know, whatever. But we have a lot of good stuff here, though. Yeah, we do. Like, I'd say we have some of the best food in the world here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, I dated a girl. She used to work for Channel 3. She was a reporter. And she would tell me that they only wanted to cover hard hitting news. That's it. So if anything good happened, they didn't want to hear about in the newsroom. mm -mm. It don't. They don't want to. So if you look at yourself as a human being, right, mm-hmm. we watch fights. Why yeah. do we watch like fights and stuff? Because violence is like exciting. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, it, that's true. I mean, like, um, you, I don't know why that is. I mean, obviously I know why it is because they can sell ads off that. Yeah, they sell ads know? off that. So they want the salacious stuff, like uh, people that, do break a window or something and, you know, or start some violence or somebody's killed or, you know, just all the hard hitting shit. It's kind of like when the, the, the black shoe store got the window smashed out of yeah. it downtown like, and, and all the rest of that good stuff that was happening. They didn't cover that at all. Really. No, it was like don't. two seconds of that. And then all they talk about is the, someone smashing the window at, uh, what is it? Harold shoes or something like that, yeah. or whatever it's called. You know, I walked past it the other day and I was like, I mean, this 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 store got more attention because it's an African American owned business than all the good that was happening during that march, you know. But because right now that's the hot topic. It's one of the hot topics. So with the where was it Kenosha? Where yeah. One of the la- latest yeah. shootings Wisconsin. happened. Yeah, yeah, that's so crazy. You've got that going on, but in that same time, um, and. I, I'm not good with days. Like I, I think it was a couple of days ago, 39 kids were rescued in Georgia by yeah. the U.S. Marshals. Big yep. sex trafficking, and huge oh, really? sex trafficking yeah, ring. One of these children had been missing for over three years. Wow! And so you've got you know all all of these news stories going on. You know, uh, you know of Kenosha or wherever it was, and Portland and all this. But you're never you're never seeing anything good. All you're hearing is you know cop bad, cop kill black man, mm-hmm. you know. But you're never seeing hey cop saves thirty nine kids from sex trafficking. Yeah, you don't see cop rescues baby from drowning. Mm-hmm. You don't see all the good stuff. So you know it's it's desensitizing to the public to the point that you know we're we're labeled as just so horrifically bad to where. Going back to the the female date of my buddy mm-hmm. was just like, you know, like I wasn't even supposed to be a real person. Like you're a cop, you're supposed to be a cop, and then you're put in a glass case and you don't do anything else, and you're not a human and you don't have a life. Yeah, you know, she was just taken aback 
that you know I was sitting there having dinner with them. Mm. Yeah. Burger with cheese, it's for a cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and a liter of cola. A liter of cola. But that's the thing. So all the bad shit, as you guys do, like all the bad. I'm sorry, all the bad stuff is on the front page, right? Cop kill or because cop that's rape, what sells murder, ads. right? And then on page seven of the section A of the paper. Cop saves baby. And the headline's like, you know, tiny as fuck. There's no picture of the cop or anything. And it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, there's still a lot of, I mean, you do a lot of crazy shit and drama, but there's a lot of funny aspects that happen at work like every freaking day. Mm. Like, have you ever been hit on by a woman that's like 300 pounds smoking a cigarette, holding two babies? Like, hey, baby, what you doing? <laughs> Money in the, in the titty. Which, Money which, in the titty. What you doing when you get off? I was like, not coming over here. <laughs> right. You got three kids, and there's two other kids screaming in that other room. Yeah. No part of that. Oh, wow. And she's 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> she so, still sent it, though. Trying to put handcuffs, <laughs> on, a, trying to put handcuffs on a 300-pound woman in the middle of the summer that's naked. Yeah, a lot of naked people, Ooh. dude. People just get butt-ass naked and be like, what's up, police? What, what y'all finna do? Yep. Yeah. How many times have y'all been spit on? <clears throat> I've been spit at. It's never actually made contact. You. Yeah. Yeah. I try to do the distance. But like so this happened in Germantown lately. This is a this is a true story. Mm-hmm. There was this uh mental uh, this guy with mental illness. This guy was like 68 300 plus. Oh wow. Yeah. Walking it through Germantown just butt naked. Damn. Yes, it took five officers to get that dude in custody. But I I don't know what his mindset was, but he went and tried to like hang out with some kids mm. that were like at a playground, and then everybody freaked the fuck out. Right? You know what I mean? Because it's Germantown. Yeah, because it's Germantown. But dude's butt naked. He's a big dude. Yeah, it, it's going to take five officers. Wow. Well, that's another thing that brings up this point. You know how you people have um, Monday morning quarterbacks? What police yeah. are doing on news and stuff like that, or on a video? What about like, oh, look at these cops. They can't even take one person down. And there's like four of them. If I, you know, it was like, you have no idea how strong people get when all that adrenaline is growing. Nobody will, nobody really takes that into into effect. Man, this guy or lady might, she's got all this adrenaline going. The cops have adrenaline going, whatever it is, the, 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 the suspect could be high on something, whatever. They got all this extra energy. And it takes a lot to subdue a person like that. Like you just said about that six, eight, 300 pound guy, right? Yeah. You know, and, that's a big dude normally. And most cops aren't six, eight, 300 pounds, no. you know? No. So, and, and most cops don't train defensive tactics and don't train <clears throat> hands on. The, the most that they get is the, what, the eight, eight hours in the academy when they're going through of this is how you properly do this. And then they never touch it again until they need it. Then they go, oh, fuck. So what do they resort to? They resort to what they know. What did they grow up seeing? Fighting on TV. Right. And then the, you got that one jack wagon in the back that's like, I'm not going to help the cop, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to record him with my phone. And then it get, hits national news. Look, cop beats another black man or, you know, white man or whatever the case may be. But whatever the, the highlight is of the day, it's right there. And it's like, well. You know, I see why the officer is doing that because he has zero other training and he's fighting a six foot eight, 300 pound dude, you know, and he's trying to subdue him enough to get him into custody because the guy is actively resisting or actively fighting with him. Another thing, too, is you look at genetics 
and then you put drugs on top of that. No. How many ripped crackheads have you ever seen? All of them. You saw Rip Running Man was? Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, he was strong as fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah. he was str- like fi- dude. He was like five, 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 six, maybe, 120 pounds. But I tell you what, that could probably bench press a Cadillac. Oh, I'm telling you. You're like, so you smoke crack and stay up all night and don't eat all right. And they're just freaking muscled up, shredded. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know what it is. You have you you have the drug induced, you know, then you have the mental illness induced, you know, uh strength, and then you have excited delirium. And yeah, so somebody that just goes cuckoo, you know, because of the situation and they turn into you know, like you know, you've seen the um the the car sitting on top of a kid and the guy gets superhuman mm, strength yeah, and lifts the car yeah. off the kid and it's a miracle and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's the excited delirium of the adrenaline dump he just had. Yeah, dude, adrenaline makes you and, do awesome stuff. And so he's having this adrenaline dump, and it's freaking coursing through his blood, and he's able to do that. Well, somebody that really is dead set on not going to jail, are you not searching their car or whatever? If you're not prepared for that, bro, hold on. It's about to be a crazy ride. Yeah. So do you think that you guys, I see you're wearing a jiu-jitsu shirt. Do you think they should train? Absolutely. Like that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Somebody has said that the only training that police officers get is like you just said, the eight hours or whatever of uh, dis- disarming somebody no. in an academy, eight hours, gun, uh, a practice, or whatever it's called. We shoot we once sh- a year. Once a year. And, and that's someone it. said, for, you know how doctors and uh, doctors and like lawyers have to keep on uh, continuing education? I think that may, uh, you guys tell me what you think. Shouldn't shouldn't there be like a, a something like that set up for police officers? Like, hey, you've been in the you've been out of the academy five years. You need to come back and get recertified on some things. There needs to be a lot more training. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, because equipment you, too. Yeah, so, I'm I'm very fortunate where I work. Uh, we train. Uh, it they allow us to train. It's a smaller department. You know, we have like, I think. 140 sworn officers where Memphis has what? Not enough. I mean, not yeah, enough. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I'm, like I'm going to go on a limb. Like, like yeah, I was going to say 1,600 officers right now, and they're still not at their full capacity. So, yeah. you know, it, it comes down to, you know, budgets. So everything, everything money. is all money about money. Everything. So, you know, we're very, very fortunate. We're a small department in a community that, takes in tax money, you know, and that is, that is used for, uh, training purposes for us. So we where Memphis, you know, he said they qualify on their weapons once a year. We qualify four times a year. Mm. Uh, if you, if there's training that you would like to go do outside of the agency that, a you know, somebody's putting on, you just request it. And it's, if the money's there, it's approved, you know, we get a, we get a training budget every year to use. Um, we're allotted extra ammo to go train on your own. You know, yeah. where a lot of departments don't do these things, you know, but when it comes to defensive tactics or, you know, actually anything like that, it's, it's almost just looked over. Like mm-hmm. you you qualify with your weapon once, twice, four times a year, but how often do you use your weapon? But how many times in a shift do you put your hands on people, be it, you know, putting them in handcuffs, mm-hmm. be it, you know, having to actively fight with a resisting subject or whatever. So why is more training not pushed toward those types, you know, of, yeah. of situations to where we can, we're trained on how to better handle 
and deal with people. So you hear all the time, you know, you know, he, he was being non-compliant. He was being non-compliant. Well, if I have you under complete control, be it in handcuffs or I have you held to where you can't move, I don't give a shit how non-compliant you are. You're under control. Mm -hmm. So if we teach officers how to control people correctly without punching them in the face, Mm -hmm. without, you know, taking them on four or five taser rides, if we start to do that, you will see the decrease in people, you know, with the you'll still see complaints because people are going to complain. That's just our society now, but you will yeah. see a lot less use of force complaints actually come to fruition, or you'll see a lot less of the videos where, you know, officer beats man or whatever, you know, with an ass baton or, you know, a baton yeah. or, you know, or he tasing him doing this, doing that, whatever. Uh, beer 30. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you, you'll see a lot less of that because what looks better on oh, video. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. What looks better on video in the eyes of law enforcement uh, when they're reviewing a video? A cop that is, you. you know, fighting with a guy that's actively resisting and they're duking it out in a fist fight, or the officer taking the fight to the ground, applying a submission or a hold yeah. to this person, and getting on the radio when he's being there, sitting there cussing, screaming, kicking, but he's doing nothing, and getting on his radio and saying, "Hey, I need some help getting this guy into custody." Mm. And then the next officer that gets there. It's a two-on-one situation now. They politely put him into custody. Yeah. So what looks better in the eyes of law enforcement, train. Train these things. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you a story real quick. And it's it's funny, but, like, you couldn't do it now in this current climate. We get a call. It's me and this rookie, right? I'm, I don't know this guy at all. Right. We get a call. You know that summer motel – or not summer motel. That summer – X-rated film place. Oh, Paris Theater. The Paris yeah. Theater. Lucian we, Theater. Yeah, yeah, some dude would not leave. He was in there jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't finished yet. So, yeah, so we go in there, and he's, I don't know what his problem was. So I'm riding with this, like, young white kid, and uh, dude's, like, looks like a crackhead and stuff, and he's like, uh, fuck you, white boy. So dude just punches him in the face. Pow! Pops him one time in the mouth. He touches his mouth. He goes, I can respect that. And he walks off. He got out of that movie. Theater. Yeah. And that's it. That was, Damn. I was like, I can't believe that. Shit. I can, I can tell you so many stories that are crazy like that. Oh, absolutely. You Just know, it, wild. It, times have changed. I mean, if we, if we wanted to dig back 15 years ago, law enforcement in a nutshell was Beating, totally different yeah. than it is today, you know, and things that were commonly accepted. I, I remember riding with my field training officer one of the first nights, you know, and I'm, I'm driving and uh, he's like, hey, stop that car. And I'm like, for what? He goes, because I told you to. And I'm like, well, I, I really don't know why I'm stopping it or what the right. law that has been broken or what my probable cause is. But my FTO told me to. What, so what is he, Denzel Washington yeah. and you, yeah. uh, so, Hawk? So, so this this literally happened. And it was, a, it was, up, it was going up a street, uh, crossing into another state, if you will. The suburb that I work in is outside of the state right. of Tennessee. But uh, – so as it's crossing that imaginary line, I'm like, he's running. What do I do? And I said, what's the policy here? Because I'm that guy that I want to do the right thing. Right. You know, and he goes, the policy is you fucking catch him. That doesn't happen now. Because now you have to radio it, right? Hey, you Memphis, know, we're following this guy. So you guys, so, and they now, get their cars, right? You know, now policies and things have changed. And it's, you know, there, there's more policy to better protect people, but... It's a policy to where, hey, you know, 
listen, if you go to the next intersection up here and you're chasing this guy on misdemeanor type charges that aren't even that serious, it's a traffic violation. You roll through that intersection and somebody doesn't see you, hear you coming with your lights and siren and bam, you hit them and kill them. Who's ultimately really responsible for that, that death. Mm. So you have to take those totality of circumstances into consideration. Yeah. You know, but There's back in the day, bro, it was like guns, wild west, man. It was, <laughs> wow. it was crazy. But there was less crime. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll tell you this. Can you drive through Bartlett and not get stopped? I don't think it's possible. People are scared to go to Bartlett. So Bartlett doesn't have hardly any crime. Guess what? Because they're so afraid of getting trapped. They stop cars all day long. Everybody oh, gets yeah. stopped in Bartlett. Everybody. I, I remember one time I was in Bartlett and I got a, a tag ticket earlier that week by Memphis and Bartlett pulled me over and they're like, Hey, your tag expired. And I was like, Yeah, I just got a ticket. And he's like, Yeah, you can keep getting tickets. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, Did well, you get another ticket? You, yeah, he gave me oh. another ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna go to Bartlett and court Memphis. and Memphis court for the same thing. Yeah. Did they get dismissed when you showed them proof that you got your I think I had on? to pay for the Bartlett one. Oh God. Man, typically on something like that, like if you just got it a couple of days prior, like, come on. Yeah. You know, give the guy a break. Like, he already knows. He's already got a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's still probably got to get to work the next couple of days until he gets a day off to go fix it. Yeah. Like, but if it's like, hey, I got a ticket for this and it's been a freaking month. Yeah. Bro, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. You know, but. I love when I see, like, I, I saw this in Nutbush a lot. Tag has been applied for. I know uh, my tag has expired. Please, I'm waiting on it to come. COVID, <laughs> you know, like people have this taped on their car, you know, because right. they get pulled over for it so, so frequently, like that gets out there. So what's crazy is if you are a Mississippi resident and you buy a vehicle in Tennessee, so the, Tennessee has to do, if, especially if you have like a trade-in. Mm-hmm. So they have to pay that vehicle off, get a title in hand, issue out the title for the vehicle that you're buying, and send that to the tag office. That's why it takes like 30 – got up to like 30 days in Tennessee to get your tags. Mm. Well, the state of Mississippi requires you to have a tag on your vehicle within seven business days. Oh, wow. So – and a drive-out tag is not a legal tag in the state of Mississippi. So just – if you bought your car yesterday and you drive anywhere in the state of Mississippi – Legally, you can be pulled over, and that's probable cause to pull you over because you're driving without a tag on your vehicle, even though you've got the paper tag. Right. So what's crazy is you're a Mississippi resident, and we give a grace period of 15 days from the date of purchase. So after that 15 days, you get pulled over because Tennessee still hasn't sent the required paperwork for you to get your tags in the state of Mississippi. Yeah. And you get pulled over. Technically, you could be written a ticket for not having your tags. And so I I recently went through this, by the way, um, not having tags on a vehicle for like almost three months mm. because it was just something held up, something hung up in getting the title to the tag office for me to be able to get the tags. So they won't issue me tags for the vehicle. Yeah. And I'm Mississippi ha- you know, sucks. Oh, Mississippi's <laughs> so Mississippi is so far behind the times. I mean, it just seems like man, when I go when you I go love visit paying my, state taxes. Oh, jeez. God. When I would go visit my uncle in Hernando, he lives up there off mm-hmm. uh Woodland Lake, you know? Right. Right. It's like it's like set, when you go down that main road, it's like, man, did I just go back to the forties and fifties in this motherfucker? Because you got that old town Hernando, you have to go when, 
you have to go behind like this and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going well, on? Well, Hernando here? is trying to, from what I understand, keep the city like that. They love that old town feel. Oh, really? Yeah, they love that they, small country. Like the, town the Toyota, too. the principal Toyota that was there, they went, from what I understand, back and forth on whether they were actually going to allow that to be there because they didn't want car lots and they didn't yeah. want, you know, mobile homes and they didn't want this and that or whatever. They wanted this old timey, just downtown city mm. feel. But uh, Hernando's actually a really cool little town. Like uh, before all the COVID and everything hit, they're on the square where the big courthouse is. Mm-hmm. They would throw up like a big movie projector movie screen and you could bring like your beanbag chair and your freaking cooler of beer or whatever. And they play movies and mm. it was just a cool little vibe. Huh. I know. I knew it was going to start changing out there when they built that Kroger. Because remember, they had that Piggly Wiggly only out there, and then they built I the worked Kro- at that Piggly really? Wiggly, bro. <laughs> that was my first job when I was sixteen. Damn, dude! Like Lewisburg is apparently their school system. Lewisburg is getting another school. Really? Like that? The school, the Lewisburg school itself, is so far over capacity. They've been forced to build another school out there. Nice. So that area is just booming. Hmm. Are they still doing the no tag pulling over here in Memphis, or is it back again? No, what? I know when COVID first happened, they weren't pulling people over for tags. Yeah, we we were giving people a pass on that, but now it's. I mean, everything's online now. You oh, know, you can get it online. You don't have to go to the thing. I mean, you can mail it in and, and do a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. a lot of stuff has changed, I but got yeah, you. so get your tags. Yeah, I wouldn't write you a ticket though. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> I'd be like, get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> You said you had a story you wanted to tell earlier. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you experience all kinds of crazy stuff, and but there's a lot of funny stuff, so many funny stuff. <laughs> and the funniest story I have on the police department is when I shit my pants. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. You get one a year as an adult male police <laughs> one officer. One a year? You get one freebie a year. <laughs> Dude, yeah, the logistics of just living out of a car, you know, yeah. like going from point A to point B. Long story short, I was, I was in narcotics at the time. We had been doing this big operation in this apartment complex over there, like South Memphis, Mill Branch area. So then we go and eat at this barbecue restaurant. I think it was like Payne's or what's that place over there off of Old Getwell? Right there on the oh, corner about exactly where the stop sign about. is? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. where the stop sign is. On the, what, what's the name of that oh, place? Oh, fuck. Um, I don't know, but it's like one of some of the best in Memphis. Yeah, or something you, like that. you know the crazy hair guy? Or yeah. Whatever? There's a gas station here and across the street, right? Yeah. So, so we went. We're eating at this barbecue joint, and I'm hungry. We've been we've been up since like five in the morning uh-huh. doing this operation. We're all black, you know, dressing all black and stuff. Yeah. And so we start eating. I'm like, man, I'm gonna eat a half a pound of brisket, chicken wings, <laughs> and I'll have some of that smoked sausage too. And so I pound all this food, right? Yeah. And then we're like, all right, we're going back downtown to the office. We start heading downtown, dude. Bubble guts. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm on Brooks Road. And I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I key up on the radio. I'm like, hey, what's the what's the closest fire station around here? Yeah. And somebody's like, Brooks and Fontaine. So I was like, boo. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I'm like in panic mode. And I see Exxon. I was like, I, I got to go. Yeah. You know, I got to go. So I pull in there. I whip in there. I don't even lock my truck. I'm in like a Durango. <laughs> yeah. I don't even lock my truck. And there just happens to be two police cars because, you know, they hang out at the map coast. Yeah. So I know these dudes. You know, I walk in there. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to 
I got to use the bathroom. Yeah. I walk, as soon as I walk in, the officer's like, oh, what's up, Juice? And they come try to talk to me. I was like, not now, dude. And I push one dude out of the way. <laughs> I push one dude out of the way. So I start running towards the bathroom. And then as soon as I grab that door handle, locked. Oh. I turned around. The the Arabic dude's like holding the key. Yeah. And I was like, I lost it right there. Oh, Jesus. So oh. then... I have to waddle over there to the fucking, <laughs> I got to go get that key. I was like, shit, I got to stick it. In that. So oh I go in there, God. and the whole time when I'm going to get the key, the two officers are like, oh, Juice, how you been, man? How's your brother? You know, talking to me, and I just shit my pants. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck, man. I was like, not right now. Let's just get this. So I go in there. I throw my underwear in the trash, and I just like, I look around. You know those classic hood ghetto bathrooms? Yeah. Everything's wet. <laughs> There's no napkin or no, they didn't even have toilet paper. They just had napkins, those brown napkins. Yeah. Oh god, like the like, napkins you get for like when you're eating food. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they feel like uh glass shards on your oh. butthole. On your <laughs> oh, butthole, exactly. Glass shards. So I just I was like, fuck man, you know what I'm gonna do? I was like, there's no toilet paper, there's just those brown towels. I'm just gonna put my ass in this sink and wash it. And that's, <laughs> oh, and that's what I did. It's very European. <laughs> yeah. So then. <laughs> Didn't need a bidet. Some underwear's in the trash. Then I go out and I'll say, what's up to the police officer? I get back in my truck and I call my supervisor. I was like, hey, man, I just shit my pants. I need to go home and change. <laughs> and so, this is the police departments are like, it's a bunch of A-type personalities. That's what you need to understand. Yeah. So every day you go, it's like a check fest. Mm. You're just people constantly talking shit. We joke around so much. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's like, oh, you shit your pants? Oh, okay, cool. Well, you can't go home. We gotta, we still got to keep working. So I'm just like free balling. Oh, God. In this fucking <laughs> in fatigues. And then he gets on the radio and he's like, Juicy just shut his, he just shut his pants. Because <laughs> you know we're on like a secret frequency. Yeah. So yeah. everybody knows. It's just like people constantly talking shit. Oh, that's funny. It's terrible. Man. Were you working, um, was that undercover thing you guys were doing? Yeah. That's what, okay. That's when I was in like narcotics stuff. Oh, okay. Stuff doing. We were doing a bunch of like arrest warrant pickups and mm. these apartments over there. Off that of just sounds dangerous as fuck. It is, man. You, but if you're scared, go to church. Like Money Bag Yo said, you got to bring your strap. It's a part of your wardrobe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, I'm, I'm telling you, at being a police officer, you, you start to learn certain things you need. Baby wipes. Baby wipes. Are a must. If you don't baby wipe, you're not clean. You need comfortable footwear. Okay. Yep. And you need a complete change of clothes from head to toe. Yep. Because it, at some point, you will shit your pants. Wow. And that's why you should get. One freebie a year. Nobody can <laughs> nobody can talk shit other than the guys you work with. Yeah. Right. Because it's gonna happen to all of you. Wow. But yeah, dude. I really feel bad for so, I really feel bad for women in law enforcement that are on patrol with the because like trying to even you know, if if they've got to pee, they've got to come out of all that. Oh, and, oh yeah, shit. So, I didn't even think about that. So yeah, man, dude. Like you gotta take their belt off and yeah, it's 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 a like logistical nightmare how much mm. does that belt weigh a lot a lot a lot and it causes back problems yeah because you like this right or do you like leaning forward it, with it or it puts back? all that pressure on your hips yep. and then you sit in the freaking seat and you have like two pair of handcuffs your gun your radio all on your you know the back while you're trying to drive for eight to twelve hours yeah it just it's it's crap so a lot of places again work for a very fortunate department have gone to like a load bearing vest, so where you can take like some of the stuff off of your hips and carry it on your vest, which your shoulders carry the weight for. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. It's still it's still a lot though, right? You still have to carry it. It's yeah, you still have yeah. to carry it. It's still thirty pounds of crap, you know, that you've got to lug around everywhere you go. What's all on there? Bullets and shit. So yeah. for us, standard, you have you have two spare magazines with uh-huh. seventeen rounds of nine millimeter apiece, which those you know that's weight. Um, moving around, I guess that would be counterclockwise from my left hip would be uh, taser. Radio, dildo, hand, <laughs> handcuffs. Uh, I'll leave a blank space for my back. Another set of handcuffs, and then my weapon, fully loaded magazine again, and then pepper spray. Uh, flashlight is on there somewhere. Aspatine. Which you know we we we're not carrying aspatons anymore. They took it completely out of policy. So, but is that the ones that go that, that open out? Yes, yeah. and you can yes. smash it against the yes. ground to close and it. You again. can so roast people. I used to them. have the fuck. Out, I used <laughs> to love people. those things when I was a bouncer. We we used to beat the fuck out of people with those things. I mean, straight up, dude, Raul. You know uh, the one fifty two bouncers fuck people up, dude. Yeah, when they, I worked at one five two. There was no, there was no, you know, back then there was no cameras, you know, no cell phone cameras, none of that. Dude, you fucked up, you fucked up, you were getting fucked up in yeah. the club before you made it, before you got oh, arrested. Yeah, so dude. were you working there like 2005-ish? No, I was there 2002. He got his ass whooped too. <laughs> so, I was there 2000. I was about to say, you, you're starting to really look familiar. Yeah. I was there from 2002 to 2004 or something like that. And then I worked at Alfred's for like four years. And then yeah. I worked at the little psychic shop next to 152 for a couple of years, you know, one year. And it was just, you know. Bro, who's that, who's that black dude? He was a real good guy. Uh, he was real tall, swole as hell. At man. Alfred's? At Al- no, not at Alfred's. At uh, 152. Older guy. He was like 50-something, but he was jacked, man. He was white. Yeah. He's a, he's a Tunica County Sheriff. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That dude was swole. Yeah. He's so... Funny story with that, I saw, so me, my friend Stack, and a couple of other friends are at the Ole Miss-Memphis game at, at, in Ole Miss, right? And we have already smuggled in all our fucking booze and shit, Fuck right? Ole Miss. Right? Exactly. And then we're sitting there, we're, we're standing in the concourse, and I see Dwight. I'm like, what's up, man? We were just like, bullshitting with them. Like, I was like, I forgot you told me you were a cop. He's like, yeah, man, I've been doing this for you know 20 years or something like that. And I just whip out my bottle out of my back pocket and start making my drink. <laughs> He's like... You stupid, Bro. you stupid motherfucker. I'm like, what? <laughs> We're friends. He knows our trick. He's like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to turn this way. I want you to finish your fucking drink by the time I turn back around. Mm-hmm. And I want you to get finish that bottle by the time I turn it back around. Or I'm gonna th- you're going to throw it away. I was like, oh, yes, sir. Well, give me like 30 seconds. He's like, all right. He <laughs> faces that way. And then I'm fucking chugging. I mean, a full bottle of and one, one 12 ounce Coke. I'm like, oh, God, God. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I was fucked up in like 20 minutes and I stayed fucked up for like five hours. Dude, that was, yeah, that was, there's, they had some soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> soldiers. <clears throat> yeah. So the third floor, mm-hmm. first time there. 2005-ish, mm-hmm. I think Raul was actually really there. He just doesn't want to admit it. But the bathrooms, like I was oh, drunk yeah. and I had to pee. Yeah. And I start walking to the, toward this bathroom, and as I start to go in, I get freaking like clothesline, choked out, all, and I'm just like, I'm just trying to pee. And they're like, the men's bathroom is over there. Mm-hmm. And it was like some little dank, dusky oh, little Oh, that's like, right. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck? And he's like, yes, yeah, that door over there. And I'm like, bro, that looks like a freaking closet. You know, that, that, that's no way that's a bathroom. 
was like, there's two doors here for bathrooms. One's, you know. Yeah. And, no. and that's where they posted up. Like, the bouncers would be sitting right there. Mm. And I guess just to kind of keep you out of the girls' bathroom, which, hey, it's 2020 now. I guess it doesn't really matter, right? Right. But no, dude, like, <clears throat> they, used to fuck the, they used to fuck up people there. We used to fuck up people there, Alfred's. And then it all ended when one of the rental cops somebody cracked, took it too far cracked someone's skull. Yeah. Oh my god! They chased somebody down. Um, what's the street? So you're Silkies, and then you have Alfred's across the street. What's that street? Second Street or something? Yeah, second, second, second and Beale. Yeah. He came out. So he was working on. He was Beale Street security, not like a club security. And they would. They, he ran after this guy. He, he got the guy, uh, he got on top of the guy, and then he started bashing his head into the ground on the on the, on the the street. Yeah, that's nice. And now this guy was uncertified and all this shit. Right. So then, the, then, then, then oh, here comes the state, right? Yeah. Well, we not, now we need to make sure all these balances are working, all these clubs are certified, and all this stuff is certified. And so when we had to get certified, <clears throat> we lost our cash Right, because when you're certified, you have to tell them where you're working at, and right, if you yeah. change jobs, you have to tell them within 30 days. Blah, 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 a lot blah, of blah. those dudes are like side job. Dudes. Yeah, so we yeah. were making we were making 150 bucks a night under the table, you know, not doing shit really. I was working the door, really didn't do shit. You're um, just a doorman. That's right. The guys inside were the ones doing, you know, having all the fun and beating people up and shit. And uh, now you got to pay taxes. Now we have to pay taxes yeah. on it. So, so one five two, one five two was one of the first ones that switched uh, from cash to everyone, everyone was on, everybody was on a check. Yep. It didn't matter how long you worked there or how cool you were with whoever you were getting a check or you didn't work there. And then Alfred started doing it you know, because everybody knew we were getting paid cash. It wasn't like a secret, you know. But like when they started, when they started. Um, Monitoring when the state came in. Is Bobby still at Alfred's? He, he we saw him. Remember? Oh yeah, that's my guy, man. Bobby's shout the, out to Bobby. Bob, Bobby, great motherfucker. Bobby works at FedEx as a courier, and he's been working at Alfred's. I mean, Bobby's been at Bobby was at FedEx for like twenty years when I worked, or twenty five years when I worked there, and he's been working the door or being the security head of security at Alfred's for the past like. So I met Bobby in 2002. He's a good man. Yeah. Good dude. So almost 20 years, just me knowing him as the guy. And then, you know, he's right there. He's been, he was like 10 years before that. So he's almost been working on Beale Street. He's like probably 20 years old. Yeah. You know, him and Lou. Yeah. So I don't know. See, uh, the whole, I don't know. Memphis is small, man. You know how it is. Yeah. Memphis is super small and everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Small town mentality, but it's a big city. Yeah, it's it crazy. Very true. It really is. Mm-hmm. If there is there like um, if you could have any position in, in your department or your department, what is like your what is the end goal of the policing? Like before you retire, obviously. Man, I really would like to either do two things. Do I'm really good at investigations. Mm-hmm. But I kind of got burnt out on it. So, How long have you been doing that? I mean, I've been doing it for a while, like six, really? seven years. Okay. And, you know, the the good thing is you can, you know, you can hold your hat and say, man, I've locked up a bunch of monsters. Right. You know, rapist, robbery suspect. That's like my best thing that I'm really, really good at. And what I love to do is lock up robbers, people that put guns in people's faces yeah. and take their stuff, you know. But 
Uh, I want to go to a mounted patrol. You know the horse officers. Yes, oh, that's awesome. Tell me more. Tell me more about that too, because <clears throat> I read something like, "What is the point of the mounted officers?" So let me tell you this, and this is what I saw, and this is one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen nothing like this. So you know, I'm sitting there in a, with a riot shield or whatever, when all that stuff, because there was a small confrontation. Right. We didn't have any big issues because of the horses. Those horses can move, hunt, like one horse can move like 30 or 40 people, no problem. So you just like keep on moving the horse forward and the people go back or, or forward or whichever you need them to so, go? So you have protesters, right? <clears throat> right. You got a dude in the back throwing a beer bottle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those horses would go through that crowd. People would move out of the way. They'd grab that dude and bring them all the way back and we'd arrest them. Oh, so there's really, I see what you're saying. So it's kind of like it's. It's more of a tactic to use the horse to go yes. through the crowd than y'all walking Absolutely. next to the people, not knowing what's could happen. You, maybe because you, you're elevated, you can elevated. see everything. Yeah, right? you yeah. can see everything. And this is the craziest thing that I've ever seen. It one of the craziest things. It's beautiful. I wish I had it on camera. So I'm sitting there with the riot shield. All the horses are in front of all the riot shield officers, and these horses are like jacked up. It's like they had like 20 Red Bulls, or they just like they know they're in work mode. Yeah, you know, and. uh the horses would scrape the concrete. You know, they have horseshoes and they would, you know, how a bull before he charges, he oh, like, yeah. scrapes the ground. Right. Well, these horses would do that. <laughs> They'd scrape the concrete and it was super intimidating. And those people were like, do not fuck with that horse. No, because, you know, and it's like when people like try to like punch the horse or something, the horse will fucking kick them or something. Yeah. Like, that's your dumbass fault. Now you're going to have a broken rib or whatever, and you're probably going to go to jail because you try to hit a police officer, essentially, right? Because the canine is a police officer, and I would think the horse would be a, considered a police officer, too, right? Yep. Yeah. So, Mississippi again, a little bit different. Uh, uh, see it, fucking but like, it's <laughs> the, the dog, the canine is, is a tool. It's not really, you know, yeah. The dogs are so, shit. But I thought I thought a dog, a canine, a police dog is considered different a police states. Officer. Are, different it states is. are different it laws. Isn't, it is in Tennessee. That's why Mississippi is better. Yeah. <laughs> so, but talk, I'm doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, <kidding>. I'm, just <laughs> I'm just talking shit. Talking about uh, the the mounted patrol though. Like I was down in New Orleans uh, years and years ago on Bourbon, and they went to arrest somebody. And the horse actually pinned the person against the building, really? against the brick wow. wall. It, and I mean, I guess they're trained to do, you know, to do yeah. that. And the the mounted officer, you know, was off the horse, and the horse did everything it was supposed to do, and whatever. It was you're not going anywhere if you've got a horse pinning you to a wall. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like, like <laughs> thousand pounds or more, you know. But yeah, I've, I've watched him because uh, my buddy went through that training mm-hmm. and he got certified, and he's a mounted patrol officer. Those horses go through so much training, like they throw firecrackers at their feet and stuff like that, because you know they're they're wow. huge animals. Yeah, they're, they definitely are. When I worked on Beal, I was friends with two of the guys. I don't remember their names now, but they would always come to dyers and eat and stuff like that, you know. And like you stand next to them, like they're off the horse. They're like you know the horse is this tall, and they're like right to the bottom of the neck of the horse or whatever it's called. You know, I'm like, God damn, this thing is fucking humongous. Yeah. Ho- horses are beautiful. And I, I just love, you know, cause I grew up in Mexico and, you know, I grew up bull riding and working right. on the cattle farm and stuff. So every summer my parents would send me to Mexico and I grew up around horses and roping and all, man, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So the country lifestyle now, after being law enforcement, that's all I want to go back to, man. Yeah. You know, being around livestock and farming and, 
I want chickens now. Because that's yeah. your end goal, right, is to do the farm? Yeah, farm and... <clears throat> dude, chickens are awesome. Hell yeah, They dude. put themselves to bed at night. They what? do. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh-huh. Like, if you have chickens and you let them free range, uh, you know, during the day to eat, you know, they'll eat bugs and mosquitoes and all kind of craziness. You won't have a tick problem or anything in your yard. Yeah. So uh, at night, when the sun starts going down, they know where their coop is, and that's safety... So they put themselves to bed. So when I I had like 10 chickens and I didn't believe it, man, I was, you know, had them for a couple of weeks and I kept them cooped for about a week and a half, two weeks. So they knew that that's safe. Started letting them out during the day. And at night I'd come out and I'm like, one, two, three, four, 10. Holy shit. They put Damn. themselves up. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. That's awesome. Here's another fun fact. Did you know that every chicken only has a certain amount of eggs that they can lay? Mm-mm, in its lifetime? That. In its lifetime. Yeah. Hmm. So there's a shelf life on There's chickens. a shelf life on chickens. So what do you do with the chicken after it hatch, hatches its 100 eggs or whatever? Well, then you eat that sandwich. <laughs> is it like a... It's, it's it, the country life, the homestead, baby. Is they eat, now, does each chicken have a different number? Yes. Oh, okay, see, that's... Yeah, okay. Yes. So, so like, you don't know. Like Rhode Island Reds, mm-hmm. they have like 205 or, you know, plus or whatever... And I just learned this from another buddy of mine who loves chicken stuff. He's got a bunch of chickens. So if you want some chickens, holler at your boy. I want some eggs. I got you, dude. The Look, eggs as soon are so as much I, better. As so soon as better, I get yeah. my chicken coop set up, and I'm going to have it, it's going to be bougie, too. You know, you know, i got to have a bougie chicken coop. I'm going to be turning out farm fresh eggs for all my friends, yeah. and it's free. Because if you don't, like, have people to give them to, they will crank them out, dude. Yes. Do they not? They do. They I do. know Thacker was telling me because he has some chickens, and he was saying that they got a bunch. You can of just leave them yeah. the eggs on the counter. You don't have to freeze them, right? Mm-hmm. As long, the yeah, they they have a protective coat on them. You yeah. don't have to. You don't have as long as you don't wash them and wash yeah. that protective coat off. They can sit right there on the counter. They don't have to be put in the refrigerator. When That's I was wild. in Cash Saver on Friday or yesterday, I should say, they have three pallets of twenty four dozen eggs. You know, like a little serving thing. I was like, uh, shouldn't I be in the in the cold box or in the cooler? And they're like, no, that's where people buy them from. We leave there all day and night. I'm like, yeah. I thought eggs have to be cold. No. Apparently, only America, only us in America, put them in the fridge. Like in Britain and stuff, they're still on the counter and yeah, stuff. I didn't know counter. that. Yeah. And another thing well, too, I guess if you think about it, they'd be outside. So what's the difference being inside your house? It just you know? de- it just depends on how the chicken is raised. Like yeah. some, you know, those white eggs that we get from yeah. the store. That chicken is in a cage where it can't move. Okay. All it can do is eat, like feed, and drop eggs. That's it. It's in like a cage where it cannot move at all. Yeah. Is that like the uh, cow that you get feel from? What, or what is it called, Tony? You know the cows that are in like a small box? Well, the the boxes are right, – so there's grass-fed beef and then there's grain-fed beef. Cause, so that's another reason why I want to start cow ranching is yeah. because I embarked on that carnivore journey. Yeah, and I've been eating so much meat. Looking Jack, I've been eating so much meat that I like. It's so expensive, dude. I spend two hundred dollars a week on myself eating prime rib, yeah, really? ribeyes, steaks. Like I eat steaks every day. Steak, oh. eggs, cheese, all that stuff. But it's it's a lot better when you get farm fresh stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you treat your body like a <clears throat> Uh, my body, my body's a dumpster. I mean, I'll <laughs> eat whatever, drink whatever, do That's whatever the, drug. I, know, I don't care. You can't out train a shitty diet. That is true. Well, when I'm working out, like I'm been working out, I look sexy as fuck. I was gonna but, say uh, something, Raul, but you know, 
I see you over there, bro. Thanks, bro. You, you're getting it in. Wait, just wait. Because I remember Big Raul. Everybody remembers Big uh, yeah. Raul. Just wait. And Tony, I'm still your friend. Tony, Tony's going to get mad. He's going to get jealous in a second. You're hitting on me. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, but yeah, when I saw you on Sunday, you were just talking to us. Your fucking arms just look fucking giant, man. I'm like, what the fuck is... And I haven't touched a weight since COVID started. Really? Yes, sir. That's just from the meat. That's, that's all, that's all protein. You know who put me on it? Bart. Bart Rutledge. Mm. And then I, I listened to a Joe Rogan podcast about it. It's a, that's doctor, a good podcast. Dr. Sean Baker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just goes into, you know, how some vegetables will actually fuck your stomach up. Like mm. corn. Why do you, we even eat corn? Because it tastes good. It comes good. out the same way when... You're like, yeah, that's corn in my poop know, right there. Yeah. yeah. Your body doesn't digest it. It doesn't break it down at all. Now, wait. Question. before you, One second, Juice. If you on an island, stranded island, and all of a is corn year-round, could you eat your own corn over and over and over and over? I don't think so. Yeah. Corn is filling, but it's not nutritious at all for it you. It just makes you it's fat. It's nothing. Mm. I mean... It, it, or maybe if, if you get that. Yeah. I just know from what I experience from eating red meat and grass-fed beef, I feel the best I've ever felt. I look the best I've ever. I have a six-pack now. You know what I mean? And... I don't. I never get tired. My energy levels are so high. So, what's a daily meal for you? So every morning I wake up. Now I I did start incorporating some vegetables, and that's only just to accent the meat and okay. stuff. So like pico or salsa, right? Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> okay. So I wake up every morning. I eat eggs, and you eat till you get full. Mm. So I eat eggs, cheese, bacon every day for breakfast, and then sometimes I'll skip lunch if I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, or if, I, if I'm hungry, I'll eat. I'll go to like, uh, what's that place over there on Poplar, the burrito place? Where is it at? On Poplar? Uh, yeah, Poplar. Moe's? No, the other place. Chipotle? Swankies. Oh, Swankies. I go to Swankies a lot and just get like a burrito bowl, you know, but without the beans and stuff. You just get the meat. Just get the meat and some salsa on it and eat that. And then for dinner, I have a ribeye every day. Really? So good. Now, this that's called the carnivore diet, right? Yes. And Bart put me on it because he like posted a picture at a beach when he had a mullet. I'm sure there was a fucking American flag in the background. And I'm like, what the fuck, Bart? I was like, how the fuck do you stay so damn ripped? And he's like, dude, I just eat meat. I was like, bullshit. And then I had to research it because you you can't tell me shit without me seeing it from you know with my own eyes right. and researching it. And I researched it. I did it, and I feel the best I ever felt. So is it mostly red meat, or do you um? Do like chicken and fish and I eat a lot of salmon. Okay. I do eat a lot of salmon. It's the I don't protein, eat, man. It's got yeah. the protein you guys are taking I in. D- I don't eat a lot of chicken per se, because they don't have a lot of fat. So you get your energy from fat. Right. So we've been told the wrong thing our whole lives. Because you know that the food pyramid was created by the USDA, the farmers? Really? Yeah, they're like, hey, to sell eat, more produce. Eat, eat, eat this much stuff. It's there's no scientific backgrounds. And I'm not saying that People are different. People have different genetics, and some stuff works for different people. Right. You know what I mean? There's people like my roommate in college, Darius Henderson, right? He was uh, he's a black dude, and that dude ate fucking pancakes and syrup and uh, what are those little waffle whatever stuff. That's his main diet, and he was shredded, ran a mm. 4 or 540. Jesus Christ. Dude. So that's me. I, I run off of carbs. Like, I— I, I can't do without carbs. Well, once you get high fats, you're good to go. But when you first start this diet, yeah, you're gonna shit a lot. The diarrhea is real. Yeah, uh, 
You can't trust a fart, dude. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you uh, checked your cholesterol or anything on this just to kind of get a baseline or see yeah. if it affects any of that? Perfect. Really? I swear That's to God. That's awesome. Do you ever get constipated from all the meat? No. So uh, another thing, too, is like your gut biome, you don't use the bathroom as often. You know, I've noticed that like when I eat clean or cleanish and, you know, I'm on my diet food mainly, I, I hardly go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like it, I don't have to. And then and then when I do eat like shit, trust you're, me. Yeah. You're, my boy. What the fuck did you eat today? I can smell it all the way out of here. You know, it's like, what the fuck, man? I bet like, Raul takes some crazy shits. It's nasty. <laughs> it's like. It's <clears throat> just gross, man. <laughs> do you still eat a bunch of Indian food, though? When I want it, I hit my mom up. Oh, I'll go there to see my mom and if she has anything. She, she always has food ready, right, for my dad, right? But, like, um, she'll have, like, she always has, like, five or six dishes made. It's just them two. And my dad will eat it all up, you know? But, like, I was like, how the fuck? And my dad's tiny as fuck now, you know? It's just like, Jesus Christ, man. He needs to be eating then. Yeah. Dude, like, the, the curry stuff, though, I love it. Yeah. It just fucks my stomach up. It's like clockwork. There's two things like curry and like, you know, those crab wontongs or whatever. Oh, yeah. That are at Asian restaurants. Yeah. I love them. But there's a, there's a limit. Like, there's a time. Like, as soon as I eat it, I have 30 minutes before I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Serious. And if you eat clean too and you eat anything that's like a carb or a sugar, yeah. your stomach is fucked up. That's 100% a fact. That, so, like, yep. when, I will, when I would go like, like a month, like eating healthy, my, my meal prepping and stuff like that. And then me and Tony will go out or something like that. And I'll, or I'll meet up with Tony, you know, get fucked up. I'll get drunk or something. And I want Taco Bell or just I'll eat like normal food, like Memphis Pizza Cafe or whatever. Dude, I feel like shit. You're going to pay for it. Especially I feel like if you've shit. Been clean. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? I feel like shit for like, like hours afterwards. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, that's why I like, I eat good. Man, who doesn't want to eat steaks every day? Tony eats steak all the time. He he kinda I think he kinda does the carnivore diet, don't you? No, I, I I like fruit and stuff like that, so that wouldn't be a part of it. Well see, mm. it got so expensive for me that I was like, Man, how do I get the best deal possible? So then I go to Sam's and I'm getting better deals and then I'm eating so much meat that I'm like, Man, I got hooked up with a buddy of mine that has a restaurant depot card. So I'm buying it in that's bulk. Where the, that's where the fucking yeah. that's so, where you save your money, bro. So now I'm paying eight dollars a pound, and I was like, "Fuck, even this is still expensive." Yeah. So then I I was like, "Man, if I raise my own cattle, because you know I just moved out to the country, mm-hmm. I was like, can you do it on that land? Yeah, is that enough space? Yeah, and I mean, you can, I, your house is big as fuck. I mean, your land is big as fuck. You have to I have like know. so many acres per. Yeah, it's like two. But if you have smaller cows like steers, mm-hmm. you can raise more of them per acre than. Like a full-grown cow. Oh, okay. Because those things are going to be eaten. Yeah. And they got to have that grass. You know what I mean? Man, like, I, I don't – I know you said you, you hunt and you love to hunt and stuff like that, but uh, I don't hunt. I've got a buddy that I work with that slays deer. And so he calls me every winter. He's like, hey, I, I'm going to drop this one off at the processor. Do you want it? I so eat it. I eat my, a bunch yeah, of Yeah, my, my freezer stays full like that, you know. See, I, I heard eat. deer jerky is really good. Oh, man. It's if good. y'all want deer meat, I will hook y'all up. You know, I'm plugged in. All I do is hunt and fish. That's my only escape from law enforcement. Right. It's like you got to have your hobby that makes you sane, and that's what it does. 
because it's just peaceful. It's tranquil. You're out in the outdoors. So you're one of those guys that sit in those blinds. It's called blind, like a duck blind. Yeah, like, a, a duck hunt, duck hunt, deer hunt, yeah. a squirrel hunt. We just went to LBL and killed like 186 squirrels. <laughs> How about that? Jesus yeah. Did How you many? use a BB gun or what the fuck? I don't no, know. We're, we're shooting them with shotguns, dude, because it's yeah. like, <laughs> I love hunting. That's all I think about. It's priority over pussy. Yeah. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> so when I, I bought my house, it was built in the 60s, and it has some huge oak trees out front. And uh, the squirrels were in the attic. Oh. Like, and it was crazy because on the normal hours that I was at home, never heard them. Mm-hmm. But like a, like a strange day off that I just didn't really, you know, wasn't yeah. normal. I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. I hear, I'm like, what the fuck? And so – I finally figured out that the squirrels were getting into my attic. So I went and I patched up where they were getting in and I destroyed their nest. And we got like fox urine and poured (laughs) fox urine up there and like all this stuff. Thank you. What finally wound up, uh, thank you. What finally wound up getting them out was I, for Christmas a few years ago, my uh, father-in-law, he loves to get me just the craziest gifts. Well, he Mm -hmm. got me one of these, uh, like 22 caliber air rifles, like mm. a barrel break. And it's got a, like a four power scope on so it. Just waxing squirrels. Dude, I was sitting on my front porch just day after day after day, <laughs> just killing squirrels. Did you kill 186? How many? In Tennessee, we kill 186. Jesus. You didn't kill shit. Because <laughs> you're from Mississippi. I'm just. <laughs> so much hate. Oh, so God. much. I don't, like people. I don't like people from Mississippi because they're. Their teeth don't even touch when they talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, Come on, and, John. Don't do this and, to you. And they, and they pay state not, taxes. They're like, oh, not Mississippi you, so You awesome. prepare for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something about Mississippi taxes. Going back to the car tags. Yeah. How much do you spend on car tags a year up here in Tennessee? I think like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, they okay. roast people. Yeah. My truck is a 2017 Toyota Tacoma TRD oh. Pro, by yeah. the way. Uh, thank, oh, thank thanks, you. My thanks, Chris. Hard. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, nice. Chris at uh, Principal Toyota. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice shout out. Nice shout yeah. out. <laughs> so, uh, so I went to get tags for this thing, and it was like three year old vehicle. It's like seven hundred bucks. What? what? Yes. yes, that's the thing. About and I was like, and I'm like, I, I can't fathom this. And it's always been that way since I started driving. It's a road and privilege tax. It's some bullshit. And so dude. it's it's supposed to be for maintaining the roads and bridges. You ever driven anywhere in Mississippi? <laughs> the fucking roads suck. Where's my money going? Yeah. So some of the MPD officers that live in Mississippi, uh-huh. they, you know, they doesn't get taken out of their check. So at the end of the year, they have to pay like two to three thousand dollars. Yeah. As a state income tax. Yep. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. That's because the, Tennessee doesn't hold it out throughout right. the year. Yeah. So, so you got to budget that. Mississippi's beautiful. It's rural, and man has has some of the greatest people, but. I cannot get behind their whole tax revenue. That's why I hate that state. Like, they just uh, tax the shit out of the people. That's why yeah. you see a lot of Mississippi people driving beaters, you know, like old trucks. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cheap. Because yeah, they will. What, you buy a 2020, like, diesel Duramax or Dodge Cummins truck, your de- tags every year are going to be like two to $3,000. That makes no year. sense. It man. makes no sense. You buy a BMW in Mississippi. So, how did we get away with the $109 a, a year? Because we're in Tennessee and we don't pay state uh, income tax. Oh, okay. None. Now, our sales taxes are a little bit higher mm-hmm. than Mississippi, 
Because we had like 9.25 or something right, like that. Right, but it's not that much cheaper. Right. 7% Mississippi. Right. Well, that's why a lot of people that live in Mississippi, Tennessee, like by the border kind of, go to that um, Walmart over there and that Kroger right there on, what is it, Getwell or whatever? Yeah, because yeah. it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's a big problem, though. Wow. Damn. Isn't that crazy? It is real crazy. Yeah, that's why I'm like always – that's why I wore Tennessee shirts. <laughs> I'm proud of where I'm from. <laughs> well, I like asking this question. I've asked it numerous times, but I've never had – not one, but now I have two police officers, right, on this podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> if you could commit any crime, what would that crime be? Like you know, there's no there's no repercussion from it. It's like the purge, the movies, the purge, and stuff like that. You can just you can go out there and do it, and, and that's the end of it. Like, well, there, there's books. Like we have a TCA book that's like super thick. It's volumes of stuff that you can walk down the street and do something illegal. You know, but nobody like fantasizes about doing something illegal. Even as a cop, it, I don't want to get away with any crime because I don't want to get in trouble. You know. You're such a shitty person, Ralph. What kind <laughs> he of tried. He, he tried. I'm like, what kind? I was like, no, I don't want to rape anybody. No, I know you don't. No, 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 no. I don't want to rob anybody. You know what I would do? Cool. Okay, no, no. You know what I would do? What? I would go rob a bank, but not hurt anybody in the bank. Oh yeah, but let's not hurt anybody until that security <laughs> guard fucking pulls a strap on you. No, 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 no. And then you got to take care of business, Ralph. What are you gonna do? I'll just run. I'll run away. What are you just gonna drop the gun? Go question off your list. No, it's a great question. (laughs) If I I could commit any crime, it would be never again pay taxes. Oh yeah. Ooh, you you fucked up. You gave up your answer, dude. Fuck you. He served me. He got me. Yeah. Oh god. Those those Mississippi dudes are clever sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking taxes. (laughs) That kind of like kind of like. What would you give up not to ever pay taxes again? Oh, that that one. Mm-hmm. What would I give up to what never pay taxes? Oh, yeah. No, you, it's your choice. A testicle? Yes. There I you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A finger? Yep. Yeah. All day long. I mean, Toe? No problem. Right. I don't know. I, Why are you giving up body parts? I was thinking, like, what can I get rid of? <laughs> what, what do I don't? What do I not need? White people problems, right there. <laughs> Dude's like, I'll just give away my Cadillac. Yeah. I'm just kidding. All right. So, what? Juice, you go first on this one. All right. What advice do you have for people, not just living here in Memphis, just in general, you know, like what would your advice be for people? What advice be for people as far as what? Like to get along, to, to better themselves, whatever. Your advice could be anything you want your advice to be. Oh, so this is my thing is be polite, be kind, no matter what, man. And, uh, Always be ready to have an open conversation with people. Talk to people. Right. You know, I've, I've talked to both left and right, and, you know, I'll talk to anybody, and I don't see color. There is no color, you know. Right. We're all human beings. And at the end of the day, it comes down to good people. And if people can't talk anything through, you know, we have to get past all this negativity. And, like, uh, on your other podcast, you were talking about negative people are a cancer. Yeah. We yeah. really are. Stay away from negative people and just surround yourself with good folks and you'll never have a problem. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. like if, if you only mind have, your fucking business. Yeah. If you have a bunch of friends that are doing well or doing stuff, yeah. you're going to do, you might be the least doing the least out of your friends, but you're still doing well with your friends. Right. Yeah. And if you've got a bunch of friends that are sh- 
you know, rob and killing, raping, whatever. You right. more than likely could be one of those. Surround guys yourself too. with good people. Yeah, exactly. So, like, Raul, if you called me, I'm like, hey man, my fucking fence blew down. Can you come over here? I'd be out here with a freaking tool set. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just what friends do. Right. And, and it's just networking of good people, man. You can accomplish a lot of stuff. It's like they say, you got to audit your circle. Exactly. So you don't want to be around people that are bringing oh, that's good. you down. That's good. Well, it's, not, it's not mine. It's a gear. I, I was gonna say, where'd you get that from? But that's true. Hundred percent. Yeah. So it's, you know, like if you have that one loser friend that's always negative and always downtrodden and, and all their shit, it's going to bring everybody else in the group down. Yeah. So you got to eliminate them. It's like a cancer. You, know? you, you just got to cut it out. Yeah. Move on. You got to. But sometimes you can eliminate them. Or at least lessen your time that you spend with that person. Correct. Because some people you know? have to vent. Yeah. I understand that. But mm-hmm. then there's a difference between venting and negative people. Yeah. Yeah. John, what's your advice for people? Hmm. Well, uh, I started living by this motto a few years back. I found this company surfing through Instagram, and their motto is die living. Mm. So basically, you're from the time you're born to the day you die, you're only allotted so many days. Yeah. We all know when our birthday is, but nobody knows the date of our death, and we pass it every single year, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. So you need to live every day like it's your last. So if you've always wanted to go skydiving, fuck it. Go yeah. skydive. Yeah. You know, go try it. Yeah. You know, there's, you've never tried sushi. Why not? Mm-hmm. Go, go try it. So live that day. Like you may never get that opportunity again. Seize that opportunity. Because it's true, man. We just don't never know, man. Like we're here right now on this podcast and, Something could happen tomorrow to me, you know. I don't know. Hell, you know? I can have a car wreck driving back through Mississippi and hit a fucking pothole. More yeah, likely you know? a de- more likely a deer, but you know, I just you know, I just lost a buddy, right? Like, no, I, I didn't just, know that. I just buried one of my friends two days ago. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, you're well, sorry, man. Bobby Montgomery, right? He's a coworker of mine. Mm-hmm. He's real good friends with me and Eric Vernon. You know, Eric. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So me, him, and Eric are. You know, we're real good friends, and we called him Snacks. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a bigger officer or whatever. He's a police officer, black dude. Yeah. Great guy. But he got the coronavirus, oh, killed him. Man. Damn. So one thing I do is in, in afterward, the shift, you know, and all the, we got together, and we just drank beer and talked about it, and we hashed it out. You know, the thing about it is be kind to all your friends. And always, I always, when I call people, and people always think this is crazy, but I'm like, all right, man, I love you. I always tell people I love you. Because you remember Calvi? Yeah. Remember Travis? Mm-hmm. Well, when he died. Oh, the, the, he was friends with Thacker, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. The last thing I told him is I love you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's awesome. You yeah. Know? So I always tell my friends I love you because you don't know when you're going to see them or what's going to happen or what they're going through. You know, and, and when you get good people and, you you know, you love them, I, I truly do. I'm like, hey, man, I love you. Yeah. And that's the last thing. If they die tomorrow, the last thing you ever told them was, hey, man, I love you. That's a beautiful thing. It is Eubank, a beautiful thing. Eubank does that. Eubank does that? Yeah. And when I, you know, he used to say, like, hey, I love you. Like, it would be a bunch of people around. I was like, God, oh, you're embarrassing me, man. Why are you doing that? He's like, I don't give a fuck about any of these. You know, like, you, you get no. mad. I'm like, and I started, started thinking about it. I'm like, well, you know what? That it's not sense. non-masculine. We, yeah, we all yeah. have gay friends. And yeah. Shit like that. You know, yeah. it's true. People love to love. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and he was like, I don't give a fuck, man. And I was like, well, you need to stop giving a fuck, Who too. I was like, fuck? oh, you're right. And then, you yeah. know, I was like, I love you, too, man. You know, yeah. and now, now every time I talk to him, last thing we say, you know, it's pretty much, I love you, you know. And he's like, yeah, you know, I love you, too. And then now my friend Nick started saying it a lot. And you know, I, I, I got it originally from Dave Chappelle. Remember when he's like, 
saying crazy shit to like people he's talking to. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, zippity doo dah, bye bye now. You know, you remember that? <laughs> yes. when it, remember that? Well, yeah. That's why I was like, man, I'm gonna start telling people I love you because a lot of people freak the fuck out. Yeah. yeah, you're like, hey man, all right man, I love you. Like, all right, and they just <laughs> see you later. They, they okay. freak the fuck out, dude. It's so fucking funny. So I, oh, God. so I don't know. I, intellectually, like I'm bored sometimes, so I fuck with people just see how they react. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> so funny. I think that's part of being a cop too. It is too, man. Really. You just you your friends. You will freaking rag on your friends. Yeah, you know it. Like he was <clears throat> Juice was saying earlier that that alpha type personality. You know, if you don't have thick skin. You're probably not in the right crowd. You know, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to joke on you, and you're at some point it's coming back around, and you will be the brunt of all jokes. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. If you show up to roll call, it's kind of like being in Memphis City Schools. Okay, you're gonna get rocked. Yeah, and the, checking check yeah. sessions, dude. You will get fucked up. That's dude. that's a lot of how <laughs> some tight pants or something on. Yeah. Like, damn man, that, that ain't right. Dude. That that's a lot of how we deal with you know our stresses you know, throughout the day, like you, you go to that scene where it's a, a DOA call and somebody's committed suicide with a shotgun. Yeah. I mean, if you could imagine or picture that, you yeah. know, I don't so, want to, but I, you I know, see it now. And, and you've got to go work that scene. The well, missed. Wh- while you're sitting there working that scene, your buddy is cracking the most gruesome, nasty fucking jokes. Yeah. And you're like, fuck man. Like, yeah, you know, and he's joking on you, you know, <laughs> it's not like he's just telling you a funny joke. He's, yeah. he's fucking with you. And that's just how we deal with stresses in life. Yeah. I've heard a lot of comedians deal with that the same way. They'll like make a joke at somebody's funeral. Yeah. You know, dude. So this one time it was like a fucked up ass scene. I don't even know why, but there was like a, you know, those suction cup dildos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was this dude died in the house, so we got to deal with that. That sucks, right? Mm-hmm. But he's got like this suction cup dildo in the living room, just random. So somebody, one officer grabbed it and stuck it on the damn glass. <laughs> so everybody that's got to walk, that show up, they're like, oh, fuck. They got to like dodge this dildo. And it's funny, but it's not funny because yeah. they got to go deal with the death. But it's just shit like that. Yeah. Right. And it's crazy, man. Kind of break the. The sadness a little so, bit. So, yeah. how many cars have you searched where you found crazy shit like that? A lot. Oh, my God. Dude, like, there's like, lesbian chicks in the hood that, like, wear strap-ons. Oh, while they're driving around? Like, you'll be searching, like, a female that's, yeah. like, you know, a lesbian it, chick. Yeah. And then they'll just, like, wear strap-ons. You're like, what the fuck is wow. that? Bro, I've been in the Army, so, you know, I've seen a lot of male frontal nudity. Uh-huh. I've never seen some dicks the size of these dildos that these lesbians have. Like, yeah. how is it? I know, I know that those things can birth a baby, yeah. but Jesus fucking yeah. Christ, yeah. there's yeah. nothing I can yeah. do for you. You don't need a 20 inch dildo, bitch. Get the fuck out of here. You can please with way less, with oh, more battery funny. power. Yeah. You know? See, that's where women have a, a you know, a, a leg up on us, if you will. Like you go into any sex store mm-hmm. and it's aisles and aisles of like, Fake dicks, vibrating dicks, pulsating dicks, yeah. all this. What does a guy get? His freaking left or his right hand. <laughs> you know, like there's nothing. You may get a pocket pussy, but trust me, it's not the same. Or you buy one of those sex dolls and look like a creep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would buy one of those sex dolls. I mean, I'm not a creep. They're like $5,000, though. <clears throat> I'll put it on a credit card. I <laughs> paid, paid monthly. Like, how sad is that to pull that out every night? It, 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 they weigh a lot, too. Yeah, that'd be really they, sad. realistic. Wait. When you in the you were in the army? Yes. Okay. Tell my friend about 
when you how you made your own pocket pussy. Oh, bro. Thank, thank you. He told me I was weird as fuck when I was talking about it in one of the podcasts like a couple months ago. I was Bro, like, dude, you get your, I saw you get it on the Army listen, channel, dude. You get, you get your Pringles can. Yeah. Thank you. You take, you take two, two washcloths. Uh-huh. You roll them up. You put them side by side. They don't even feel good on your <laughs> and foreskin. Then, and, and then you take you a freaking rubber glove, a, yeah. a good latex rubber glove that's not going to pop on you, and you shove it down in there, bend it over the can, put a few rubber bands, some duct tape around it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you got some Mississippi shit your, right there. Your boy Bobby Lee was talking about that the other day. Okay, well, see, I didn't. Raul, know. were you asking for a friend? No, <laughs> I was telling him that I've seen it on like the internet, and you know, I, I tried one. Lube or no lube? Did you try it? I made lube one. Or no lube. You made your <laughs> oh, own? Definitely. Lube. I made my own. You but don't mine, want a friction blister. Mine was uh, the one I made was um, a Pringle can, but you just put like uh, you put you put um. You, it was like a sponge, right? So you, the yeah, sponge you, is like yeah, this, I, sure. and then the sponge <laughs> is like this, and then you push the sponge inside the Pringle can, and then you put a condom around the spring, on, uh, over the Pringle can. Like Raul, I was in Ooh. the middle of Iraq. We didn't have all those luxuries. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and, you, and he had to get some relief, right? So yeah, so you, you gotta have relief. So you um, you just roll it down, and you fill it up with loo, and you put. Did loo. you come from it? No, I told you, I just, it, it doesn't work like that. It's always hard for me to come from it because I was so used to jerking off. You know, dude. And another thing, my brother told me because he's been deployed a bunch. Yeah, he t- he has a terra. He when he was in on his deployment, he had a terabyte of porn. Jesus Christ! And all the military dudes jerked off in the porta potties. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a spot over the smell of shit. Like, yeah, they're like, hey, it's, uh, it's 120 degrees outside. You're in a plastic freaking oh my can. God. Yeah. That just um, sounds miserable. Terrible. Wow. I know. I I don't know how they could do that because. When we're at Barbecue Fest, it's 119,000 degrees in there, and we're in there for, like, like what, 35, 35, 40 seconds? And ours are not out in the sun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are in the middle, these are in the middle of the sun. Oh, uh, dude. It was... Mm. Dude, Barbecue Fest, I passed out in a porta potty The only reason I woke up is because I got so hot, and I was babysitting a barbecue sandwich. So I'm on the shitter eating a pulled pork sandwich, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> Barbecue Fest is so much fun. God, I can't wait for it to come back, man. Me too, dude. It hurt my heart, and it's a blur. And I always tell people, like, hey, man, you should come to my tent at Barbecue Fest. Like, we hang out the whole time. Well, the thing, <laughs> the best thing is, I really thought they were going to do it in October, and then I was going to say that. Man, I was praying know, for that. You know, dude. I was going to think, well, fuck, it might be October, it, uh, October, not Memphis in May, but Memphis in October, from because we know the weather is so much oh, better. It's so much cooler. Be so much right? better. And yeah, remember how they did a uh, barbecue fest at Tiger Lane? Yep, that, that was year? awesome. That was fucking awesome. Load in, load out was boom, awesome. boom. We were done. That was always a shit show. There wasn't an asshole like myself that couldn't drive a fucking trailer, right? So you, you have to back up and then block everybody off for like hours, you know? So that was so fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Because you've seen our rig, right? Yeah. Y'all's, a bad, y'all's is badass. Yeah, we man. have to have a tow truck. A wrecker tow truck pull that rig. It, I don't mm. even know what it weighs, but I'd still hook it up to my truck. Yeah. Wow. I remember at one bar, at, at Tiger Lane Barbecue Fest, I fall and I just lay there and Tony pours beer on me, wake me back up. The lady's, Trying to revive him, The lady's man. like, the lady's like, 
is he okay? Is he okay? Some lady, you know, really concerned, you know? And she's like, is he okay? Is he okay? She's like, oh, yeah, he's fine. He's pouring beer. I'm like, ah, ah. And I wake back up and start walking again with him. I'm like, god damn, get I, me out of here. I can tell you one thing. Fuck Fireball, dude. I, I'm oh. glad that fad is over with. Stuff's mm. terrible. Because when that came to Barbecue Fest, oh, it was terrible. Well, you know, Elizabeth Sullivan, she, she's the managing whatever yeah. here in Memphis for it, right? She's in charge of it. And... She had like six or seven teams last year that were that spot uh, fireball sponsored them. Fireball. They, they, they had the ice luge and she had all, all her uh, gold slogger. You remember gold slogger? Yes, the little flakes in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was the best, dude. That was fucking awesome. Rumble, Rumble. you love Rumble, oh, Mitch. I do, dude. Every time I remember, I used to hate Raul when I'd seen. Him. I was like, oh, what's up, Raul? And then we'd we'd be like, shot. And he's like, Rumble Mitts. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah, I was fuck like, you're going to let me choose his Rumple. Fuck. Oh, it's terrible. Because the old census days were crunk. Yeah. They sure were. So, confession, I've never actually been to Barbecue Fest. Oh, dude. That's because you're from Mississippi. Exactly. And Memphis people get crunk. Dude, man. Mississippi people could not handle Barbecue Fest. Well, we have our own little version in DeSoto County. It's but, called South Haven Fairfest or something like that. But I can Spring tell you this. Fest. Fest. There's a lot of Mississippi barbecue teams that come down that are fucking badass. Yeah. They, they come to compete. Bunch of yeah. What's the, what's the lady's name that went, was one past, like, out of past five years, she's won four of them? It's the lady that uh, yeah, she owns Memphis, Memphis Barbecue. barbecue company. Oh, is that who it is? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'll have Boar's Night Out. Boar's Night Out. Oh, is that the one it is? Oh, yeah, they're good. Boar's what is your team's name? Pig Stars. That's right. And... uh Dude, so we're a bunch of what are they? We're a bunch of we're out of Arlington, Tennessee, but they're Shriners. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, man, not Shriner. What's what's the other Masonic Lodge? Masons. Mason. I'm sorry, they're mm. they're all a, a group of Freemasons that right. started that barbecue team. And oh, okay, you know, I was just fortunate to be a part of it because I went to high school with the head cook's son, yeah. Brian, who's a good dude. And Bill Fuller's our head cook, but it's man, barbecue fest is just it's the best time in Memphis. Yeah. If I had to categorize anything. It's I just, agree. It's all love and everything's an open invitation. Yeah. And you can just kind of bounce around and we're like kind of plugged in and we know everybody and we just kind of just go with the flow and it's so much fun. Yeah, see I've I've always been told it unless you know somebody with a tent, like you're wasting your time. That is you true. That is true. Yeah, if you, if you're just true. an outsider trying yeah. to come in like but it's not e- happening. But even then, like we'll have people that come up and say, "Hey, we're from London," and we're like, "Oh, you're from London? Come on in." Yeah, yeah. That's how our team was when we had weekend at Portland. Yeah, we just let anybody in, pretty much. Some teams are really strict. We didn't give a fuck. But man. you got to be like that sometimes too, because it gets it can get <laughs> it can out get of control. Wild, yeah. dude. it can yeah. get out of control, especially like when they had their shit. That was fucking nuts. Because <laughs> every girl. Within the 901 or surrounding districts was at their tent. Yeah, wow. it was fun, man. It was, it was wild. We tried to recruit him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then I remember uh, y'all's cook. It was some dude from Arkansas. You remember that? It had the red grill. Oh, Chris Mock. Chris, yeah, good dude, man. Yeah. Cool as shit. Everybody was cool as shit. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun a lot. Last remember week. I brought the moonshine. I do remember. You remember that? that? I do. Yeah, that was a good time, man. Ooh. Especially, I think 2014 is probably like the best year. Best year ever. Yeah, because the weather was nice. Because, you know, sometimes it's too hot. And I want to say we were like... I think we were right across from each other, weren't we? One yeah. Year? yeah. That was super fun. Yeah. Because that year we were next to Cadillac Grills, it was just crazy, <laughs> dude. Now, that team's on another level, man. They are on another level. 
Hey, I can't hate on them for it. No, I mean, it's fun. I've been a couple of times, but. I mean, I'm all, I mean, I can go in and I know all those dudes and they're good folks, but that party gets out of control and they get, dude, they got in trouble by the Memphis and May. Remember when they had the girls' asses hanging out the back of the tent? Mm -hmm. So the girls were bartending. They were wearing like uh, bikinis and they had the asses like showing to the crowd. (laughs) They're fucking ridiculous. Wow. I think it's like Fred Smith's son owns is part of the, uh, one of the guys on the team. Or so I tell people, I'm like, dude, <clears throat> come down if you want to eat. You know, the party we start feeding at four. Yeah, I was like, but as soon as the sun goes down, you need to take your kids out of there. <laughs> I was like, because it turns into a situation. Yeah, it turns into a debacle. Is, is a- this product placement? What is this? I thought for a half a second that was a Tahiti treat. <laughs> Tahiti treat? Yeah. Wicked Those things were burn. so good. Yeah. What are you giving this this What's for? the THC level on this situation right here? Zero. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this guy, this guy that's been training me, he told me this is the best beer ever in the world. He's a hippie, pretty much, right? This is Brad. Is he from Mississippi? Because yeah. I don't trust him. Mango, pineapple, <laughs> yeah. So let's try it. All right, let's so you crack all these open. No, I've never had it. He's, he, he, he swears by it. Well, so we were in Cash Saver, and he said, we're, I want you to buy this. and I, So I bought it, and let's see what it tastes like. Well, let's try it. Hold on. Hold on. We got to cheers yeah, yeah. to oh, it, yeah. you savage. Raul has no fucking manners, dude. <laughs> I'm on your ass, dude. Hang on. I'm on so you all day. you going to do a boomerang like yeah, a no. woman? Oh, shit. All right. Here you go, Brad. We're trying your... Be as you say was the best. Cheers. Cheers, gents. Are you fucking Cheers. this dude? <laughs> I think so. He's got he's kind of sweet on that dude. It's not bad. Man, that's actually pretty good. It's good. It's good. That Think is about good. It. The mango really comes through in it. Oh man. Guayava. Well. Guava? All right. I don't know about the best beer in the world, but it's, it's not pretty bad. good. I mean, this would be a drink you could just drink, like, just hang and out. chill at the pool, right? Oh, yeah. pool day? Oh, yeah. oh God. Sure. I can get behind Did that. y'all ever drink, uh, I haven't tried it yet, but um, Natty Day? The, no. the seltzer it's, from it's, Natty? It's, no, it's, um, no, that's them. natural. Uh, no, no, I know no, no, what you're talking okay. about. It's like, it's a pink, like a pink packaging. Oh, uh, I've seen that. I heard it's really good. <clears throat> Let me tell you what I've been on lately, and that's only because I've been hanging around with, like, Arkansas Rednecks. Yeah. Bushlight. Dude. We sell, as I got over at Eagle, you know, I never realized this. Bush is like one of the fucking best-selling beers in Let the country. Let me tell you something, dude. It's crazy. I used to, like, make fun of my friend Joseph Couples. He'd be like, oh, Bush. You know, and, and he's like a, he's got money. He's, he's a yeah. wealthy dude. That motherfucker drinks Bush Light. And I was like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, well, just try one. And I was like, okay. Delicious. Really? Mm, fucking delicious. You want to talk about, you go to Arkansas over there, and you get like a damn... 30 pack. 30 pack for like $13. Wow. Fuck with your boy. Well, what do you call it? Uh, Mark, <laughs> Fuck with your boy. Mark used to only drink natural light. Oh, uh, yeah. That was his favorite. I mean, I, hey, Mark, I like Natty. Yeah, I love that. You know, get a 30 pack for like 15 bucks. I hate Bud Light, though. Do you really? I got burnt out on it, man. I hate Bud Light. I got If sick I had on to it. choose between Bud Light or Natty, I would do, I would do, uh, Bud, I would do Natty because A, it's going to be like $2 cheaper per can or bottle, whatever you're drinking at a bar, right? But if you go, if you go to a bar that has natural light or bush, you may want to leave the bar because it's going to have redneck sensor right there. Right so, so my favorite beers of all time are Mexican beers. Mm, Only yeah. problem is they're expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I even did a paper in college that like I got an A on mm-hmm. about why I thought 
Mexican beer was the best. And I figured out that all the good Mexican beer is German-influenced beer in Mexico. Did you know yeah. that? It's really? kind of like Schinerbach. Schinerbach, Schiner, Texas. China, Texas. German beer made in Texas. Mm. Huh. Uh, so the German influence, That's so the Mexican people already had like good beer, like lagers right. and stuff, but they brought the darker stuff. That's where we get the Dos Equis, the amber, and the Ooh, lager. That's good Which beer. is fucking good. You throw a lime in that son of a bitch? Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> Do delicious. you like Corona? That's my least favorite. <clears throat> of the Mexican beers? The, Have you ever had Victoria? Victoria is amazing. Dude. Change your life. Me, me and my guy, we, um, me and my boy Brad, he was drinking at like, I don't know what time it was, but uh, I saw some Victoria damaged, so I drank, opened one and drank it. It was hot, but it was so fucking good. I was like, man, I can only imagine what this tastes like hot. Soul, I have mean, you ever had Soul? Soul yeah, Soul's good. Soul's, good. Soul's, really Soul's good. is like the most underrated Mexican beer yes. in the world. Yes, sir. It's just like, you know, mm. here it's imported, obviously, from Mexico, but like when we were in Mexico, Tony, when we went to Iwana, remember that Mexican restaurant we went to? Yeah. You know, they had Soul and like five, six other beers, you know? Um, but dude, so is like the dark horse. So there's another one called Indio. Indio. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason. Carta Blanca is like the in, Budweiser. In, in this part really. of America, they don't have any footprint, but like in, uh, you know, when you go out West, that, that one you just said has a big footprint yeah. and then Tecate has a big footprint, you know, but like, it's just one of those things, man. It's like, I don't know. Hey, there's, so my favorite beer of all time is from Texas. And it's called Ziggenbach. I've never and, had and that. And it has a goat with a freaking like top hat on it. Hmm. And it's the best beer I've ever had. <laughs> Ziggenbach. And it's another German influenced that type beer. It's so freaking good. I love I've, Texas. I, if I can move to any state and I love Tennessee, I would move to Texas. Because all the ranch you could do and stuff like that. that besides that. They're just super patriotic, man. Yeah. I love the culture and the hunting's good. They're self-sustaining you know they have everything they have beaches desert coast you know and they have everything true i like austin austin's fun oh that was a lot of fun <laughs> so we dude, lost that was a great trip dude we lost probably a lot of a police officer i don't know the number but back when they cut the benefits or whatever yeah oh, dude yeah. they all went to fucking austin texas and i have friends down there they're like Making a hundred thousand dollars a year didn't, as a uniform cop. Didn't da- you know Daniel Washington, dude? D Wash was my boy. Yeah, I went to high school with him. That's how I know. Oh, him. I forgot about it. Was, yeah, remember we saw him on Main Street and we we saw him on Main Street that one afternoon. Dude, we used to, think, I mean, to yeah. check yeah. the shit out of D Wash, dude. He's a, he's a really sweet. <laughs> he's guy. A good he told me though. I didn't know this was a thing. Like you know how you guys have to train to spot DUI and stuff. Like you, so you have people sitting in the room and get drunk and then. Stages of drunkenness or whatever. He's yeah. like, hey, you can come do it. You can go. I was like, no, he probably gonna arrest me, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We called D Wash Tiger Woods because he's the <laughs> yeah. he's the whitest black person I've ever fucking met in my life. He's oh, a, yeah, he's oh, awesome. I don't know. How, uh, I don't know, guys. Uh, let's just not eat there because it's dirty. <laughs> yeah. And oh, uh, let's just, let's just keep working and doing reports. <laughs> Didn't that, he like do some big bust? Like he was like known for that. Like Dude, coming down 240 or something? Let me tell you a story about D-Wash real quick. Yeah. That motherfucker is a badass. Yeah. And he's, he's just kind of nerdy. And yeah. I love him to death. But I, I watched a dude hawk down a dude in full raid gear. Really? So not only is he wearing his vest and all his equipment, he's got this other big bulletproof raid vest that probably weighs way more. And he hawked a dude down, jumped in, jumping fences, and caught him. 
Jesus. Wow. Wash is a savage. Yeah, he's a really but he's nice always guy. been in good shape. You yeah, know? great good, dude. One of the best guys I work with. Yeah. I love him to death. Well, that's good. He's doing well down there. Hell Where's yeah. he at? Austin. Oh, he's yeah. in Austin. Yeah, I knew he went somewhere in Texas. Yeah. So you, what, what's the cost of living out there? Well, a lot of the dudes that I talk to live kind of in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So say like you live in Bartlett or whatever, and they just commute in. Right. Every day. But they love it, dude. They're making yeah. like a hundred grand a year. Yeah. That's nice. Dude, mm. I'll tell you how bad it is at my workstation. I'm still on Windows 7. Are you serious? I swear to God, dude. I wow. tell people that. They're like, bullshit. I'm like, <laughs> I'll send you a picture of my fucking. That's what, they're Damn. like, defund the police? I was like, no way, dude. I'm on Windows 7. Wow. Yeah. Please don't fucking bring me back to the AOL age. You well, what, what do you mean? call it? Like, I saw, <clears throat> I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago now, or maybe three weeks. There was an ad for West Memphis Police Department. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be a cop, obviously. You know, I was looking at it, and I was like, fourteen seventy five an hour. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude, they don't make shit. I was like, I, was like, I mean, I know it's West Memphis, there's less crime and stuff, but like, God damn, 14... You West can make Memphis more. has a lot of crime. Really? Man, they do yes. have a lot of crime. Dude, it's like the well, truck stop capital well, what do you think is going to happen? Mm. What do you think is going to happen? They better pay these guys more or they're going to leave. When the fucking hotel is built, finished being built out there in Southland. Well, dude, Southland's actually the spot now. They, yeah. They're roasting Tunica as far as Oh, revenue. yeah, big oh, yeah. time. And, uh, man, it, like a buddy of mine went there just on his lunch break, mm-hmm. $3,200 on the damn um, crap wow. table. What do you call it? Say, oh, shit. What do you call it? Tunica will close because now Arkansas is actual legit gambling. And they're in a flood zone. Yeah. They're and, in a flood zone. And... Southland is one of the only three that have the um, actual to be a real casino, right? They got they passed that, right? And then, like you know, in Arkansas, there's four weed dispensaries, right? Yeah, they just legalized, and one of them is in West Memphis, right? But there's only three growers legally for that for those four, and you have to buy your weed from there. It's just like it's, it's just all becoming part of it, you know? what I'm saying like. I'm like, God damn, so gambling is becoming part of marijuana, it's becoming part of, you know, all this stuff. Like, it just, I don't know, Tennessee, Memphis fucked up. when they Memphis the, really fucked up. When they put the casino in the pyramid, remember? That was the big yeah. thing with the pyramid. And they said, well, it's either going to be built by these guys or we're not doing it. And the the, the casino, the Indians, there was going to be the casino here, they were like, no, we're going to use our tribes to build this stuff. You know what? We're out. Fuck it. Mm. So the pride of not, not using, I guess, who was it? I guess, yeah, Harrington's people to build the casino. He cost, I guess, I'm sure, yeah, he cost us the deal with the with the Indians for the Indian casino. I mean, what the fuck, man? Can you imagine what it would be like right now? And this was like, what, 20-something years ago, 25 years ago? How, what Memphis would be like right now with that casino? This is another crazy thing you don't understand. As far as back to the farming stuff, right? The agriculture here is crazy. So we're in the Mississippi River Basin. Uh huh. So that means like even Tunica and on Arkansas, all the way down to West Helena, all the way down to Louisiana, 
the Mississippi River brings so many minerals, right? Like a buddy of mine from Alabama said, hey, you can take y'all soil and fertilize our soil with it. Absolutely. That's how rich it is. Whatever you put in the ground, whatever yeah. these farmers put in the ground uh-huh. is coming up, and they're badass at what they do. Really? So that's why when the weed thing got legalized in Arkansas, do you know how many farmers are on the waiting list mm. to, like, start growing pot? They're mm-hmm. ready. Oh, you yeah. tell me they're not going to grow the best fucking product ever at, from Arkansas with the best soil in the world? Shit. I'm wow. telling you, California and Oregon and all those places and Washington ain't seen shit. I went to let Arkansas get, get to farming. Tony, Mississippi and, I, Tony and, I and Brad, uh, we went to a um, hemp farm a couple months ago, and they, they're growing the hemp through um the poop, hydroponic hydroponic through yeah. poop you know fish poop right right so when the fish get or too big aqua, aquaponic yeah aqua, so yeah, when yeah. the fish get too big they donate the fishes to like charity you know to cook fishes what i don't know what the fuck they're doing but it's rocks the fucking hemp plant is growing through rocks there's no soil or anything it's just these white you know like the cobblestone rock kind of thing we know of and they're growing through there and you know, I, I you asked him, didn't you? I don't know what your question. Oh, is. oh! So I, one of us asked him, "Are you just waiting for it to become legal?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do this the way it's supposed to be done right now, growing hemp for you know hemp, whatever." And then when they start taking applications to become a marijuana grower for the state of Tennessee, I'm 100 switching gears. This is just a prelim to. What we will be doing. But they still got to control markets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's why farmers get paid sometimes, like, not to farm. Mm. Right. You know, like, hey, do soybean this time or do cotton this time or do whatever. You know, it's just to control markets or else stuff will plummet. And, I mean, I don't know how that all that works because I'm not a farmer yet. Yeah. But I'm about to be about that life. Wow. You know what I mean? It's, hey Juice, you want to come out and get fucked up? Nah, I got to look out for my cattle. I got to look out for my cattle. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> got to check my fence line in the morning. There's yeah. so much way to make money, man. It's just you just have to be willing to do it, dude. So that's be- becoming a perishable skill yeah. right now. And one thing I've noticed as a Mexican dude, mm-hmm. people, you know, because people always ask me, "Hey man, you know anybody that does she rock?" Like, yeah, I got you hooked up. <laughs> you know anybody that paints? I'm like, yeah, I got yeah, you, I got you man. I got you. But dude, when I tell you the Mexican people, yeah, all fucking migrated to Mississippi. They own half of Marshall County. Really? Oh, yeah. Am I lying? No, big ranches, dude. Fucking, it's crazy. So the Mexican labor has skyrocketed mm-hmm. because you got all these people at home. They're living at home, so they want to enjoy their space the most they ever want to do. So they're trying to update shit and do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. The construction business right now is crazy. The pools, landscaping, everything. So, like, all the Mexican stuff is on the come up. Wow. Yep, and that is your uh, Hispanic update for 2020. <laughs> for 2020. For 2020. Well, you know, you know what's crazy about Memphis with you know the the Hispanic communities moving in, like you see what most Memphians Memphians have moved away from to go to the newer, better thing and the, the rundown part of town. Like you come through now and it's like all in Spanish, mm. Dude, but it's all really really nice again. Yeah, you know it's like yeah. some parts sure. in Nutbush, like you'll see like houses. Oh, I was crazy when I was in Nutbush for two weeks when I first got the job with Eagle. Um, <clears throat> 
I'm like, oh, this is all Hispanic, you know, because Corona Modelo, you know, that's not, that's what all the guys sold really. And I was talking, you know, and Can dude, you get Victoria? Huh? Yeah, I got Victoria. Oh, all right. I got we'll you. Talk, we'll talk later. I got you, Doug. Talk with your boy. As soon as he comes back in the States, I got you. Right so, now. Right say now, less. Right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, dude, there were some fucking badass houses, man. I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, everyone's just like, and then the usual pickup for like the undocumented guys on Jackson in front of the AutoZone right there. There's like one or two. I'm like, what the fuck? There used to be like hundreds of them. Yeah. Like, I'm the goddamn, man. Like, see, the thing is, like, even like Kingsbury High School, right? Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of black dudes, like a lot of younger black kids hanging out with the Mexican dudes, and they're kind of getting in the game, mm-hmm. working hard and learning the, the hustle. Yeah. Dude, getting it. Really? I'm talking about starting pool companies, doing all that stuff. At the end of the day, Hard work built everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me- Mexican people or Latino people, I should say, are the hardest working people they are right now in this country. Dude. And, and, and it's been like that for years. I think it's immigrants. Im- immigrants. Immigrants. Yeah. A hundred percent. So my, one of my dad's best friends is an African dude from Africa. He owns a tow truck company just like he does. He's right. one of his best friends. But he's at, I call him Low because I can't pronounce his full name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like Low, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's got some clicks in it or whatever. <laughs> it's probably like, uh, it's probably like uh, cool Akon. It's a, probably like Akon's name, real name. You know, it's like long as fuck. <laughs> Aside from whatever adversity they face, they still fucking push on. Yeah. So we're a bunch of privileged bitches. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your parents had to grind. Your yeah. parents had to grind. Mm-hmm. And it's not about. Race it all, race it. It's about the grind. It's yeah. about how hungry you are to succeed. Yeah. Period. No, I agree with you on that. Am I, am I being real? No, one percent. No, that's, 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 that's that true, is man. the definition of Memphis. Yeah. yeah. You know how many 100%. times I've been shot down or whatever, and I've dealt with racist people or whatever. I'm like, okay, go the other way. There's another way. There's another path. Just, Don't bitch about it. You, if you're gonna sit there and cry about it, you're not gonna fucking do anything. Yeah. You got to keep moving forward. Yeah, keep moving forward. It's all about the grind. Grind, networking, making yourself better, Mm -hmm. not putting yourself in shitty situations. That's what it's all about. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, like I watched some Mexican dudes. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. 115 heat index in August in Memphis, and they knocked out a roof in half of a day. Yeah. Wow. In, True. in Bartlett in a 3,200 square foot house. Damn. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. <laughs> but here's another thing that I figured out too, from learning from them. I was like, damn, how are you going to get high? I mean, you just got to cover your whole body. So that's why like some of those fishermen, you know, those like long sleeve yeah, fishing mm-hmm. shirts, the mm-hmm. PFGs, they take the sun off of you. So that means you don't get hot. You don't sweat. Yeah. So they're covered from head to toe. Uh-huh. You know, you notice they wear long sleeves. Yeah, yeah. That's a they're big even wearing gloves. Factor. Yeah, they well, even wear gloves. <clears throat> I used to think, and this is what I used to do too. Like when they, um, you would see them on a roof, they would all have long sleeves on, right? I'm like, oh, that must be for like when a big gust comes, it gets stuck in there. But no, keeping the sun off you, keeping the sun off you, big deal. Makes it went from 110 to 104, and that's yeah, a big that's difference. A big you know deal. what I'm saying? You know, yeah. like. Dude, in police uniforms or polyester. Oh God, it's got to be. And you got to wear the vest, and it's it's terrible. 
My buddy was telling me I, I posted him about these shirts. It was like uh, it looks like it has buttons on it, but it's a zipper. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, that's all. The cop uniforms are like that, right. or, or like military uniforms. They're, yeah, they're they're fake military. Buttons. Yeah, and I was like, that's the coolest shit I've ever seen. He's like, yeah, it's been like that twenty years or yeah. something like that. So, guilty confession. Speaking of vests, when I was wearing a vest every day, which my job now, I don't have to wear a vest because I'm an office dude. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was wearing a vest every day, the stench of the vest. Because you oh, sweat and sweat, and yeah. the thing is, it's it's a it, it's yeah. a Kevlar vest, so you can't wash it because the way the fibers are woven, it, the if it absorbs moisture and lots and lots of moisture, like fully submerged in water, the fibers will swell, and then they're not as tight knitted, so it can oh. it can can per you know. And there's no say. can. Every officer in America puts on a stanky ass vest every right. fucking day. So really? guilty confession, no. I found the trick to the stinky vest. What? And a, a female uh, acquaintance of it the ain't wife. For breeze. No, a female acquaintance of the wife <laughs> worked for like that one of those little house party sell your sex toy things. Yeah. And there was like this bed sheet spray that's a powder based like bed sheet and feminine type deal. Uh huh. Killed the stench. I, and really? I wish to God I knew what it was called. <laughs> you know, I, because. Every cop around here would start buying it. It doesn't have like a feminine, like, you know, a perfumey type yeah. odor. It's just a clean, um, kind of almost a powdery, mm. but it would absorb that stench like no other. Wow. Because just body sweat. Man. And y'all wear that every single day. Every, every day. fucking single day. Every it day. sucks. Wow. And then you eat, like you clean your uniform, but then you got to still put on that shit. It's yeah. like, just imagine going to work every day wearing the same shitty underwear. Mm. Yeah. And every you time. You can't wash your underwear ever. You're just like, fuck, it's getting right. right. Every time you sit down in the car, the only place for all the air that's in there to go when you in sit your down face. Off, yeah. straight into your face. So you're in getting your that, face. that soured freaking stench. Yeah. yeah. And, but you get used to it and you're like, fuck, it's just part it's of the just game. Me. Yeah. Just part of the game. So what would you guys, both of you, say to people? To I guess kind of humanize you, because like just just talking to you guys today, it's like you're not just some asshole cop. No, no, so not at all. What would you want people to know about you in particular, or some of the guys that you work with, instead of what everybody keeps hearing about how cops are bad? Because not all cops are bad. They're you know? not. I can tell you something. One out of hundred, I think. Dude, I'd, I'd say if I had to put in a percentage, mm-hmm. I'd say probably. Ninety-eight percent cops are good. Yeah, and there's that very, very small percentage that are bad. Mm-hmm. But the media finds those two percent, finds those, yeah. and and just uses the shit out of it. Yeah, do people fuck up? Yeah, but is it because they're cops or they're shitty people? Who knows? Yeah, like the George Floyd thing, terrible. Mm-hmm. No one around Memphis would ever do that. Yeah, you know, if they did, they need to be locked the fuck up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fucked up situation. The problem is the media, all this negative connotation, and back again, it all boils down to politics. Yeah, you know, we need more police. We need better police. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Black Lives Matter, just like all lives matter. Human life now, and you're seeing this, is becoming le- more dehumanized. Yeah, like, like if I had a problem with Raul. I'd find Raul when I seen him out. Yeah. I wouldn't go to his house. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, back in my culture, how we grew up, you yeah. know? I wouldn't shoot up his grandmother's house. Mm. That's a right. fucking problem. Yeah. That's stupid. 
That is a big fucking problem, and that's the problem. Another thing, too, these millennial generations, Mm -hmm. which I'm at like a tail end of, man, they're just so privileged and... They don't really. They've never had it bad in their life. They've like never the whole, had to grind. The, the whole the, the culture type stuff you're talking about too, you, I guess. Well, like, say you did something wrong, and then they're like, "Hey, we got to get rid of this guy." So they're instead of like trying to learn from your mistake or see where you came from, it's automatically like, "Fuck that guy. He's a yeah. piece of shit." Well, like uh, I'll give you a scenario. So the newer generation depends so much on technology. Mm-hmm. That they can't see straight. Yeah. So, like, the other day I watched body camera of a young officer. He's young. Mm -hmm. Like, he's barely 21. Well, he's 21. Yeah. But I'm watching him, and he's like, hey, Siri, where's this address? Hey, Siri, where's this address? And I'm like, what the fuck is that officer doing? It freaked me out because I always learned on the old school ways of policing, which is you learn your hunter blocks, mm-hmm. you know? So like there's, here's the 4100 block of summer. Yeah. Here's the 3000 block of summer. Okay. And then you had to learn maps. It's like map reading. And then mm-hmm. that makes yep. you a better officer. Cause you know, like if, a, if you're chasing a dude and he takes off running, you're like, Hey, he's going straight towards Vandalia, mm-hmm. you know, or Tillman or this yeah. street. He's going that way. He's this bound. They depend so much on that cell phone. Yeah. That, they're so technology driven. Now, granted, they're tech savvy, mm-hmm. but they don't have a lot of real world skills, mm-hmm. a lot of common sense skills. Yeah, that's absolutely. Becoming a problem. And am I lying? No, not at all. Not at Big all. Big problem. It, and it's it's crazy. Like you know, I work in the training division now, so I get the new hires that come in that I have to get them ready to go into the field training program where they ride with an officer and learn all of this. Yeah. And part of that is teaching them, you know, the, the city boundaries and teaching them what streets are thoroughfares and, you know, how, how the wards are designed Mm -hmm. and everything. And so simple as, you know, they don't know that like even numbers are on one side of the street and odd numbers are on the other side of the street for addresses. That's so weird, you know, and, and, and it's without the whole, you know, uh, you know, using a Google map or whatever, they they don't know how to get from point A to point B. Yeah, and then you put them in on night shift in a car where it's dark outside, and they're trying to find an address on an active scene that they need to get there quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and they're you know creeping up the road, staring at their phone instead of taking in what's around them. Yeah. It, it's 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 crazy the officer safety issues that you see. The juice was talking about you know it. It's just they're they're tech savvy. By all means, you yeah. know, and and a lot of technological advances have helped policing. But at the end of the day, you have to know how to be a cop. Yeah. You know, like you have to learn how to north from south. And if you're in the middle of the woods somewhere and something happens, like how do you get people to you? Yeah. You know, or, or whatever the case may be. Mm. But So what would you say about what you want people to know about you as a police officer man uh you know just you know humanize us like everyone else we you know we eat sleep breathe bleed everything the same as everybody else just because we put on a uniform doesn't make us number one superman Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make us you know the evil villain either yeah uh you know we have a job to do that we are most people that go into law enforcement 
they're never going to get rich out of it. So mm-hmm. they, they don't do it for the money. Yeah. And they don't do it because they're just like, you know, what public you always hear. Servant. They, yeah. they, you know, they're you always hear, servant. oh, you're a cop and you're an asshole because you were bullied in school. You know what? Oh, yeah, I graduated with like one. 80, <laughs> 80 people in my graduating class. I was best friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. I was never bullied. Yeah. You know, I, I immediately joined the army when I was still in high school because, you know, nine 11 happened and oh, okay. I was like, I, I, I'm going to go serve. Yeah. And so I, when I got out, I was like, I don't want to go to college. What am I going to do? I wrote, you know, rode with a, a buddy of mine who was a canine officer. And I was like, this is another way to serve, mm-hmm. you know? So 99.9% of people that become police officers, they're not doing it because they want to be a dick to yeah. people. It ain't to get rich. It's, and it's not yeah. to get rich. It's because it's a, it's a calling. Yeah. It's a, it calling a calling to help people. So, you know, just like you, you walk into a restaurant in that service industry, you know, you're not going to treat your waitress like absolute crap. Yeah. You know, just because they're a waitress. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that to a police officer? Yeah. You know, so get to know a police officer. You know, I, I implore you to, if you engage, like I said, like I said earlier, that die living, you know, yeah. if you have your fears about police and what they do and who they are and how they're always killing people and they're always doing this and they're always doing that, go talk to an officer, go to your local uh, police department or sheriff's office. Do a ride along and do a freaking ride along. See what it is that we do and what it we will go through. Blow your fucking mind. Yeah. The stress. You're not ready for it. You're no, not ready the, for the it. The stresses that we encounter from you know coming on at six o'clock in in the evening and work until six o'clock the next morning on a twelve hour shift. Yeah. And in those twelve hours, how many calls for service you get for people when you know. They call in and they're like, somebody just broke into my house. I can hear them. I'm hiding in the closet right now. I need the police here now. Mm. That makes your butthole pucker just a little bit, right? And so, you know, those are the things that you hear, you know, when everybody else is running away from gunfire, who's running to it? Yeah. You guys. So is it, as they say, fight or flight? Right. Yeah, Yeah. fight or flight mode is legit. It's, It's legit. And, you know, and so humanize a police officer. Get to know. Yeah, just... Some of your police officers. Educate yourself. Education right. is the best thing. Talk. So you, you want to know why certain shit's done certain ways? Mm-hmm. Evaluate it yourself. Go see it for yourself. That's why, like, you can't tell me shit without me seeing it for myself. You can yeah. tell me, hey, man, my shirt's blue. I was like, let me look at that shirt. Yep, <laughs> it's blue. Right. Because hey. we don't trust people. But you, you, people have to see that shit. And people have to know the who, what, where, why, and how. Mm. So let, you right? know, and, and let's think about it like this, too. You know most of the time when you see a police officer or you come into contact, should we say with the police officer is probably not the best situation. Yeah. Right? Your car it's just worse. Your car just got broken into, or, you know, you're just involved in a car crash or you're being pulled over speeding, right? Or your brother just committed suicide yeah. or your mother so, just murdered your dad or yeah. you're never calling a police officer and saying, Hey, I just want to hang out for a few minutes. Do you right, mind coming over? Right. That's that's not, you know. It's always a stressful right. situation. It's always, it's always those traumatic situations. So you never see that good side of, you know, that. So, for instance, you know, you get pulled over for speeding. Yeah. You know, and the officer's writing you a ticket, and you're like, this asshole, he has nothing better to do with his day. No crime. He can't go solve a crime somewhere else. He's got to write me a ticket. Yeah. But what you don't realize is the shift prior on that same road, he was scraping up a dead three-year-old mm. from a car crash from a freaking speeder. 
Yeah. So he wants to slow traffic down so it's not your kids yeah. or that, my kids yeah. Yeah. that it happens to. It, it's not just because we're, you know, we're assholes with a badge and a pen and we're writing tickets. No, right. it's while it is tax revenue, yes, I I understand that. I'm not oblivious to that. It's how a, a city is run. Mm-hmm. It's for a reason. And yeah. those are some of those reasons, you know. So ask those questions. Get to know them. Find out, you know, and – I'll even go one step further, and, and I promise I'll get off my soapbox. Oh, you're good. Yeah, your soapbox sucks, Mississippi soapbox. Yeah, <laughs> Mississippi soapbox. <laughs> fuck with, with you, so, in that instant, so you, as an American citizen, mm-hmm. have a right constitutionally to resist an unlawful arrest. Okay. Did you know that? Uh. Uh-uh. Up to deadly force, if necessary, to resist an unlawful arrest. Now, are police officers human? Do we make mistakes? Mm-hmm. That traffic stop that he's like, I'm stopping you because you're not wearing your seatbelt or whatever the case may be, you know, and you're like, oh, my seatbelt was on and having this argument and letting that argument get so out of hand that the officer is forced to arrest you or whatever. And That's then what you, attorneys are for. And then you want to fight with this officer and ultimately wind up resisting arrest and, you know, losing your life. Yeah. Is your life worth that? If you want, if it's un, if it's an unlawful arrest, that's not the time to fight it. Mm-hmm. Because I can take some badass attorneys. Yeah, the, and and and, and, and I shout out. And, and I tell everybody that's ever been arrested, people that I've arrested, you know, hey, the the justice system, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. Just because the law enforcement officer stopped you, wrote you the ticket, or arrested you doesn't mean you're guilty of that crime. Don't fight it right there. Mm. Fight it on the back end. That makes sense. And and then everybody lives to see another day. And if I can promise you, if you just change a little bit of the attitude that you have when the officer comes up, like, yeah, you're, Big difference. you're speeding and you're pissed off because you're late for work and then you get stopped. And I mean, it, you, you know, it's I've been stopped before for speeding, you yeah. know, and it's that. Oh, and so. Hey, if you have your driver's license in your hand and your win- especially if it's at night, your windows are tinted, roll your freaking all four windows down. Roll mm. them, just roll them down. Yeah. You know, it may be three degrees outside. Turn your heater on. Mm. Turn your fucking radio down and show a little bit of respect. And I can promise you, by the time that traffic stops over with, whether you get a ticket or not, you will have already changed your attitude somewhat because you will see, okay, the officer's approaching the car. He's talking to me and that le- that stress level, because I don't know who I'm walking up to. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have just murdered 16 people. Yeah. You know, and I've got to treat everybody like they just murdered 16 people because I want to go home to my family. And everybody in Mississippi has a gun. And everybody car. has everybody a gun. Everybody has a fucking gun yeah. in Mississippi. So, so Even it, in Memphis. Yeah. That, you know how it is. Th- those things right there, those simple things of showing a little bit of respect, having the dome light on, having your windows down, having your driver's license ready. You know, and just saying, you know, hey, sir, here's my driver's license. I'm sorry. You know, if I was driving a little fast or whatever, he's going to explain the reason he stopped you. Yeah. It's going to go a long way, Mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, officers have discretion on the tickets that they write and the tickets that they don't write, so on and so forth. Yeah. You know, the arrest that they make or, you know, whatever, unless it's bound by law that you are have to make an arrest, sometimes – and not always, you may not go to jail for 
what you could be going to jail for. Oh, yeah. okay. You may just get your ticket and be like, hey, look, I know your driver's license is bad and you're supposed to be going to jail, but get your driver's license fixed and don't let me see you driving anymore. Yeah. You know, something something of that nature. Yeah. But uh, that's not the time to fight. Don't fight with the officer. He's just doing a job. You wouldn't fight with a waitress because they messed up your order, right? Yeah. So it, it's the same thing. We're just doing the job. Fight it on the back end. And because I can promise you, if you start fighting with that officer there and he starts calling for backup and those guys that are coming, they don't know everything that led up to that lawful or unlawful. They're reacting behind that power curve of whatever has just happened. Mm -hmm. And they think, you know, be it an unlawful arrest and that officer is calling for backup. They think that that officer being that he's, you know, supposed to be a good officer and everything that he's doing the correct thing. Mm hmm. You're going to. They don't lose. know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. you never they, know. You never you don't know ever ever know what's going on. Yeah. So you get there, and it's, you just, know. it's always chaos. That's right. what, the way I explain right. to people. You're you're going into a chaotic situation. You don't know the fuck. It's always a dumpster fire. Mm. Right. Everything. You're like, well, what the fuck's going on? I don't know. Dumpster fire. And you're wearing gasoline underwear. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking so, crazy. Shit's just fucking. Crazy. So yeah. people are fucked up. Let's be real. Let's be real, real. Mm. People are fucked up, man. So I guess it would just be a case-by-case basis. Exactly. Yes. Everything has to be analyzed based on a case-by-case basis. What happened? Who is this person? Why are they doing what they're doing? Mm -hmm. And all that comes into context, and then you're like, all right, well, this is what happened. Yeah. I base everything on evidence. All right, so this dude's fucked up. He got drunk. Beat his baby mama because she's giving him shit because he came home late from work because mm-hmm. he was out drinking with the boys. Yeah. He slapped her. So she stabbed him. Wow. So now both of them go to jail. It's a it's a crazy situation. You're just constantly dealing with that, and it wears on you. But the only thing that keeps you sane is just being around good people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people take in consideration the environment – that you guys have to deal with. Like you, they only know that what they're getting pulled over. Like you say, they don't think about the, 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 the prior day. stops you yeah. had or whatever. Right. This is yeah. what's going to fuck you up. Have you ever seen someone die? I, well, yeah, I saw my roommate pass away from a gunshot. Oh no, 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 no. He what about cancer. a gunshot? No. Have you ever seen somebody die from a gunshot? No. no. So there's this, this, this wheeze. It's like a, your lungs are filling up from blood wheeze and, mm-hmm. and it'll stick with you forever. But you'll hear, I, I hear it so much in Memphis. Really? So much. And it's terrible. Yeah. But you just watch so many people die, you become numb. And what's crazy is when you get a notification, like some dude you went to high school with, it's like, hey, man, you know, fucking this dude, you know, he hung himself or he shot himself. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. You just, become like immune to everything because you just don't give a fuck. And it, it happens. But yeah. it, that's what I'm trying to tell you. A lot of the first responders are like that. Yeah. They're just kind of immune to all the shit. It just kind of makes you morbid. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a problem. I don't have an issue with it because I have an escape. 
which mm-hmm. means a hobby. I have a hobby that I love, that I'm passionate about, like hunting and fishing. That's my escape. Yeah. And as long as I can do that, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of that in Mississippi. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, Josh Robinson. Yeah, dude, J-Rob. Oh, we that, had him on here. That motherfucker's crazy. He's I got some crazy police stories on J-Rob. And he was saying how, like, you know, how the the job started getting to him, so he had to get out. Yeah. And so that's what it probably is. A lot of people probably do need to get out if it does affect him to that point. And, and I'm, like, I'm almost at that point, too, because of the stress levels and yeah. everything going on. J-Rob was one of the best police officers that I've ever met. Yeah. And it was... Yeah, he, 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 he was. The stress was getting to him. Yeah, and for him to leave, for him to leave was just you know, it, it, it was it a broke, family it, tradition. It was a family right? tradition, you know, because his grandfather, grandfather, grandfather you know, everyone was a cop. It was like, it took a lot out of him to tell his granddad that he was leaving the MPD. You know, like that was probably the hardest thing he's ever done. He said, "Yeah, not not leaving MPD, but telling his grandfather that he left." You know, like I guess that goes like, back to the whole. When you were saying about like being masculine, like a lot of guys are afraid to ask for help or to say that they're having an issue and they just want to be a macho man. And then all that stuff's compounding in their head and then they snap or then they have a bad incident with somebody and that, you know, it's like a domino effect. It is. It is a big domino effect. Yeah. And that needs to be addressed. So how do you fix it? That's the biggest, the biggest question. Yeah. How do you fix it? So do you make retirement sooner? Do you make it? So I'll tell you this. So I've had three knee surgeries on the city of Memphis, mm-hmm. three ACL, same leg, same knee. Damn. Wow. They offered me a medical retirement. I didn't take it. Yeah. Like an idiot. What would you do? Would you be sitting at a desk or something or? No, I mean, I could do sales. I can sell anybody, anything. Right. No, uh, I'm saying with the MPD, would you be sitting at a desk? Maybe no, retired. No, oh, 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 I'd be retired. Oh, oh, oh. Like, like fully a, retired. <clears throat> yeah, it's a they medical. Pay you out. But it's not like the like if I were retired after twenty years. Yeah, after twenty years. But but man, three ACL surgeries that cost the city just the ACL surgery alone, not counting the days they paid me. I was off and yeah. all that. So just the surgery alone is fifty thousand dollars. So all I have a, a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in my oh, left wow. knee. Fuck. Yeah, it's, I mean, dude, all these officers are beat up. I mean, you're you're patrolling Memphis. Yeah. Right now, we're on course to possibly beat New York as far as homicides. And New York has. And they have six to eight million people. We have 1.1. We have 650,000, if I'm not mistaken. God bless. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's just this gun culture. It's just this hood mentality. It's mainly juveniles. Yeah. A lot of young kids. Yeah. They're but, trying to live a life they see that the people that they see living that life, especially like on TV or rapping or something, aren't even living that life. Yeah, it's not. It's just not. And it's like they don't know it's just an act. And not an act, but it's just something they're rapping about. It's, it's not, like they're like West Side Story. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not living that. Exactly. And I listen to rap. I love rap music. Yeah. And arguably, I think Memphis has the best rap ever. Yeah. Wow. Young Dolph, Moneybag Yo, 3-6 Mafia, awesome. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm going to go commit an aggravated robbery just because I listen to that fucking <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah. If it hypes me up for a workout, I'm good. You know what I mean? hmm But it's just, yeah, they're, they're living that fucking lifestyle. They don't give a fuck. 
Yeah, it's, it's like it's the whole thing. You got to value your life, man. Like like you guys were saying this, we're here for a short period of time. And this whole like going back and forth, hating people because they're a certain color or a certain job they do to me is just ridiculous. But all that's taught, though, you know, and it's all propaganda. Yeah. And you, if you notice on your newsfeed, it's all propaganda. Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. True. <clears throat> yeah. Like I said, it, they, they definitely want to divide everybody. Yeah. They want to make us be afraid. Yeah. You know? It's control. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if good people get together and talk about stuff and say, man, fuck whatever's going on, mm-hmm. we care about this community and yeah. what's going on in Memphis, Tennessee. That would be a lot better. Yeah. I, I well, it's think, like I know I saw what one of the protests, there was some, I think it was in Michigan, I want to say. There was like a police chief that started walking with the people like during one of the protests during the George Floyd thing. And that like just him saying, I know I have to do my job of trying to protect everybody, but me showing you like some solidarity yeah. goes a long way. Because, you know, like if everybody always has a bad mentality of what you guys do for a living. Every time they see you, they're going to be like, oh, fuck, here they come again. You can't do that. You got to have a conversation. Yeah. Period. Despite of your differences, we can find one common ground that we agree on. Yeah. Whether it's barbecue or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you just got to find that common ground and use it. Yeah. Like like what you were just saying, though, there's if you look for it, you can find it. There's several, several times that it just never gets really publicized that things like that happen. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, when I used to ride the streets, you know, I mean, I had I had a supervisor that he hated basketball goals in the street. Uh-huh. And so he would ride around on a daily basis and he would go and find basketball goals on the street, whatever, you know, ward or sector they were in, he would call you on the radio and tell you to go, go take care of that. Yeah. So how did I take care of it? I parked my car. I got out and I shot hoops with the kids. Yeah. I, I right. bought, I bought so many footballs for kids Yeah, to give them those outlets, you know, that they, you know, may not have ever had. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, go trick or treat with them, stuff like that. Like take them, you know, we, we do a, uh, like a Christmas thing, a shop with a cop, cop shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cop shop yeah. thing. And you know, some yeah, of these underprivileged awesome. kids, man, you know, it, but those are the things that while they should be talked about and should be publicized, you never see. It's not sexy. It, it's not, it's yeah. not, yeah. It's, it's, not. It's, it's not selling those tickets. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah. So it's there. It's it's there all the time, but you just you don't get to see it because I'm not going to go and call the news station and be like, hey, come watch me give this football to this kid because mm. I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. I give a fuck about that kid. Yeah. And I give a fuck about that kid growing up in the next 10 years. Is he going to be another kid that I'm mopping up off the street? Is he going to be another kid that I'm having to haul to jail? Or is he going to be a kid that remembers that and is like, hey. I'm a freaking football star now. Yeah. You know? So yeah. no, it, that's, that's the true. impact that I like to try to make. Yeah. I remember, you know, I've obviously had run-ins with the police. You know, I've had tickets and stuff. But I remember one time distinctly, I stopped at the red light, but I went past the line. And this cop pulled me over. And he's like, hey, man, I'm not trying to just give you a ticket. I just want to let you know that you can't go past this line. And he didn't. He just gave me a warning. Yeah. So, like, you know, like that experience kind of negates it's empty. Some other stuff, if you're just like, you know, not every cop is an asshole. Right, right, you know? right. There are some assholes. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, but I mean, there's assholes people. 
But you know, and, you know and, it comes and down to people. Yeah. You start thinking. You start in every at profession. Yeah. There, there's, there's officers that you know, like Juice was saying, he wants to do mounted patrol. Yeah. You know, there are some officers that that keep the horses in the back. That that's all they want to do Mount is you. write tickets <laughs> like that. That is their whole goal in life. Yeah, there's some officers true. that all they want to do is they want to find the dope in the car. Mm, you know, right. you, every officer you come across has a niche Yeah, and they're, they find out through the first couple of years what their niche really is. And then they just, they hammer on it. Like that's their thing, mm. you know? So you just do what you love, man. Yeah. Yeah. If you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. This is true. Yeah, Absolutely. true. And before I started working in investigations, I didn't, I didn't work a day in my life. Oh, really? It's so <laughs> much fun, dude. I'd come to work every day and be like, fuck what, What's going to happen today? Yeah. Shooting, triple shooting. Crazy. I was like, fuck, man, I was in uniform patrol. But then once you get in the detective division, you're responsible for all that shit, and it's just stress, crazy amounts of stress. Yeah, yeah you, you think you know, you, you know, you, you work for a couple of years on the streets, and you're like, oh, I got this job. Like, I could be the chief here. And then yeah. you get into, like, an investigator spot or something like that, and <clears> you're <throat> like, ooh, I this had is, no idea. Yeah, this like, this is real. I've really got to work now. Yeah, so you get more bears with honey. So mm. when I interview these kids, like, you don't go in there like, you know, you see, like, these TV shows where, like, banging on the desk, and they're like, yeah. I can come at people real, and I'm like, hey, dude, what the fuck happened? What yeah. What is the problem? Why are you here? Yeah. Well, you know, and then I talk to them like a man, mm-hmm. and I treat them with respect, and they tell me what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And they, a lot of the times they confess. So you notice, like, arguably, at one point, I'd say Memphis Homicide was one of the best in the country. Oh, really? At one, at, at one point, they had, like, a damn near 90% solve rate oh, wow. on murders. Wow. That's where you get the Caroline Masons, the Tony Mullins, and all those. They yeah. were savages. They're, I have met people, and I've seen stuff with my own eyes that I was like, how the fuck did that just happen? Yeah. They're just that good at their job. They're just savages. How do you guys feel about those shows that are here? 48 like, hours? Yeah. Oh, like the, the first 48 was awesome. Yeah. What about the one with the that woman? makes us look bad or good? Well, I think it makes us look good because we solve a lot of okay. homicides, but yeah. they did away with it because they thought the city looked bad. But I uh, thought the city looked good because we're solving all our yeah. crime. Okay. Maybe and, it was too the, much crime. <laughs> and there, and there's so, much, so many amazing moments. Oh, so here's another crazy story that I have. So I watched two homicide investigators one time interview a homicide suspect. And I don't know if you believe in God or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I witnessed this with my own eyes. So essentially there's two homicide investigators that are talking to this kid. He killed a bunch of people, like probably 10 plus doing a bunch of robberies. And then they, they thought it was cool to just start shooting people. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people died behind that. And so they shot a bunch of people in Nutbush. So they're interviewing this kid, and then there's there's this one female black investigator. She's mm-hmm. retired now, and she's talking to this kid like a mother. You know, she's like, "Hey, well, tell me what you did, baby." Well, you know, and then he just starts like coughing, like John Coffee. Mm. I swear to God, off the remember the Green Mile? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. starts coughing like that violently for like five minutes, and I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then he just like snaps to it, and then he just starts confessing to it. Like and the evil was coming out of him. It's like the evil came out Holy of him, shit. and then he went to a chalkboard and drew it on my old homicide office, yeah. office in uh, two hundred one. Mm-hmm. He started drawing 
that what he did and the scenes and he confessed to every one of them. Wow. It's Holy fucking shit. wild, dude. I've never seen some shit like that in my life, but it was so surreal and almost demonic. I was like, fuck. Wow. I, I watched that with my own eyes. Damn. And it was that badass female investigator. And when I first came on the job, I always thought like women police officers. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, they're not as tough as men, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. <laughs> they can accomplish way more than men can. And they're and they're badass. Do you think they, they have more of that sensitive side? Yes. That guys are sometimes not all guys, obviously, but some guys are just like the hard ass type. Lacking. Yes. Yeah. They can get way more accomplished. Yeah. Go like you said the about point. the money, you know. But, so you, Crystal Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. That y'all previously interviewed. Mm-hmm. She was in the police academy with me. She would have been one of the best oh, police really? officers. Ever. I didn't know that. Yeah, did you? That's how I know See, her. You could ask more questions. I didn't man. know, man. I that's didn't how. Know. That's how I know her. Oh, okay. And know. Uh, great oh, person. Fuck. What happened with that? Uh, so she failed the firearms portion uh-huh. of it, oh. but she would have been made a great police officer. But she just failed the. I don't know if she choked during the. But she should have. She should have been a police officer. I think that was her calling. But now she's obviously making way more money yeah. and doing well. But that's that's how I know her. Oh, okay. So me, her, and this guy named Kirby uh-huh. were in the police uh, academy, and we we're all friends. And you know, we went to lunch and all that stuff. Yeah. She had her kids, but we uh, we always hung out together until. You know, she got kicked out of the academy for failing. Oh, okay. But that. that just meant it wasn't meant to be, yeah. and that's what led her to her career, Different that path. now she's su- super yeah. successful. Yeah, Everything happens a, for a she, reason. Yeah, I really agree well. with that. Definitely. But she should have been. A, she would have been a great police officer. Wow. A hundred percent. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. You, you learn something new every day. Yeah, dude. She was in the police academy. <laughs> Shooting, running, doing all kinds of really? stuff. Yeah. That's funny. I have a friend. Man. That's a cop, and because she's because she spoke Spanish, like fluently and stuff. This is like twenty years ago. She failed the the shooting test, and they still passed her because they needed the Spanish the Spanish speaking people for like get well and all that stuff. Yeah, and they still um, they still let her be become a cop. They just the language oh. barrier is a big thing, man. Yeah, oh, big yeah. big thing. Because you know there are still people, there's still people all over Memphis that don't speak English. You know, and dude, like in Binghampton, there's a lot of uh, African, African, influence. African, uh, like Africans from like Ethiopia and shit like oh, that. Oh, really, like, dude? Africans from Kenya and shit like that, dude. Okay. You walk through the hood and they're fucking growing corn in the middle of the fucking hood. Are you like serious? they have agricultural fields. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm they talking do, about. You know that soccer was, field behind the yep. uh, the red oak. Yeah, it's crazy. You're like, damn, some badass corn. And they're just out there <laughs> fucking with baskets on their head. And you're like, oh shit. So they got the basket on their head and they pluck in the corn like just go like this, dude. Old school. That's wild. Old school yeah. African black people. It's fucking awesome, dude. They're Man. good folks though. Yeah, yeah all, for sure. They say to themselves, they don't start nothing. Yeah. The most of the problems we have is from other people fucking with them. For them, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure they came to your store a lot. Too. Yeah, they did. They did. But they're they're all good people. Great, yeah. But when they oh, do yeah. flip a switch, like they're a knife culture, dude. They like stab each other oh, and yeah. shit. Like oh, it's really? crunk. Yeah, <laughs> machetes. Yeah. <laughs> Even there's there's still a lot of Mexican knife culture too, man. Motherfuckers yeah. get stabbed. I'd rather get shot 
been stabbed. Yeah, because when you get shot, you're probably going to die quicker. If you get stabbed a hundred times, like you're going to feel every penetration. Like, what the fuck? Don't they usually say, like, people that get stabbed multiple times is usually by somebody they know? Yes. Yeah. But there's also a higher survival rate from a gunshot than a knife. Really? Fuck yeah, dude. Knives do so much more damage. Really? Mm -hmm. I thought the bullet would just, like, I guess the certain parts of your body would go in and out, but, like... So, you remember the Rambo knives? Yeah. If I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to shoot you with a deer rifle or a Rambo knife. Yeah. That Rambo knife's going to fuck you up because it has serrated edges. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, so, when it comes out. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's another crazy story is, uh, I don't know if you know a lot about pocket knives, but there's a, a guy with a Rambo knife that tried to rob a guy in Overton Park. Uh-huh. True story. And then the other guy is just like some jogger that had a small case knife, like a little fold-out pocket knife. Yeah. So dude tried to rob the guy. Both of them died. So when the police show up, you got two dead people. Yeah. Right? One with a Rambo knife, one with a little bitty knife. Well, the guy got stabbed right above his heart with that little bitty knife. Right? Yeah. He he stabbed the suspect with his little bitty knife. It was probably a three-inch blade. Straight in his heart. Wow. The guy stabbed the the victim with the Rambo knife like probably over 15 times. Jesus. Ugh. But that one little bitty stab with that little bit three-inch knife killed that suspect. Wow. He was able to, he probably ran 20 yards or something yeah. before he died. Wow. It's freaking wild. Jesus yeah, dude. Christ. I'm telling you, Memphis is a war zone, and, and hopefully, you know, something changes. Yeah. Because people are getting shot every day and I have to deal with it, and it's stressful. So do you think it's more because of what's going on in the world today? Like people are, is it like people robbing people and they're shooting people, or is it just just crime, just just violent crime? Violent crime, period. Mm. So if I had to put it in perspective, people nowadays are just more, crazier there's a lot more pressure there's coronavirus yeah all that. maybe that's what it is another thing too when coronavirus first started mm-hmm. they released a lot of people out of jail oh, okay so there's a lot of people out of jail that do not need to be out yeah including and so juveniles and they're all fucked up in the head probably because they were Super in jail up. and they were fucked up before they went to jails so it's just compounded man it's 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 wild wow so that's what I can speak on as far as Memphis. Yes. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. And uh, what happened, the Tennessee passed a law. Uh-huh. It's like a castle law where everybody can, doesn't need a handgun carry permit and they can just keep guns in their car. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that just exacerbated the issue, right? Mm-hmm. So now anybody can just carry a gun in their car. So that means you got more cars getting broken into. More guns get in the wrong hands of the wrong people. Yeah. Right? Or you get in some road range incident, you got a gun in your car, they just start shooting up the place. It's just crazy. How does that work? So I have a gun in my car because I'm able to carry one, right? Because it's the new law. Yeah. So if somebody tries. rifle, AK 47, AR 15, whatever. So if somebody tries to jack me, I have. Do I have the right to protect myself? Yes. You just have to articulate if you're. Life's in danger or not? Mm. Right. So if, you, if you tell the, if you does tell, it have to be a certain kind of gun, like or certain? No, it, it's just so it, I can have like a nine millimeter in my car. You can have or a like nine a shotgun millimeter. Or you can have a shotgun. You can have an AR fifteen. Really? If your life is in danger, it doesn't matter what you defend yourself 
with. Yeah. It just all boils down to smart and articulable facts that you were trying to defend your life. Yeah. So I'll give you two scenarios. Like dudes pulling a gun at you say, get the fuck out of the car. I need this car. That's a car jack. And yeah. Like, all right. Hold on. Boom. You pull your gun out. You shoot that dude twice in the chest. Yeah. You're good to go. Really? You're just like, hey, man, that dude pointed a gun at me and told me to get out of the car. Is this carjacking? Right. Yeah. I shot him twice in the chest. And then be like, all right, have a good day, Mr. Anthony. So does he have to be using some type of weapon on me? It doesn't. If you can articulate. So I'll give you another scenario. Okay. So you got a female, uh-huh. right? She's five foot tall. Some six, eight dude that's 400 pounds walks up to her. And is like, bitch, I'm going to take your purse. Yeah. And she shoots that dude and kills him. Mm-hmm. She's 100% justified. Really? My God, is dude. there any way that a woman can physically fight a man, in your opinion? No. 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 no, no, not, 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 not at all. Yeah. It's not even fair. If yeah. she does jujitsu. No, <laughs> I don't even, not even if she does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to genetics. Like, it's like Genetically, Ra- Raul's yeah. mom, right? Yeah. Raul's mom, saint. Yeah. She's a saint. Yeah. But if, if some dude tried to find, there's no way she can defend herself. Well, it was like the whole, like, could Ronda Rousey beat a Floyd Mayweather? No. And then everybody was like, she would get not roasted. everybody, like Dana White was like, yeah, she could take him out. I'm like, nope. And then you saw what happened when she came up with people with better competition. Right. You know? She might can hold her own for a second, him. but yeah. it's impossible. Yeah. That's, so, so that's the, the thing. Yeah. yeah. You, you have to be articulate. You have to articulate the fact that you are in fear for your life or the life of your family, mm-hmm. you know, of, of imminent bodily harm or death. Okay. So, you know, somebody just walks up to you and they're like, Hey man, I need your wallet, mm-hmm. you know, just empty handed, whatever, you know, yeah, fuck you, whatever, Yeah, you know, but would you be as justified as if he walks up to you with that knife in his hand and says, Hey man, I need your wallet. And you're like, okay, here's my wallet and bang, yeah. you know? So it's all in how you articulate, you know, the situation that you were being dealt with at that particular moment, you know, the, the fear that it puts you in. Yeah. So. I've been in a bunch of crazy situations. Yeah. I can tell you one where I'd like pull my gun and it like just the pulling of the gun is enough to deter a crime. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that that's a big situation. So like, I accidentally cut a guy off right uh-huh. on Austin P. Yeah, he got in front of me, and we were at a red light, and he put his car in park. He jumped out, and he started beating my windshield. What? Yeah, this is like white dude from freaking Tipton County, just drunk. Yeah. So he's beating on my windshield. I'm. I had. I just came out of ACL surgery, uh-huh. so I can't fight anybody. Yeah. Right. My legs in a cast, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I roll the window down and I put a gun in his face. I said, motherfucker, if you keep blowing, I was like, if you keep on, I'm going to blow your ass off. He said, oh shit. And he just took off. Yeah. And he just, he never said shit. Yeah. But, yeah. So same scenario there. If, if that guy gets out, say crowbar, baseball bat, and he starts pulling at your door or bust your window to get in. Yeah. There's a difference. Absolutely. But you know, he's just out there beating on the hood of your car, empty handed and you shoot him, you know, you're in your car with your doors locked. You know, you know, you yeah, see, you see yeah. what I'm getting at. So it's it's all in how you how you articulate and how the situation presents itself. How do the home invasions work? Is it the same kind of thing? Well, it's just I don't know. Most home invasions, people are coming in there because they know you got something. Yeah, 
you know, for uh-huh. the most part. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of dope boy robberies. Like, say some dude selling weed in Memphis or whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll get set up by some other dude. And it's just always some drug, crackhead bullshit. You know, yeah. they'll get set up, and then they'll try to rob them at gunpoint. Wow. It's crazy. Oh, there's another thing you don't know is, you know that a lot of, you, you, did you see all those videos of, like, those semi-trucks that were, like, plowing through protesters? Yes, and, yeah. And then there's a bunch of semi-trucks that got beat up by protesters. Some of them got killed. Yeah. So because of that, there's like this coalition of semi-truck drivers, and now they don't deliver to cities that are having protests. Mm. So like Portland's like starving for certain groceries or whatever. And yeah. All because of all this BS going on. Wow. Because, I mean, why else? Why would you deliver food there when you were going to be at risk? You're going to be at risk. risk. Yeah. that Dude, if you watch that, that's crazy. Could you imagine somebody, like multiple people being around your vehicle, like beating your window and – trying to break in and yeah you're like that's crazy it's a scary situation it is a scary situation so who deals with that you do you guys yeah but when we're not there who deals with it oh nobody you got to defend yourself yeah that's the biggest thing yeah so that's what you, it all boils down to yeah the whole thing about um what do you guys think about how they are talking about like have social workers do some things that you guys do what there's no fucking way this is all right. So this is what they proposed, right? Yeah. They proposed that for domestic violence situations, mm-hmm. they need to send counselors or you know those people in there yeah. to talk to the people. You're telling me some fucking drunk, grown ass man in his own house is going to have some counselor come in there and talk to him about beating the shit out of his wife? Not going to happen. Yeah. The counselor's going to get beat up. Yeah, that send, count- send all the counselors you want. He's not afraid want. to hit a woman, obviously. No. Yes, I mean, yeah. whoever it is. It does not work. S- yeah. Send all the counselors you want as long as you don't want them back. Yeah. You yeah. need rough men with guns to handle that situation. Do you think they should try to get, I guess, more ex-military people, too? It's it's a yeah. lot about quality. Yeah. Yes. I, I love military dudes. Uh, I, we need more in law enforcement. We need more law enforcement, period. But we need better officers. Yeah. You know, but we also don't need closed-minded people. Yeah. It, it's just about the better candidates. So, like, right now in the city of Memphis, the mayor needs more officers. So he's trying to open up the residency requirements. Mm-hmm. The the city council vetoed it. Yeah, that was so. Did you see that, that? Yeah, it takes away so much potential from people living in other places. So, in if you can get the best possible candidate from, you know, Mississippi. Milwaukee, or <laughs> anyway, he, he's yeah. not going to say Mississippi, is he? <laughs> Arkansas, he said <laughs> everywhere but Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw they vetoed that, I was just like, man, what the fuck? No, but I'll tell you one thing about Mississippi is they have. Badass laws. You get caught with an ounce of weed in Memphis, you'll get probation. Maybe mm-hmm. at, at the worst, you get. I seen a dude get sentenced to freaking like five years at Parchman for an ounce of weed. Really? In, in Mississippi, Mississippi does not fuck around. So do tr- not fuck around. Mississippi. True story. Note to self. Am I do lying? Not, note to self. Do not drive in Mississippi with an ounce of weed. When you <laughs> Memphis, you gonna okay. get hit with just it. drop Juice's name. No, I'm gonna so, do that. So, so true kidding, story. I was, I was kidding. Uh, the suburb that I work in sent a guy to prison for life 
Now, there's a lot of other circumstances, but what put him in prison for life mm-hmm. was a felony shoplifting. It was his third, it was his third offense of shoplifting, which is a felony, and coupled with everything else that went on, the running, the ramming police cars, the the chaos that yeah. ensued, they sent this dude to prison for life on shoplifting. So what does that got to wow. feel like when you get down to Parchman? Of all places. Oh, that place and then, was, was terrible. Yeah, that you go to Parchment of all places, and they're like, hey, bro, what do you got? And you're like, man, I'm doing life. For well, shoplifting. what for? Man, shoplifting. Oh, You God. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It, so Mississippi does not does not play when it comes to, you know, putting people in prison yeah. that need to go to prison. Yeah. So it's like, if you lie about, why do you let jail for? I mean, I, mur- I, mean, I murdered a family. But, but and... People in jail are going to know that you're lying. Yeah. They're going to find out what of you're course. really there for, right? So it's one of those things like they're going to go with the jailer. What, what is he in for? Oh, uh, you know, this and that. That's that. that. Of course. But, like, but I don't know. That's crazy, man. Hey, do y'all know that dude? He's like a YouTube, or he's not a YouTube oh. dude. He's like a Facebook dude. His name's Famous. Famous Amos. I don't think so. He's a black dude. I think he's from, yeah, he's from the Mississippi. The Cookie Man? No. Oh. Dude, you got to watch this dude. He's you know so, the famous Amos Cookies, goddamn No, it. dude, famous Amos. He's that dude. He's got a hype man, too. His hype man's even better than he is. But he's just like this short black dude, but he just dances. Famous he, Amos? Oh, dude, you got to Google him right it. now. Google him right now, dude. And then he's got this black dude, his hype man. He's like, famous, famous, famous. And, and he just dances, dude. And his dance moves are off the chain. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know wait, who I'm yeah. talking about? And he was like in a casket one time. Yeah, yes, that, that dude. Like, yeah, so that exactly dude talking about. was in Memphis. <laughs> I actually met him. So I'm down there doing right shit. He's, he's doing the yeah. Black Lives Matter shit. Yeah. And I'm like. Famous, famous. He lied. He's like, "What's up, man? dude?" I, I met him, dude. Is the coolest shit ever. Yeah, dude. That dude is so fucking funny, and he dances his ass off. Yeah, and dude, like you'll be sitting there, he'd be like sitting at some party and just smacking some black bitch's booty, and I'm like, dude, that dude is so fucking crunk. Oh, that's hilarious. That dude is badass, dude. And so, like, I'll I sat there one time. I'm not bullshitting. One day. And I watched his videos for like four hours, dying laughing. Yeah, just just him dancing, dude, because he does this little <laughs> yeah. mummy walk yeah. and shit. Like, it's so fucking fun. Yeah, there's one he's like in a casket, and then he comes out of the casket and starts dancing. And the guy's all like, he's had hyping him up the whole time, <laughs> dude. And then he's got a what is it? He's got his hype man, but he does like a certain dance or whatever. Yeah. But there's different scenarios. Yeah. And then there's that Jet Wavy dude. You know, who I'm that? not sure who that one is. He's the dude that dresses up like the power, like the Power Ranger. Oh, <laughs> the blue Power Ranger. Uh, Look up Jet it. Wavy real quick, dude. I'm telling you. One thing Sounds about like wheelhouse, dude. You gotta see that that Jet Wavy dude. Yeah. Is fun because he, he dresses. Imagine a dude dressing up like a. Power Ranger, yeah, but he can dance. Oh, that's funny. But he's he's just bucking and juking. That's Jesus another cool Christ. thing about Memphis is the like bucking and juking. Yeah, that's another cool thing about. Gold this Canada. is a great city, man. I mean, we get shit on a lot, but there's a lot going on that I love about it. Man. I can tell you this: if we can fix certain things about the city, yeah, it'd be better in Nashville. We have a lot more culture. This is true. Nashville's Facts. very fake. Nine hundred one is greater than nine hundred one is greater than six one five. Everybody from Nashville ain't from Nashville. Yeah. No, nobody is. But I can tell you this. I was 
like literally raised at Hollywood and Devoy in the hood of yeah. Memphis. Yeah. And guess what? I still love this city. Best barbecue I've ever fucking had. That's what led me to freaking barbecue fest. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. And you you meet such good people, dude. And everybody here just fucking like knows everybody and everybody's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? John, those are called those are called women. <laughs> So that's, that's a book of he's never seen porn in his life. He's in Mississippi. That's a John is looking at the uh, big butt book. So I've been sitting here for what three hours? Three mm-hmm. hours now, and I've been staring at this cover, of this book that says the butt book. So I decided just to crack it open. <laughs> that that booty, holy shit! That booty on that cover is Alexis Texas. Uh, where? No, you don't know who Alexis Texas Mississippi. They ain't got internet over there. <laughs> yeah, they don't, yeah, you know, you don't know who Alexis Texas is. You're fucking up. Yeah, dude, you need to uh, Google that. Your wife's out of town. <laughs> YouTube, Alexis, Texas. I she mean, probably watches more porn than I do. She, yeah. she, could, she could probably be like, you stupid fuck. You've seen her before. Yeah. It's this girl. Oh, yeah, I know her. I know her. I know her. Is that really Alexis, Texas? Yeah. Uh-huh. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I don't know if she's in the book. Can I borrow no, that she's book? In the, she's in the book, too. She's in the book, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard you were talking about your porn star, like favorite porn star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, this motherfucker just looks at the first page. He doesn't even do any research. <laughs> A little jerking off skills. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you're talking about, oh, you're talking about um, when you like looking at porn? I usually find what I'm looking for on the first page. Bro, watch, you- watch, watch. I'm going to open up X Hamster again on this podcast. Who uses Go- X Hamster? I'm old. <laughs> Okay, I do. Raul has the sexual appetite of a Rhodesian Ridgeback dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, hang on. Let's see what we got. If here. he can't eat it or fuck it, he pisses on it and walks away. That's right. Busty wife interview. Which this is what you were watching before? No, this is. Oh, it's on the first page. Yeah. So what's the deal with all the incestual shit on porn now? Right. Oh, that is That's so weird. Crazy. It's like, very weird. You yeah. Smack a step weird. on there and boom, yeah. you're good to yeah. go. You yeah. know, like you know what I'm into, milf. Mm. That's a good category. Milf is a great category. Yeah, can we all agree on that? I saw her with Faye at that tape. Dude, Lisa and us podcast and her podcast are badass. I need to listen to. I need to listen to. Super, super awesome. What's what's the Arab girl's name? Mila Khalif. Oh, Mila Khalif. She does a she does a podcast too. She's fucking a smoke show. Smoke show. So Lisa and she was talking about in her podcast. She was like, "I meet men." You know how kind of like I was telling you about, like, I can evaluate good people? Yeah. yeah. She's like, she can meet a guy and know in, like, 30 seconds if he's if he can have sex with her or not. Really? Because if they're not confident men, she can't be with him. She's like, if I hooked up with that dude, he'd, like, come in 30 seconds. Because <laughs> wow, yeah. I'm a porn star. So she, she, but she talks about that in that podcast. I was like, fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Isn't that wild, though? I mean, she's a, she's advanced. But she's... Had sex with yeah. God knows how many people. So yeah. you, you see what I'm talking about? Like no. when it comes to reading people, to reading yeah. people. But yeah. she's like, yeah, that dude ain't confident. But she was like cocky male dudes that are kind of arrogant. Yeah. She's like, that's the dudes I want to fuck. <laughs> but you know, I, I've always wondered what, when these porn actresses like is since that's a job, like I don't want to go home and put handcuffs on the old lady. You know what mm. I'm saying? So, oh, you no, know, like I, I don't want to take work home. So to be a porn actress, do you come home after a day on the set all day and your your man's at the house and he's, you know, all horned up and everything and ready to go and you're just like, eh, I've been doing that all day. I don't want to yeah, do it again. you're probably sore. You know? Like, yeah. like, how does that work? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's like those girls you see on porn that 
the, the gangbangs. The gangbangs are like 30, 40 guys. I don't even enjoy like, watching I mean, this. Like, what am I watching? Like, who's, who's daughter is this? Like, <laughs> it's like a bad car wreck, but yeah. Raul can't look away. I can't. I'm like, uh, uh, oh, it, if on. there's another dude sweating on me, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. Oh, God. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, man, no. Yeah, I have some friends there. So I think okay the consensus in this room right now is if you're going to have a threesome, it's going to be two girls, yourself and two females, right? I've had three threesomes in my life and they didn't last long. Mm. It's just too much. too much. Too much excitement. Really? Yep. I'm a one woman man. I love you, baby. <laughs> Look at that. You hear that? Oh. Hey, baby. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, I've never even been with any other girls. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. I love you, baby. <laughs> We're from Mississippi. We keep shit under wraps. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, I think it would be like overstimulating. It's so exciting. Like, you know. like well, it's too much. Married, like, there's, oh, my God. Yeah. And I was young there's when it happened. I was like in college, dude. Oh, dude. I was in college. It's it too much. Now, I don't think you could do it either. For the most part, if you're in a relationship with somebody, they'd probably be like just a hookup thing. Because I'm, I'm sure somebody would get yeah. jealous. And that's why I don't understand like the swingers. Like, yeah. How, how does that work? You know, like, I have a buddy well, that apparently, does it. Yeah. And he said that it's boosted his relationship. So I don't, I don't know. I can see how, because like, I don't know. People, people are just different, but whatever gets your whatever out. Yeah. If it makes you happy. Then do it. Whatever. Yeah, as yeah. long as you're not hurting yeah. anybody. I yeah, guess as long as you're not hurting anybody or not doing any, breaking any laws. Yeah. If it makes you happy, life's too short. This is true. The line? Very true. No, you're right about that, bro. I think we can all get behind that. Like, there's some dudes that can't be in a relationship. Yeah. You right. know? Yeah, they're just, they're just a lone wolf. Sought after men are harder to settle down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... It is what it is. Are you a sore after men? No. Yeah, you are. What? Like beefcake. No. <laughs> All those biceps. You got, yeah. I can see your so, veins in your fucking bicep right dude, now, like I'm, running on your fucking I'm bicep. I'm too busy. I want to fucking like live in the woods and like just be away from everybody. And just, I just want to hunt and fish. I want to catch catfish, eat catfish. That's all I want to do is hunt and fish. You could you could live literally live on your own land, hunting fish all year round. Yeah. You'd never have to do anything else. Well, see, that's why I love Arkansas, and that's why I love the South. Period. So, like, at some point, I'm going to get both of y'all to go with me. Yeah, and it, you'll have a time of your life. We're going to go snipe hunting, dude. So, like, I'll invite my black friends. I'm like, hey, man, let's go. You want to go hunting? He's like, well, yeah. Where were you going? Arkansas. He's like, oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny, dude. Oh, I mean, you're gonna be safe. He's like, no, hell, not too many trees over there. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, I'm not, I'm not making this shit up, dude. Well, they're like scared of rural parts. I'm yeah. like, dude, they're just city boys. But I'm like, dude, come on, you're fine. I got a cabin over there. Yeah. Nothing's gonna fucking happen to you. Wow. In this day and age, they're still like, man. No, no. <laughs> I'm a buddy. Like, what do you hunt in Arkansas? Ducks. 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 Ducks are the thing. Doves coming up. Mm. That's fun. But hunting is like. Duck and dove hunting is like the new golf. It's really? the biggest networking. It's so expensive, dude. Oh, huh. okay. So once you hit that crack pipe, yeah. there's no going back. Mm. That's why people are like, hey, man, can you take me duck hunting? I was like, why so expensive? It's just the gear, the leases, oh, okay. the yeah. boats, the everything. Duck hunting it's is freaking whew, super successful. And, and dude, it's, it's, it's big money. Hmm. 
You're talking about like one lease is like twenty thousand dollars. What are you leasing? Yeah. Uh, ground like farm yeah. ground. Just oh, right, okay. right. So somebody hunt. owns. Oh, it's okay. So yeah, I guess what I'm saying. Somebody owns the land, and then you're borrowing. I mean, you're leasing to hunt that right, season right. from that person. From that person. So now, does does that person that owns the land have multiple leases with different people? Sometimes. Okay. I got you. I see yeah, what you're they, saying. They they may lease it out to like a hunting group or a club. Okay. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or they may just individually lease it out to one person. So say four or four of us wanted to lease one pit. It's flooded. It's planted. They're guaranteeing the water. Yeah. And they say it's like five grand. Huh. So that's for one day, or just say no for the year. Oh, for the, okay, for, I'm sorry okay. for the season. For the so season. three months out of the season. The, okay. But I can tell you this: I've networked. And met a lot of people through yeah. duck hunting, and it's it's just so much fun, man. Really, you're shooting birds, and it's it's just fun. You can talk. Is, and, it, a little, is it a little black dog that runs out against the bird? Like yeah, the and, yeah. And then that's another big expense. Is yep. those labs are freaking expensive. ten grand? So you have to have uh, your own dog. I have friends that have dogs. Okay, okay. <clears throat> yeah. You know. So you're talking a minute ago about trying to get your black friends to go do like the the country white boy things, as I call them. So I was kayaking not too long ago. My buddy Jalil, here, local here in Memphis, <laughs> yeah. shout out Jalil. Jalil Willis. So, the uh, oh, the fighter. He, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he calls me while I was out kayaking, and uh, we were kayaking on the Coldwater River. And he's like, hey, man, what's going on? I'm like, dude, we're out here kayaking. It's beautiful. You ought to come do this sometime. He's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I was like, it's a great shoulder workout. You, you'd absolutely love it. He goes, bro, first and foremost, where the fuck am I going to keep a kayak? <laughs> I drive a car yeah. and, and, and I'm like true. And he goes, and bro, I mean, I can swim, yeah. but how are you going to ask a black man to go do anything on water? And I'm like, okay, I, I'm just going to let you borrow a kayak. Yeah. And you're going to come out with me and you're going to love it. I, I can promise you. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not kayaking. Like yeah. I, black folks don't do that shit. You know, uh, that's, funny. that's just so funny, dude. That is funny right there. But black people love fish though. Oh man. Like I love fishing. But I usually just throw it back. I don't ever. Yeah, I just yeah, but you see, fish on. Fuck is wrong with you? It's 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 like catch a lake out there. Did you catch anything out there? I didn't try. Oh, he's been out there like ten times. Caught dude, zero. you need to go ah. with some savage. I'm telling you, I can put you all on some fucking game. We don't throw shit back. Yeah. No, I'm not opposed to it. Like when I lived in Nebraska, we used to catch. I'm saying eat. if I put a fish in the cooler and it's like, hey man, we only supposed to catch like ten. And it's like. Later. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the type of dude that I am. Yeah, I catch fish, and I can't. When I go fishing, yeah, I catch. I, I spend like just a little bit of money, but I'll put out like a three hundred hook trot line. Oh wow! And I will collect catfish until that some bitch is full. Really? And then I'll go dump those and continue catching catfish until I can't catch any catfish yeah. anymore. Wow! And you stock your fridge for the year yeah. with catfish. Yeah, that would be it, nice. So delicious. And it's so satisfying to go out there, catch fish, eat it, cook it, clean it. It tastes yourself. different probably too. Dude, it's yeah. so delicious. Yeah. Instead of being farm-raised, yeah. it's way better. Because well, on farm-raised, it's like a 100,000 catfish is in like a little pond. Well, right? they say they yeah. like put like peloton on them to make them look pink. Yeah. Like for the salmon and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, they do a lot of shit. So... In catfish, there's a 
this the bloodline. Do you know right. the bloodline? So if you go to like Greer's Ferry Lake in Arkansas, mm-hmm. you can eat any catfish out of there. Yeah. If you eat muddy catfish mm-hmm. out of muddy river systems like yeah. the Mississippi River or whatever, as long as you cut the bloodline out, which is that middle uh, line in the center of the catfish, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of like make like catfish nuggets. Yeah. But as long as you cut that out, it'll taste fine. Okay. And there's flathead catfish that you can take the head meat out, and mm-hmm. it's the fucking most succulent thing you'll ever try really? in your life. Yes. Huh. Dude, I can cook deer. I've had deer one time. It was really good when I first moved here. Well, I can cook deer, and you'll be like, fuck, that's better than fucking USDA prime beef. Really? It's that good. Mississippi's got, what, three to four deer per person mm-hmm. in the state? Really? For everybody that lives in the state, they have three to four deer in the state jesus christ yeah it's it's crazy but as far as sustainable sustainability mm-hmm. man deer are fucking delicious yeah we need to be eating more of them the we lane. need more people hunters we need we we need way more hunters i would like to go hunting i'll take cold juice yeah. and i will we'll, take you now what do you have you ever done the like was it boar yes dude Boar hunting is my favorite. Yeah. So we boar hunt with dogs in the Mississippi Delta. Okay. Yazoo City, Mississippi. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, dude. When I tell you that's the craziest shit you'll ever do in your yeah. life, it is you see dogs getting gutted, dogs really? getting fucked up, dogs getting killed. It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. I know I was listening to Joe Rogan one time, and he's like, they sound like demons when you hear them. They're like, oh. Dude, so you'll get a pack of dogs, and these dogs are wearing Kevlar vest, and these boars are like two to three hundred pounds plus, yeah. wow. with big fang cutters, and they will just shred dogs. Really, they'll Holy take shit. a dog and sling them forty feet. Mm. Damn, these dude, these hogs. I have videos on my phone. Yeah, that would freaking blow your mind. Is the meat good? Yes, it is good. Anything under a hundred pounds, it's a wild boar. It tastes yeah. just like a regular pig. They don't have any bacon okay. because they don't have the fat. But yeah, they're so delicious. Like the tenderloins, the shoulders, the hams. I mean, yeah. you can, I can make pulled pork out of them, and they're so delicious. And they're they're such a nuisance in certain states. Yeah, Mississippi, open Arkansas, season. Texas. It is open season, yeah. and they're so good. Yeah, and I've heard that like a lot of people shooting from like helicopters. Yeah, oh, that would be a legit. Perfect yeah. hunt. Yeah. Oh, that would be so awesome. I think all four of us could probably book that hunt. Yeah. It's like 2000 a person. Yeah. But we'd pit, we'd probably kill like 150, uh, 160 pigs. Are you serious? Yes, Wasn't sir. there a TV I, show? Um, there was a TV show not too long ago. And they were, they were what they did on the TV, like a reality TV show. They they hunted boars. That was all they did. It is. They had like, like a discovery. Uh, and there's, yes, I think so. Yeah. There's a method of hunting uh, that they, they do where it, they send out the dogs, and the dogs track them down, and you know, yeah. corner them up, and everything. And they're armed with nothing but a knife. Yeah, that's how that's that's, yes, what, that's what we do. Killing hogs with knives. So, it's like, whoa, bro! Like dude, that's too much for me. Yeah. When I go boar hunting, I don't carry a gun. What? what? Yes, I carry a big Bowie knife, like a crocodile so knife. You got two types of dogs. You got cur dogs or your bay dogs. Uh-huh. So those bay dogs are like Catahoula curs, blackmouth curs, or cur dogs. They're, yeah. they're, they hit the ground, and they sniff, uh-huh. and they sniff out the, they find the hogs. Oh. Once those dogs find that pig, 
right? Yeah. They surround that pig because there's it's like a pack of like ten to fifteen. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes like two or three. Yeah. And they surround that pig and, and keep him from running. So that that hog's like cornered mm. in essence, right? Then once they find the hog, they start howling like, yeah, you know. And then that when they hear that, that's when the pit bull you cut the pit bulls loose, and those dogs go straight to that pig and they bite on the ear. Once they bite on that ear, They're you have it. precious seconds to get to that scene yeah. or whatever that situation because there's like man it's chaotic dude wow and then you take that knife and you grab the hog by the back legs and you stab that hog Oof. right underneath the shoulder blade and it's fucking badass what does it sound like when it's done yeah. that's wow. what it sounds it's fucking awesome really you want to get your <clears throat> adrenaline pumping yeah you go fucking grab a wild boar Damn. not for and- me and then you got fucking, you got another thing too. Like once you kill the wild boar, yeah. then you got to deal with all the dogs that are fucking crazy and hyped yeah. up. Those uh, dogs are fighting each other. You're breaking up fights. You're getting bit and shit. It's fucking wild. Wow. But it's the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. Where'd you go to do that at? I've done it in Texas, but the best. That TV show was in Texas. Yeah. Texas and Mississippi. Yazoo City, Mississippi, the Mississippi Delta. Mm-hmm. It's all flat. They got a lot of hogs. There are a lot of hogs in Arkansas. I've killed a bunch of hogs in Arkansas. Huh. How do you get the license to do it? It's uh, you don't need a license. You, you get a small game license. They're a nuisance animal. Oh, okay. So like you show up and you're like, Hey, if some farmers like having hog problems, you're like, Hey man. Oh, so okay. I went to a farmer that I knew and I was like, Hey, you have hog problems. Like, yeah, man, they're getting fucked up. So I called my buddies from the Delta in Mississippi and yeah. they came up to Arkansas and they brought some fucking dude. The, fucked them up. Dude. These two, there was two trucks pulled up. One dude, I forgot his name. He's, he owns heavy header dog, heavy, heavy header hog dogs, big swole up white dude. Like I think he works for an oil company or something. F two fifty flatbed. He's got probably fucking fifty dogs on a damn trailer. <laughs> and then we start hunting, dude. I'm telling you, dude, it, it, it's so much fun. It just, sounds like it. Just hanging around with rednecks and shit, and rednecks with money is so much fun. And I I'm wanna, telling you, I want to do this too, dude. If you really, really want to go alligator hunting, let me tell you something. I got a buddy in Mississippi. Yeah, he's from o, the OB. I'm gonna mm. give a shout out to yeah. him. His name's Ladero. Little Daryl. Little Daryl ain't little. <laughs> he's a big motherfucker. Like yeah. He's he's a big motherfucker. Yeah. I wouldn't fuck with Little Daryl. Yeah. Little Daryl is the most redneck country dude that I've ever met in my life. Uh-huh. He has no vice in life. He don't drink. Yeah. All he does is hunt and fish. Mm-hmm. So he was like, hey, man, you want to go frog hunting? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So we're going around, driving around all the branch, golf courses, Fucking restaurants and shit with. So he's got this. He's he's got this method. He's like taking a bass hook and he's like, oh, there's a frog right there. You just hold the light for me. I'll go get him. I was like, all right. I see a frog. I shine it on his eyes. He puts the bass hook, like a a bass rod and a bass hook, just like a five aught hook, underneath his chin. Well, as soon as that hook touches the frog, he instinctively bites it. Yeah. Oh. So he just hooks the frog, oh. puts it in the thing. Man, I was smashing frog legs, dude. Have you ever eaten frog legs? Yeah. Yeah. They're Fire. Good. Yeah. They're good. So the the Mississippi dudes, they know what's up. But yeah. Ladero, he goes down to the Mississippi Delta uh-huh. on the Mississippi River. Do you know we have alligators on the Mississippi River? I did not. Yes, I sir. heard that. I heard that. Sometimes they come up to Memphis, but 
not a lot, but I'd say around what Mississippi Delta. Yeah, that's where around they stop. But you can kill the shit out of big gators. Really? Huh? Yes. Yep. Yeah, Ross uh, Barnett Reservoir down in uh, Jackson uh-huh. is full of Jackson, gators. Mississippi, yeah. full of alligators. Full of alligators. Really? Did you know that? Uh-huh. And people are out there like on the sandbar and everything, hanging out, and it's just like, bro, I'm not getting out of the boat. And they're like, oh, they're, <laughs> they're not coming anywhere near you. And I'm like, nah. Yeah, I would just assume they were like New Orleans or Louisiana to like Florida. How about this? On average. I'll take you hunting. Yeah. And then we'll do a podcast about your experience. That sounds good. Whether it's awesome. alligator or hogs yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I'm down. And then you're going to be going to like rural parts. But when I tell you that like a lot of these rural parts, people are like, oh, man, don't go to the country. It's racist. It's less racist. I mean, it's racist in the city. So, I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's, it's yeah. more racist in the city than yeah. it is the outside. But, yeah. Like, far. especially like Jackson, Mississippi, predominantly black. Would you agree? Agree. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets along. Yeah. They don't have and the half thing, of the issues that we have. The thing right. about it is, it, you know, outside of like this area, everybody's poor. Yeah. Everybody's equal. Mm. You know, everybody's just trying to survive. They don't have time to be racist. Yeah. You know, it's like right. and everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So say so like me and Raul, we grew up together. We've been to middle school, high school, whatever. Yeah. His parents live over there and we live over here and that's how they know each other. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Damn. There, there's less racism in the country mm-hmm. than there is in the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I hear you. And probably if you're in a country, you're probably going to be, well, now it's the little people are a little bit more overtly out there. Yeah. But usually at least you know where people stand probably. Yeah. You know. Would you not rather have some open racist dude being up front about it? Yeah. Than some closet dude? Closeted, some closet oh, dude? Guy. I yeah. mean, not gay guy, but uh, racist guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. What the fuck? It, it, like, so if I, see, if I see a house that has like a swastika yeah, fly, you know fly what they're about. At least you know what I'd he's like, about. Yeah, I know yeah. what he's about. I'm like, I'm not fucking with that dude. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that, yeah, I'd rather know people's shit on the front end. Like, honesty is better than anything. Yeah. Like, dude, you're racist? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> Have a good day, brother. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, that's how people should, should treat it. Yeah, you shouldn't be ashamed of what you believe in if you exactly. really believe in it. Exactly. Like, you shouldn't be like, when I go home, I say what I want to say, but like in front of people, you're like, oh, no, I don't yeah. think that way. You're like, uh, yeah, you probably do. But if you're out there with it, you got to respect them for at least, yeah. even I, though it may be ignorant, you, they at least yeah. believe in their cause. And and that's that's another thing on the, the police standard. You know, I tell people all the time, hey, you know, I don't arrest black people and I don't arrest white people. Yeah. I arrest criminals who are breaking the law. Yeah. It, your skin color doesn't determine how you get treated. Yeah. It's what you're doing at the present moment and what laws you're violating Depending, you know, that is going to depend on how you're treated at that moment. Mm. So it's good, man. It's good. Well, you got anything else for them? Uh, no, man. This is a really good podcast. This, oh, this is good. the longest one to date. It was really good. how long yeah. is it? It's almost four hours. Oh, oh my god, awesome. we were talking about four hours. <laughs> Who did that? Well, uh, my, bro, the segment, going. the this segment on, yeah, it's been the fun, segment man. on the, like again. the questions about the cops and all that stuff I was asking. Dude, that was like can, an hour and a half, maybe. We, if we that, can talk and, about that for like days, ten podcasts yeah, and yeah. value and all that shit. And the the funny thing is, you get you get any group of cops in a room, yeah. you will hear cop stories until you're sick of hearing cop <laughs> stories. Yeah. But, and, and they can just keep you, going. Yeah. Uh, you, 
You look, I can tell you this. I can hook you up with a bunch of dudes that would tell you funny cop stories. Yeah. That are fucking crazy. You wouldn't even believe. Like shit in your pants? Yeah, I shit in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll bet your, I'll bet your uh, wife hates listening to your shit. Yeah, she, she doesn't mind, you know, like, and, and the thing is when I get home and I, I take the uniform or whatever off, it's like, I'm, I'm done with work, you know? Right. Like, that, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Do you have an off switch? Yeah. So, when, so yeah. when you get in your truck, when you, when you leave Tillman precinct and you get in your truck, boom, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it for the okay, day. So. And, and it's going to work is the same way, you know? And, and like, she didn't understand that when we first got together, mm-hmm. like, when I, you, we'd be having a, a small argument or, you know, a disagreement on something and she would just want to continue the argument. And I'm like, look, I've, I'm done with that. Just argument walk away. Because right. walk away. I'm at work now and I have to be focused on the job at hand if you expect me to come home at the end of this shift. Mm-hmm. So drop it. Let it go. We'll pick it back up if you want to later. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's over right now. I, I'm not dealing with it. You need to decompress. Yeah. So. Decompress. I That's think why a lot of people don't get there, especially like sometimes women like say they're home before you and they've had time to like get all their shit from their day out, you know, well, and dude, then when you come home, they're like, oh, and like, bitch, let me at least like women get hyped up by other bit. women. Yeah. Do you yeah, agree? Definitely. No, yeah. definitely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like it could be a, a small issue. Women get hyped up by other women. Yeah. Period. But I'll, I'll tell you what, one thing I cannot stand and I love her to death, but like she wakes up in the morning, she's bright eyed, bushy tailed, wants to have full on conversations the minute her eyes pop open. <laughs> and I'm the type of person like I don't want you to speak for at least the first hour. Yeah, like, I, I, that's my me time. Yeah. Like let me wake up. Let and she just doesn't get it. We've been together for like 12 years now. Yeah, and it, she still gets like upset when I'm just like I don't want to talk to you. You know? Yeah, it's nothing like, personal. It's yeah, yeah. It's like this bitch. Like he's always got to talk. I'm like, just shut the fuck up, man. I don't want to talk right now. <laughs> always got something to say. He doesn't know how to be quiet. Why would I be quiet? I have a lot to say. I have a lot to say always. Raul, did you ever find your tire? Yes. You oh, got you one. I'm gonna show you in the backyard. I got four back there, motherfucker. Oh, Hell yeah. I went to the co-op like you told me to. Yeah. They they just didn't have any at that time. Right. Right. So they said, but when I drove past that street behind it. There's like a hundred tires yeah, back there. Yeah, right? They just didn't want to deal with it, at right? That point they, in time. Yeah, because I guess they thought that they had to get it out of themselves, and you know. So, uh, this place called uh, Steepleton Tire over there off Crump, okay, uh, where Budweiser is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I had to get my tire fixed, and I saw all these tires across the street, and you know, on their lot too. And I was like, "Hey, what are those tires over there?" Like the guy was like, "Oh, um, you know, we have a truck coming next week to pick them up." I was like, well, can I, uh, can I have one or a couple? He was like, we'll take, we'll take whatever you want and tell all your friends about it, too. Right, right. So they were like, really It saves cool. them money. They don't have to pay to the have deposit fee, yeah. yeah. So it, um, uh, the guys are really cool, and they're like, if you need help loading one or two of them up, yeah. just tell one of the mechanics over there. They, they'll have no problem helping you. Because I I don't know what like you know these tires are, these tires are this tall man like right. it comes like, they're heavy to your tip you know the one I got out there right now is about two hundred twenty pounds mm-hmm. uh, my buddy Mark grabbed one that's like three hundred and fifty pounds yeah I mean dude they get they get heavy man yeah. you know? oh yeah but like the ones I have out there right now um one's way too light you know I just I didn't know I just grabbed it because right, I saw right. it right 
Uh, there's another one that's, but you know, it's just, but I did get them and th- the workout is intense. Yeah. You know, but man, you, you're talking about that area. What I l- used to love, I don't think it's even still there is the dirty crow. Is Dude, it done? Is dirty it, oh, crow. dirty crow is called mama something. Now. And it sucks. It's not the same. Really? So those it's were the, the same. best wings ever. Uh, because they were blackened oh or something my. like that. Right. Like how did they, they, no, they, they were, were like smoked, smoked for 24 okay. hours and then flash fried and smoked and flash fried. Oh my God. Well, what, well, you know, and so Aldo, Aldo bought, uh, Dirty Crow, right? So Aldo owns or Dirty Crow Mama's whatever it's called now. Right. Aldo's Pizzas, the two of them, Bar Dog, and I think he owns one more thing. I forget what it's called, but you know the kid, the guy's like thirty seven, thirty six only. Man, that's like he's young, he's young the, as fuck. The guy I think was from New Orleans. No, Aldo. Aldo. No, no, the guy that originally opened up Dirty Crow. Oh, really? Okay, that's. From what I've been told, no, you're probably I mean, right. You're you, no, you're probably right. Uh, but his food was off the fucking chain. Man. Yeah, because the BLTs. I, I went there. I went there with it was me, Tony, a couple of people. I'm sitting there just looking around, and I'm like, "Oh, everyone in here is buying drugs," you know, like <laughs> no big deal. But I was just like, I sitting there thinking, I'm like, uh, "What's up with these wings?" You know, no one Tony had had them at the time, and they were like you just said, flash. What was it? Flash fried. Flash, Flash fried. fried. Yeah. yeah. They smoke them. Remember they had that smoker smoke out in there? The back. Yeah. By that patio at the end of the patio. And they yeah. had some cool bands and stuff, dude. But it was always a, like a good melting pot of people. Yeah. And it was just fucking, the atmosphere was so fucking awesome. And the yeah. food was ridiculous. So good. It was, I was up there one night. It was crazy. And like, I, I people watch everywhere I go. And so. I'm sitting there and I'm I'm ordering my wings and I'm watching and Dude, there's all this, the Arkansas people went there. Yeah, but there was like this younger couple. Uh, I mean, pretty good looking couple, and they were sitting there and they were talking to an older couple, and I was just started watching and sit, watching them interact. And about thirty minutes later, they just like did the swap. Ooh, and so he's like, into that. He's into that. Yeah. He's not trying to talk <laughs> yeah, about so, it. But no, no, he's no, into, no, it was it was so funny because I was sitting here watching. I was like, I was like, okay. Like this, this is getting good now. Like this is juicy. Yeah. And so a few minutes later, the, the younger male and the older woman like start to leave. And the, the younger girl that was originally there with the younger guy was like, bye honey, have fun. And like they leave. And then the older dude and the Why younger they do girl, that at. That's crazy. So, and I don't know. I was sitting here. I was like, "Is this like the meetup spot? Like, is this is this swingers going? Yeah, is this is this where the people go to like swing and shit? Like, they use chicken so, for swinging. And so, I, I start talking to the bartender. I'm like, "Did you see that?" And she was like, "Yes." And I'm like, "I was like, that just happened." And she's like, "I know those people. I can't say anything about it, you know." And I'm like, "Okay, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not asking. I'm just, you know, making an observation." Yeah, that's funny. Anthony, where'd you get that cat hat from? I think Amazon. What's the cash price on that son bitch? Uh, maybe like twenty dollars. All right. Yeah. You have to make a deal. That's a badass <laughs> fucking hat. I think the t-shirt's even better. Master bait and yeah, tackle. Somebody no. somebody gave me a, a koozie from them, and then I looked them up online. I bought a couple of their shirts. Dude, so there's a another company called Dirty Hooker. Mm, I've never heard of that one. Before. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yeah. It's just it's a. It's like a stripper holding a like a a hook, <laughs> yeah. but it's a fishing company, right? That's it's a dirty funny. hooker, like yeah. you know, like a rusted hook, yeah. Like a dirt. 
Dude, their fucking logos are so badass. Dirty Hooker? Dirty Hooker. I had to look them up. Look man. them up. Yeah. And I have stickers on every cooler, every refrigerator I have from yeah. Dirty Hooker. That's funny. They're fucking badass. The, have you seen the shitty coolers? Yeah, shitty coolers. The shitty funny. coolers. That's badass. What was that guy's name that um was roasting you, Raul? Who roasted Raul? Raul, everybody. I'm gonna, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to give you he the works addresses. With, he works with... Uh, uh, Riley. Oh, fuck that dude. Riley who? Riley. Riley. What? Yeah. Milton? Oh, the guy on in, on Facebook. Some dude roasted Ross. you on yeah, Facebook? Yeah. Ross. So, uh, fuck you, Ross. roasted on Facebook? Come Bitch on, Bitch-ass Ross motherfucker. <laughs> er, look at me. I'm a fucking nerd. Hey, hey just tell him, pull up. No, no. That's pull not, up. That's not, that's not where I was going with this. Ross, I think it's me making a gurgling noise because I just heard myself do it. But you thought it was me. He thought it was you. Yeah. I didn't say anything. Fuck. But I think it's me. Yeah. It's always you. So I don't own up to it, man. All right. Well, this podcast has been great. Brought to you by Ace's Edge Sharpening. That's Tony, right. you got anything else? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I'll cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Rell's always so fucking random, shit up, man. dude. He's fucking shit up. <laughs> He needs to be reprimanded. He's a, he's and a terrible person. <laughs> he ain't a terrible person. Do so you have anything else to say, Ralph? What's your What's your advice for people today? Man, I really don't have any advice for people today. Um, what did you learn today? A lot. Oh, Raul used to lot. be anti-police. No. Yeah, well, he wasn't anti-police, but he was. He's always posting some propaganda shit. Propaganda shit, yeah. I learned a lot. I still about, love you, though. I, lo- I learned a lot about police officers lives like what we don't really take into effect um you know everyone's got like you said john we don't know what that police officers got done dealing with when he got pulled over or whatever yeah absolutely so you know it's just one of those things and i don't have much advice just you know what i hate is when you're getting pulled over and now everyone's like now everyone's a lawyer all of a sudden, and you know yeah. you don't want to show your license or your registration. But it's you know if you broke the law, you have to show that shit. Yeah, and definitely. They're gonna get you out of the car one way or another, or you're just gonna show your license, dude. Yeah. To show your license registration, and I don't know what registration, but to show your license, they're gonna run it. You got a warrant? Are you fucked? If you don't, dude, you're good. Let's just be kind to each other. Yeah, be kind to one another, a hundred percent, regardless of whatever, and. Let's just fucking make a better country and a better environment for everybody to grow up in, especially these fucking kids. Yeah, these kids Absolutely. definitely you know need, what I mean? The kids definitely need um guidance, man. The you know, there's guys, a lot of dude. kids that they're they don't have anything at all. Because their parents are fucked up. Yeah. You know, their parents' parents were fucked up. You know, before that their parents' parents' parents were fucked up. Gotta and now break the cycle. It, it's it's really hard. You know, it's we say, well, you, we need to break the cycle to help these people out, but it's really hard to break the cycle. Dude, we've right? been on this son bitch for four hours. I think it starts with one, though. So, like, if you help out one person, and it might be that, you know, butterfly effect. Yeah. So, you can't just give up on somebody because they can't. No, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah, but it's just, it's so Because I always love that, there's a Tupac quote, he's like, I may not change the world, but I guarantee I'll spark the brain of the person that will change the world. Absolutely, Fuck yeah. So, hundred percent. You know, and this is my uh, this is my thing. I saw this. This is for the ladies. Tupac was a badass, by the way. 
She's not a snack. She's a garden. Take care of her, and she'll feed you forever. On that what note, the fuck, man? Mm. You're a little fucking. You're Dude, your little fucking Instagramming, Snapchatting ass. Bitch. I'm gonna tell you something, Anthony. I can, I've, just from what I've seen. He's, like, he's a romantic. He's a romantic dude. You gotta, you gotta be loving, man. He's a romantic dude. You don't want to show me love. Well, we're not a couple, first of all. <laughs> uh, Stop insinuating that, please. If y'all are um, fucking, y'all just let me know. I always tell people if I was gay, I could do better than that. I oh, damn, dude. <laughs> you know Is that degrading Indian? Or are you being racist? <laughs> yeah. Are yeah. you being racist? He's being racist because I'm not white. <laughs> oh, God. Tony would definitely date a white man. He just don't gay. want. He just don't want Curry hello, on his hello, dick. Hello, Kurt. How are you doing today? Kurt. <laughs> Anyways. Do you want Curry on your dick? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck you, Juice. A little spicy. That would, that would burn. <laughs> hey, look, so off the topic. Yeah. There's, this is a true story. Guy I know from Mississippi mm-hmm. told me this story. Said it was true. He's yeah. dating a Mexican girl. Mm-hmm. He's having anal sex with her. Okay. And then all of a sudden he gets this burning sensation in his penis. Oh, well, it turns out to be a jalapeno seed. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's a true story, dude. Jesus. Fucked him up. He said it was like burning and all oh, that shit. God. He thought he had a, got a SCT, yeah. STD. No. Oh. Jalapeno seed from the butt. That Watch is, out for Latino chicks, dude. Jalapeno. I mean, jalapeno. You got to pay to play, man, as they say. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The jalapenos are legit, dude. They'll, <laughs> you don't, there's some that are mild, and you never know which one's going to burn your yeah. ass. Have you ever had the jalapeno shits? No. <laughs> Tony doesn't, like, Tony doesn't like, eat hot food. I don't like spicy oh, he ain't food. But dude, I'll, I'll, not spicy, oh man. I don't know hot sauce. Or, it's like, I you've had the jalapeno and, shits. Mm-hmm. It's so spicy, they're sweating. I'm like, how no, is that enjoyable? It's so awesome, dude. You got to get, it's, it's a, it's another adrenaline thing. Mm. Makes yeah. it taste better. I'm I sorry. Don't I don't need an adrenaline rush that bad. Yeah, I just want, <laughs> I want to enjoy my meal. And plus, I want—I don't want to not enjoy it coming out. Mm. So that's—I don't know. Sometimes it outweighs the better part. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love you lots. Bye. Adios. See ya.